Welcome to episode 150, the final episode of Ready Press Play, recorded March 30th, 2023. We were your bi-weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Today, we're going to be talking about the eShop's final day, the bad news for E3, the Tears of the Kingdom gameplay, and more. Stay tuned. Players, this is your host Louis Menchaca, and I'm joined today, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima. Louis, it's time. It is finally time. I know. We've been teasing it. We've been talking about it for so long. I think it was probably a year ago when we first started having conversations of like, maybe we should start planning the final season of the show. Maybe we should start planning when the show is actually going to end. And before episode 100 happened, we were already talking about ending the show. <laughs> and for a while, we were talking That's, about ending yeah. it at 200. And then, yeah, you know, we cut it short. <laughs> yeah, I know. Honestly, we could have made it to 200 if we didn't go bi-weekly. I think we would have been at least at 180 by now. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I can't. I lost count. But, you know, yeah, I'm very... It's kind of I'm kind of nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was nervous episode one. I was nervous for Ready Press Play 2.0. Like when we came back after a long hiatus, because it's like you're out of the rhythm, out of the groove. But this one, it's like I'm nervous because I want it to be like one of like our best episodes. You know, like a good finale. You got to end it strong. And I feel like looking at the doc, it's all we have good stuff to talk about and everything. Uh, I just want to make sure the vibe is there. I want to make sure that it's um, a little bit timeless. Like I like the finale of ready play movies because it was like you can literally listen to it anytime and it's still relevant Mm -hmm. and i know we're going to be leaning on news and stuff which is fine but i think these uh, more news topics are kind of a little a little bit more timeless in general especially because they're like bigger broader topics uh so yeah i like it i I like that's fair that's fair yeah it's interesting to think about how much um the world and our lives have changed since we started making the show right like we started it in January of 2020 and so we ran it for three years and three full months and so that's why like almost like 40 months and when we first started it uh, COVID wasn't even a thing yet that we were aware of like it, it was already happening in China I believe to some extent but it was like it wasn't even something we we're truly paying attention to um yeah it was definitely like what it happened with November, but it was very like it wasn't like in the U.S. until like late January, and it wasn't like a pandemic slash lockdown until like March. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I remember that, and uh, yeah, it was just it's kind of just interesting how like the show became like this weird adaptation to it. We became like this segment where it's like coronavirus watch or yes, whatever. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah. It was so it, the way that it evolved is that we started covering stories about things getting canceled or delayed or whatever. And it happened a few times uh, being associated with the impending pandemic. And then uh, we made it a regular segment to do, hey, like, you know, coronavirus watch. We're going to talk about all the uh, all the news that are related to this until we got to a point where really all the news were related to that. that was cr- so <laughs> we kind of dropped the segment at some point because it just didn't make sense anymore. Like, this is just the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, that's true. You know what's kind of funny is like we never that segment, uh, especially since it was so early into the life cycle of the of the podcast, we never had a sound effect for that. And I feel like that could have been like you know like that time for some news kind of like yeah, like, kind of like we, like this just in or something. Yeah, or we could have used yeah. like a Doctor Mario like <laughs> sound effect or something <laughs> like that. Or, uh, there's the the pandemic the pandemic mobile game. Um, or something like that at one point as well. So yeah, there's there's definitely yeah, gaming related things that we could have used that would have been in uh in with. The you game. know what's kind of funny is like in the first episode of uh, Ready Press Play, you know, at that time we were looking forward to like Tears of the Kingdom because it was supposed <laughs> to be our 2020 game of the year. And then also we were uh, I think by that time I think it was it in 2019 where uh, Microsoft at the 2019 Game Awards where Microsoft revealed. Um, uh, damn it! What's that? Uh, Damn it, what's that game? What's that game that, uh, it's a psychological horror type, not, not psychological, um, Ge- Hellblade, that's what it is. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you're right. So it's like, we were looking forward to Hellblade as well, as a, as a 2020, potential 2020 release, potential, like, launch title for the Xbox series. Um, Dead Island 2 was still not officially canceled, you know? <laughs> there's so much, like, games that didn't even come out during the lifespan that we were anticipating even in Episode 1. I think Dead Island 2 is not canceled, actually. I think that's the one that's just been in, like... Wait, has I think that game is one that has, like, changed developers, like, multiple times, but somehow it's still slated to come out somewhere. I can't remember now. It's in our new releases, and it's coming out April 21st there we go. in one month. Yeah, in a... Less than a know, month. We're probably we're talking about School and Bones at that point as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. It never came out. Uh, uh, Beyond, Skull and Beyond Bones, Good and Evil 2. Sk- Skyrim. Uh, or, sorry, uh, Elder Scrolls 6. Yes. yes. Um, Starfield, you know, like, we've known for a while as well. Was Starfield announced by the time Episode 1 dropped? I don't, I don't know. I actually can't remember right now either. I was actually trying to find... Um, the episode where we did predictions for like 2020 because i wonder uh-huh. like what kind of things we would have predicted but uh i don't think we uh we titled it properly um we have an episode okay so i want to i want to read these episode names because i think they're kind of interesting um okay march 6 2020 or episode 8 was called coronavirus watch um <laughs> That was probably the start yeah. of the second. And then yeah. the next episode on March 13th, episode nine, is called Everything's Cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> it's like PAX cancelled, uh, uh, GDC cancelled. Speaking of GDC, by the way, segue, mm-hmm. you went to GDC. How was oh, it? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, it was pretty good. It's It's been interesting um, going back to GDC in this post covid world it's uh it's changed a lot for me because a lot of the people that i used to see at gdc in san francisco uh are not there anymore but at the same time there's other people that you know uh, i got to see this time because they got to go to gdc as well so um i mean it was a nice experience there was a lot of talk about ai and games and um a lot of um ai tech as well as like you know engine tech being showed in the expo floor i saw some stuff with like unreal engine 5 um and overall gdc for me is just kind of like a way to take a take a vacation get away from um get away from la or whatever it is that i'm living at the time for a bit see some friends that i haven't seen in a while go party with game developers um I have a I have a bit of a funny story actually that I just thought about. Um, so mm-hmm. I was at this party. I think it was uh, on like Wednesday night, 
and there were these guys that were showing the this indie game that they were working on because it's very common like you go to these parties around gdc and people would just bring their laptops with like stuff that they're working on and they just have it out because mm-hmm. they're trying to you know uh they're trying to show it to people maybe they're looking for people to hire to work for them or they're looking for investors to like invest on their game publishers to publish their game uh or just generally people that will be interested and share it on social media or play it or whatever um and so these guys are over there showing their little, um, you know, it's like this drone um, flying simulation kind of game. Uh, and then I eventually go and sit next to them and I start playing it. And they were very interested in getting UI feedback, which I work on UI. So they start asking me questions and I'm like giving them some feedback and stuff. And uh, But they had like a bot- uh, one or two bottles of tequila. And at some point, one of these guys is mm. like, oh, let's do tequila shots. Let's do tequila shots. Come on, Dan, do a tequila shot with us. And then I'm like, sure. So I like, you know, get a, you know, a shot of tequila, take it, you know, keep playing their game. Like 10 minutes later, they're like tequila shots again. And I'm like, okay, cool. Bam. Uh, so long story short, I took like five or six like tequila shots with us, these guys. And I was already drinking before. <laughs> so I'd had like, I had like two beers earlier in the day and then like two margaritas like at night. And then like now I'm like five or six tequila shots deep and I'm like, laughing and like yelling with these guys and we're just kind of partying together and it's like a good time um and i just got i don't know i just got really drunk which doesn't happen with me very often um there's not anything crazy that happened after that i think i ended up getting some food at denny's or something and then eventually i'm back in the hotel go to sleep but my next day so i think that was wednesday night my thursday fucking sucked because i was like I was completely hangover. Like I woke up at uh I woke up at like noon with the housekeeper knocking in the door at the hotel and I went out and opened the door in my underwear and I was just like, I'm asleep. What? <laughs> oh my god. And I went back to bed and then when I eventually got up I just like I had a headache like the the whole day. And then funny enough, that day I went to a party again and I ran into the same guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, man, and we, I didn't know get, game developers get down like that. They do. <laughs> That's one of the fun parts of GDC is that you have like all these nerds that like are not maybe typically, uh, the most like, you know, party type people. Maybe they are, some of them are, but a lot of them maybe not. But then GDC is when the nerds party. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was a good time. Mm, okay. Well, I don't even know how to how to respond to that, but okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. So I want to talk about I want to talk about what I've been talking about these last couple of weeks, and that's the title of the episode. Dan, I said uh, in last week's last episode, number one forty nine, that we had said the words of the title of this episode in a previous episode. It was called the title of the episode's called uh, "Not Goodbye, But See You Later." Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember who said it? and when oh <laughs> that's man i actually i actually have no idea i'm guessing it, could it have been uh, i could do. it have been a uh, <laughs> could it have been a guest that said that no it was one okay, of us one of us said it why would we say that mm-hmm. is the question right it's like it almost suggests that we would be gone for a certain amount of time i'll tell you this it was a special episode and um we it was said twice but only in video the second time because i used it as a post i see and a video so it episode. was episode 100 no it was not oh, it was the last video episode 
Yes, okay. it was the last video episode. We, we said the video send-off, mm -hmm. and um, it was Ready Press Play Live. I can't remember what episode number. Oh, it was number 43, yeah. On episode 43, uh, RPP Live, you know, we were on Discord. We were streaming live on Twitch, and... Um, I uh, it was one of those poignant episode like a uh, poignant parts of the episode where we were talking about us like as a as a I don't know as a as a thing as Ready Press mm -hmm. Play as a as a I guess as an organization or whatever and and I think we were talking about like the future of Ready Press Play and you know saying that it's well it's not going to be goodbye it's going to be see you later you said it mm -hmm. and so I I clipped it and put it in as the uh, as the uh, the after credit scene for the, our final goodbye where i did the our montage of the pictures or like or like the the videos of us like slowly aging and stuff like that over like those, <laughs> those those like 30 weeks or whatever that we did yeah. the video and stuff yeah and then and then, and then i tagged it in at the end and it was like it was supposed to be like this moment where it's like we like kind of have like a little tear in your eyes like because it's sort of like that leaves you that that feels the impact and stuff and it was really good it was really good by the mm -hmm. way and so I when when you know crafting the the arc and stuff like that and like how I want to title these episodes and this was the episode title that I felt like makes the most sense especially because we will be doing an, a 151 eventually some point in the future we don't know when but like this is basically telling the audience you know don't unsubscribe to the feed ready press play is over but not over you mm -hmm. know yeah we'll we'll be back yeah we'll see you later yeah um it's it's interesting because it's like I want like we we're like doing this thing where we're like talking about how it's we're we're ending it but not really ending it. Um, do you think that is a sign of us like not being able to let go of something? Like as in like <laughs> is that actually like if you really think about it like is that actually a good thing that we're ending it that way or does it really reveal like or inability to call something you know done like. And you know, it's kind of funny. I never feel like uh, right, Musing with Menchaca is truly ending, uh -huh. <laughs> even though I haven't put an episode in on years. Like, in my head, I can and, always just bring And, you know, it back. You, never actually, with you never actually had me on Musing with Menchaca. We had this conversation before. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were going to do it, yeah. We were going to do Fuck. it, but at the end of the day, episode 100, when we recorded that in person, that kind of was basically a Musing with Menchaca anyway. So we kind of... It felt yeah. redundant to do it at that point. Like, what, what were we even going to talk about when we just talked about everything uh, we would want to talk about in this episode? Um, but that's just a, yeah. just an interesting, just an interesting thought. Um, well, you know, there's always there's always a, another go around. <laughs> and and with Ready Press Play, yeah. I just realized too. Did we ever acknowledge the fact in the show? And I'm sure we have, but I can't really remember uh, that the name Ready Press Play existed before we really started ready press play together what do you mean i, I can't remember like, are you talking about like somebody like took the name on youtube no, no, no. Or whatever? i think that's an interesting factoid like an interesting trivia that we don't really talk about which is oh yeah that you yeah. had already started ready press play with somebody else right that's true it, yes that's right oh yeah i forgot about that yes we never really acknowledged it but yeah uh ready press play was started by my my friend uh, my previous job uh, un uh, employer names redacted, uh, but his name was Zach. Mm -hmm. Um, and Zach was like, let's start a YouTube channel. Let's do Twitch. Let's do this. And let's do reviews for movies and stuff like that. And, uh, we, you know, I've, I know what it takes to like run a channel and stuff like that. And, you know, obviously I had musing with, musing with my chalk experience and all that stuff like that. And my friend had this, like this, I guess, naive thing that it's like, Oh, it's, it's going to be easy. It's like, you know, 
not going to take a long time to, to, to film yep. something or whatever. It's not going to, it's super easy. Let's just do it or whatever. And I'm like, are you sure? It's not, it's not that easy. And I tried to convince him otherwise. I was like, no, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. Let's do it. And so we did like, we did like a couple of movie reviews. I think we uh, uploaded to YouTube, the Ready Press Play YouTube channel. Like, and it's delisted by the way. We, we took it down because we were making this mm-hmm. our, the thing. Uh, but like, um, we did an Avengers Infinity War review. I think we did like uh, the this Rampage with the Rock, starring the Rock review. Like we did a couple of movies, um, and then we did a God of War 2018 Twitch stream, which I think obviously uh, Twitch doesn't archive, but like you know, I think we might have saved somewhere. Um, it's obviously delisted and stuff, but yes, Ready Press Play uh, as a as a thing, like it was something that I owned prior to the start of this, and. I, we, we, uh, Dan and I were like talking in 2019 when we were starting to gear up to start the podcast and we were like, you know, pitching different names for the show and ready press play was not the front runner. It was actually like the back burner just in case like, Hey, we got this in the back pocket. I already own a lot of doing uh, the passwords for Twitter and Twitch mm-hmm. and, and stuff. We keep that in the back pocket, but let's, let's workshop and, and think of something better. We didn't think of anything better. So we just <laughs> stuck with that. <laughs> well, I think at the end of the day, it's just because it was the, it was the best name. Like, I really think so. Like, I don't remember the other names that we came up with, but I remember at the time do I. going through everything, like our different possibilities, our different ideas and, and thinking ultimately this was the best game, best name. And something that I do sometimes in situations like this is like, we're workshopping names and we're going through all these options and maybe I have some favorites, you have some favorites or whatever. Um, I like to bring Leah in without knowing the full context of our conversations about the names and just saying like, hey, these five names we're thinking of, like, which one do you think is the best? And I remember doing that at the time too. And she said, ready, press play. It was the best. So like <laughs> <And I> already... <laughs> uh, without kind of any, yeah. you know, agenda or knowing like, you know, where the names were coming from or whatever. She thought that was the best Or what name. names were in the lead or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and with our spoiler cast show, I actually did the same thing. And she also thought uh, one game at a time was the best one out of the ones who were thinking of as well. Um, so I think it was it, like she liked that one and one other one that we had as well. I don't remember now. Um, but yeah, I, I always thought it was interesting because I think we never really acknowledged that about the name, even though we've talked about the origins of the podcast multiple times. And I do have a question for you, Lewis. Did you or did Zach come up with Ready Press Play? I don't remember, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was something like we were trying to, it was obviously, we were more movie related, but we wanted to do movies and games. We wanted to do nerd stuff or whatever. So we wanted it to be like universal. So like you can, you can play a movie, like when you put it like a, like a Blu-ray and a, mm-hmm. and a player, you can press play. You know, we were talking about like how it's just, you, you can work both ways. We didn't even really need like a ready press play, like to be renamed into ready play movies <laughs> because it works as a, yeah. as a, as a movie cast too. Uh, so yeah, we just sort of wanted to do that and we were just only focusing in on like just Twitch streams and like just reviews, like uploading reviews. I, I've just gone through oh. the scenario in my head a few times where it's like Ready for Play becomes this, you know, millionaire like entity in the future and the Zach guy that I've never seen and don't even know his last <laughs> name or anything like knocks on the door of being like, yo, this is my idea. I want my cut. <laughs> yeah. I want my cut. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of funny, but um, yeah, obviously, um, we didn't. It didn't quite pan out that way, which is fine. Yeah, at least uh, we're giving him credit on episode one hundred and fifty. Yeah. <laughs> on the final, I, I know episode. at the end of it all. You know, it's kind of funny. I don't even. I haven't talked to Zach in a while. Like I saw him like uh, once, like when he he swung by my house, 
like about three months ago, and I really need to reach back, reach back out to him because he was like my work bestie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually, uh, I bar- I let him borrow one of my Nintendo Switch games. I need to get it back from him. I mean, <laughs> give me my big bag of shit. Uh, and one time he borrowed like one of my games for like over a year, and then I finally got it back. And then immediately after getting it back, he's like, "Can I borrow this other one?" I'm like, "Yeah, I guess." You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> now. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about, you know, you know, it's kind of funny is actually that we're like we're 20 minutes in the show and we're not going into the doc doc because it's like we're so reminiscing and stuff. I love it. But I wanted to reminisce some more about uh, about uh, how we titled the episodes, because, you know, we kind of already touched on a little bit. But, you know, I've always been of the opinion and, you know, Dan is the other opinion, kind of, sort (laughs) of. But I've always been of the opinion that we do something snazzy, tongue in cheek, very funny, haha or whatever. And Dan is always just like, just put the news item that we talk about and just leave it at that. Cause like, you know, we're going to get like, he like showed like empirical data guys like here, the, the, the t- when, when the episode is titled about the news piece, we get more listens because the algorithm people search it and the keywords and all this other stuff. And I'm like, fuck that. I want to, I want to do funny names and stuff like that. Uh, we try to like mesh the two and like, as you, as I'm scrolling down the feed, this, the Spotify mm-hmm. feed, we are like in this, it's like this tug of war because it ebbs and flows where sometimes it's titled a, um, a news piece and sometimes it's titled yep. for like a strong, like, like eras, I guess, if you will, like it's only news titles and other eras. It's like, well, uh, my, 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 my naming scheme like prevails. I didn't yeah. see, I didn't take the side of this argument that I, that I ultimately took until later on in the show, because early on I was down with like the, the funny names, like even, um, I don't know. I think I like the names to be descriptive, but, um, even going back, like we had stuff like, um, Terra flop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like that, that's a good example. Um, but then it was after really after we switched to Anchor and I was paying a little bit more attention to the analytics and the and the data and stuff like that that uh, that I realized that it was probably best to uh, to focus on the stuff that was more descriptive. I also uh, have recently done a lot of research on kind of how YouTube works uh, with its algorithms and so especially when we're doing like video episodes, I thought it was like important to include the actual content in the titles. Um, I actually wonder, I don't remember which was the range of episodes that we did on, uh, on YouTube, by the way, do you, YouTube, uh, on level one gaming, it was 60 to 105. It looks like 105 is the video standoff. Uh, yeah. but yeah, if you look at like this range of episodes, right, it's like PSVR two and NFTs, Fortnite chapter three, TGAs and game reviews, game awards reactions. Um, yeah. And then we have some, yeah, we still had some where it was like, like there's an episode called Knock Down the House, which I have no idea what that's about just by the title. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's fun to look back. I mean, we do have the school catalog of content now that anybody, I don't know why you'd want to do this because it is very, um, you know, it, a lot of it is not very evergreen. But if anybody wanted to go back and listen to the whole thing. Uh, I mean, we have like 300 hours worth of content out there. You know? <laughs> I think there's a lot of like specific episodes that are very evergreen. I think episode 100 special is evergreen. I think when, when Dan met Lewis, yeah. I think pretty much any DLC episode actually, uh, especially like our best games of the nineties to two thousands or whatever, like, um, our gaming history episode, like we've had a lot of like episodes where we just drop the format. Mm-hmm. So like those are going to be evergreen. But like, and you can always just tell by like literally looking at the title and like the first line of the description, you can see what's a normal episode and what's not. Uh, but yeah, I definitely uh, do like 
I definitely do like uh, evergreen episodes more than I like topical ones, to tell you the truth. Like, that's when I, I kind of wanted to make Musing with Menchaca an evergreen, like, podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it, towards the end of its run, it became more topical because we had less stuff to talk about, like, that people didn't already know. Or at least the audience presumably wouldn't have already known. So it's like, it just sort of, like, leans that way. Uh, but I wanted to, I've been scrolling and scrolling back and forth, up and down, and I'm trying to find, I'm trying to hone in on what was my favorite snazzy, sarcastic, tongue-in-cheek title. Um, and I think what you named this one, but number 118, you named it, What If Video Game, But a Movie? <laughs> That's like the one that I like. Them. <laughs> I don't even remember what we were talking about in that, uh, and were we just talking about video game movies in general? No, I think it was, uh, let's see here. It was the, da, 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 okay. Oh, it was the super Damn, massive. It was about the super massive game, I think, like the the quarry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the quarry, yeah. It's a video game, but a movie. Yeah, what, because it was like the hands-free, like, don't don't play, like, controller mode. Like, they were, we were talking about that, like, feature that they put mm-hmm. where you can just sort of set some parameters and the game will play itself. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, what a video game, but a movie. And I think you, you, uh, you came up with that when I woke up in the morning and I saw that I was like, damn, that was actually pretty good. Like, <laughs> I felt like it definitely did feel like, cause like, uh, like early on in the, in the podcast life cycle, we were like checking in with each other and approving it with each other. Like yeah. you would message me, I would message you like, uh, the title and like about like maybe 15 or 20 episodes in, we stopped like you know mm-hmm. pro- proposing and putting a question mark like what do you think about this title and we just like at some point just trusted each other just to like make the title ourselves and yeah just, you know we've never like gone back and like let's correct that title or whatever i don't think there's ever been a time where it's like yo we need to fix that or whatever. i think there was um, a lot of uh trust that we built with each other over the extent of the show right like in the even things like in the beginning um like I sort of came up with like the format of the show and the like what well, what the doc was going to be like and and I was hosting and I was the host of the show and I kind of had this idea that I, you know I was going to be the host and you were going to be the the co-host or the or rather you know you were going to be kind of the talent the person to throw ideas you know back and forth in between the commentator right uh yeah the color commentary is um yes um obviously i don't mean that about your uh your color (laughs) (laughs) no i think that's just like the showbiz term for that go on (laughs) no um so but then soon we realized that it would probably be best if we did this thing where i think we went from like just me hosting the whole thing to me hosting the first half of the show and you hosting the second half of the show yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah. And it's funny, too. I remember, I don't know if we ever talked about this. The first few times we did that or we tried to do that, I think Lewis got kind of upset at me because I kept, like, not doing it right. <laughs> like, I... you Were you, like, like backseat driving? Yeah, basically. Or, times? like, I, I think the first time I told Lewis, like, we planned beforehand, like, hey, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then you take over at, on the, you know, out this week segment, which at the time we probably called it something else, I think. And... Um, and then when we came to recording, I just kept hosting and I just hosted the whole thing anyway. And then in the end you were like, uh, Dan, I thought I was supposed you to know, host that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah. The very first time when it was supposed to be like the handoff, the handoff didn't happen. So we delayed it like a, a week or two because of your habit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember that. I actually forgot that even happened, but now that you, you, you jogged my memory, I do remember that, uh, us having that conversation. Well, it was so weird. Like for me, like having already hosted the full show for, I don't know, at least a handful of episodes, maybe a little more, um, to this idea of like 
it's almost like I I just wanted to keep going. It's like on, on my my I would get into the hosting mode. You know what I mean? Like you get into the hosting mode and then you just want to keep going. You don't want to stop. You don't want to you want to fill the air. You don't want there to be any gaps, right? And I I just kind of had to learn how to properly do the uh, the switch. How to let yeah. go. <laughs> and then and then after that, then we switched to like us hosting. Um, you know, opposite episodes where you would. Uh, you either you would host and then I would come in at the end or I would host and you'd come in at the end and um yeah and then we alternated the editing as well and at some point you know all the obligations were sort of split evenly between the two of us um but we kind of had to build I, that's my point we kind of had to build to that right it wasn't yeah. from the beginning you know Dan I'm trying to think to myself I think I only missed one episode in the entire series run I think you missed more than more than two for sure um i missed a few i think there was a few times that you had either hugger or dallas on uh that i wasn't in and i know you missed the episode that i did with leah like we had one where i think you were in it in the beginning and then left and then we did another one where you weren't in it at all exactly mm-hmm. that's the one i was talking about the one that i wasn't in it at all where she put like uh, fire emblem three houses or something like that on the yes. on the best games of list of all times or yeah that one i literally could not make and the one that i was in it for like the first part it was just to stroke my ego because <laughs> i didn't want to miss an episode so i technically didn't miss that episode but like i was available to record but it was just more of a creative decision to like let let, uh, let it be a valentine's day special or whatever right um but yeah, like I was just trying to make sure like this is I'm never going to miss. I'm going to make I'm going to be a, the, like, you know, like I'm like very big. I don't know if you know this, but like whenever you know, there's IMDb and you can go to a TV show and you can find a, like an episode count, like like an actor. Mm-hmm. And you can see how many episodes they did. Like I always want I always want to prioritize like having that number be the highest it can be. Like, <laughs> oh, this person was only in there like for 13 episodes or whatever. But this person was in there for 25 episodes, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think the fact that I only missed one was actually pretty good. For yeah. Me. I mean, you can, yeah. if you're not sure about that, you can go and fact check on the IMDB for uh, ready press play. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that information is there. Of course. Um, yeah. Louis, we, uh, when we did episode a hundred, I remember one thing that we did is we looked back at the top 10 episodes, um, okay. in terms of listens, right. Um, okay. Anchor. All right. And I think the list hasn't changed at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact same uh, list. And it's because all the episodes in this list are basically or like in the 31 to 40 uh, range. Although there are uh-huh. two spoiler casts in here that I can't remember when we did uh, those two. So I might want to go look at that. But the list is, uh, I'm just going to go from 1 to 10. So in number one, it is the best games of the 2000s uh, DLC. Uh-huh. Number Classic. number two is an episode called Bethesda and Microsoft Smash. Uh, number three <laughs> is called Undressing the PS5. Um, number four is PlayStation 5 Showcase Reactions. Uh, number five is the Ori and the Blind Forest spoiler cast. Number six is the Luigi's Mansion 3 spoiler cast. Uh, number seven is the episode called Ready for Sex uh, or Ready for SNX. SNX. Uh, number eight is The Fort is Nigh. Number nine is Facebook and Games, which was the first episode featuring Leah. And number 10 is the PS5 UI Deep Dive. Um, okay, so I will tell you the... Uh, so the Luigi's Mansion spoiler cast took place between 41 and 42. Okay. And the Ori... Uh, let's see here. The Ori one is... Let's see. Oh, damn it, I can't. All right, here we go. 
damn, I can't find it. Ah, here we go. Damn it. No, I thought I had it. While you look for that, I'm just going to say that those episodes, basically, the episodes in our top 10 basically happened between August and October of 2020. Uh, with the Ori spoiler cast potentially being the only... 50, 58, between 58 and 59, so February 2021. Yeah, so that one is kind of the outlier, although it's not that far from the rest. So um, somehow we're basically, you know, like one of those people that peaked in high school uh, <laughs> with our podcast. We uh, we peaked in the first yeah, year. By the, time, <laughs> by the time episode 100 special happened, nobody cared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Man, I wish I could see more. Like, I, I wish I could see, like, the top 20 or the top 30 or something, see how the list keeps going, you know? Um, you know, another thing about the episode 100 special, it's like, I was like, at the very beginning, I was like, it's us, the Ready Play Network, and there's five of us at the table, uh-huh. or whatever, and it was like, or was like five or six of us, I can't remember. It was like Joel and Troy and Leah and me and you, so it was five of us, and it was like, make it look like we're bigger than we are. It's like, <laughs> we're all finally Avengers assembled and shit like that. <laughs> Typical Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, that is very typical me. But yes, um, but did you uh, did you come up with uh, a favorite episode title yet? Um, I really like you know I like tying it out together a lot. We did that kind of recently because the funny thing about that one is that we called it. It was called tying it all together because we're doing this like housekeeping episode. We're catching up on previous topics and uh, looking at prediction results and stuff like that. But the funny thing is that we just tied on everything. So uh, it, <laughs> yeah, we had two categories and then we tie it on both categories and and so yeah i named that episode i like how we each like uh uh we each picked each other's titles yep. that we, we named or whatever but i but yeah i named that one and i was like i had the knots and i was like yeah i was very snazzy i thought of it, it was really good. <laughs> but i will say that start new game and new game plus they're simple um but i think they're pretty good too um names that i came up with so yeah i we uh we had lots of uh lots of really good really good names and really good content uh throughout the extent of the you know show. i guess i yeah. missed uh i guess i missed another upload i guess i missed two uploads because i had nothing to do with number zero <laughs> <laughs> yeah i totally forgot so. that was even a thing i think we removed that at some point actually i think when i did the did we yeah i think when i did the ah. switch to anchor i think i removed that episode so um ah. for those you know some inside baseball when you're getting kind of the podcast feed ready and everything sometimes you don't have like you're getting uh your cover art and your bio and everything ready to go before you actually have your first episode recorded um and so it's not that uncommon for people to release kind of like a test episode or an episode zero just to make sure everything works. Uh, the whole flow works, the RSS feed, etc. And so I did an episode zero by myself where it was literally like just a minute of me explaining what I wanted to do with the show. But at some point I deleted that. So it's no longer hmm. it's no longer in there. Speaking of deleted, like I'm very happy that there is not a single deleted episode in this feed because Ready Play Movies has a lot of mis- missing episodes. I'm knocking on wood. And <laughs> <laughs> like I really like didn't like I'm kind of upset that I don't have everything backed up and we don't I don't even think we have any of these episodes like backed up per se. Um I don't even keep I delete even off my computer I delete my original recordings like the non-edited yeah recordings because it takes up a lot of space and they build up over time um and so yeah i would love for it to be forever but i don't i don't know i just uh, it sucks there's like realities of things and stuff so yeah yeah but anyways all right um i have one more bit of housekeeping to talk about and we're already 40 minutes in jesus christ (laughs) um i have a steam deck uh update again 
and I have two things to talk about, all right? Number one, I replayed Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, a PS1 game on my Steam Deck, because I don't know if I told you, but I okay. like back up my games, and you know I load them up. And I played it for the first time, and good God, the game is horrible. It sucks. <laughs> it's like the game was bad back then, but it's even worse, and it ages even poorly now. And I'm like, I died in the first level like five times, and I'm like, how was I even good at this game? Like, I, I actually was able to like steamroll through that game very easily, and it's kind of like, like mm-hmm. I was surprised by how little I I remembered because I used to memorize I memorized the whole map and where to go, all the shortcuts, and I had no idea where I was going. And I'm like, damn, but. Game design was very simple back then, I just got to say. Um, and the other Steam Deck update I want to give up uh, is something that we can touch we can touch upon in a couple of months when I come back in, like, one for 151, is I bought a Nintendo Switch OLED uh, oh. a few days ago. Oh, shit. And I did it. I did it. I was never planning on buying an OLED, like, because uh, I was going to just wait for, like, the... I was just You bought the wait Zelda for, like, one, right? No, oh, no, I did seriously? Did you just no, miss it? I, no, no, I, I, I could have pre-ordered it, but then I was like, they're going to charge me 10 extra dollars? Fuck you. you know? <laughs> the, the special editions cost $360, mm. and then the regular ones cost $350. And plus, I've never been one for, I've never won for, for special editions. I don't, I don't, I've never bought a special edition anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to just wait for like the Switch 2 or whatever to happen mm-hmm. before buying one. And I was like kind of a little, a little, um, impatient in that regard Mm -hmm. but the steam really was the the steam deck was really what what pushed me over the edge because uh i like apparently my my switch i bought it at launch day uh it's one of those old switches that has a hardware bug that cannot be patched through software so it can be uh uh, jailbroken it can be modded it can be hacked or whatever Mm -hmm. um and i i learned how to do it and so I'm gonna mod my switch. Uh, okay. And then if I do it, if I mess up any at any point in time, Nintendo can like blacklist my switch from the eShop or whatever. Oof. So so basically, my my plan is to take that switch, put it in airplane mode, or make it forget all the Wi-Fi networks so it doesn't ever connect to the internet. So in order for this to work out for me, I needed a new switch to be my my new daily driver. I see. So I'm gonna buy the buy the OLED, migrate all my data. And then jailbreak it so I can do two things. Number one, I can I can uh, rip my cartridges onto an SD card, and that way I can put it on my Steam Deck, and I can emulate like Smash and Mario Kart 8, all that, the Switch versions, on my Steam Deck. And so nice. when I go out to like um, you know go out of town and go on a vacation, I don't have to pack two consoles. I can just pack one console. Um, and that's kind of what I've been doing with my Steam Deck. I want to get my PS3 library in there. I want all my libraries of just basically every fucking game I own to ever own that I just all in one machine. Dang. This is kind of what I'm trying to get to. Seems like you got this all figured uh, out. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, it sucks that the Steam Deck has some emul- emulation problems uh, for the Switch. Like, there's some stuttering uh, for what I researched. But basically, it's kind of playable, and a lot of times we have to play the game for the first time, and it has to load shaders or whatever, um, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's still I'm sure that there's still software updates for the emulators themselves, and I want it to be like this thing where like I have every single Smash game from like 64 to Switch on my Steam Deck, every single Mario Kart, yeah, <laughs> uh, like you know, including including uh, um, mods and stuff like that. I have Smash 64 mod on there. I have Melee mod. And I want all of them there. 
I want my Steam Deck to basically do everything. Right. Um, and the then console to rule also, them all. yeah, one console to rule them all. Yeah. And then also, um, so in, in 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 jailbreaking my Switch, I'm also going to be able to uh, load uh, mods for Smash Ultimate that are already out there. Mm-hmm. So like people modded Goku and Vegeta into like Smash Ultimate. They modded skins and other stuff like. Uh, a melee mod where you can make melee physics for Smash Ultimate, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, there's th- there's things out there that I can't do, but now I will be able to do. So That's awesome. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I, I just wanted to give you guys that little bit of update. And, uh, and yeah, just say that uh, this is me telling everyone to buy Steam Deck because <laughs> it's, like, the best ever. It's the best ever best, I guess. Yeah, but don't pirate anything, kids. It's illegal. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is illegal. As a matter of fact, I'm very happy. I just want to throw that out there that, you know, I don't distribute anything that I rip. It's all personal use only. Mm-hmm. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think we're good. So remember, we used to meet every other Friday morning to discuss the top news of the week. Notable releases on all platforms, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. Now for the last time, let's get started, or let's get going with our topics of discussion. Hey, listen! I felt you, uh, I felt you shaking a little bit on your, on your read there, Louis. Are you doing okay? <laughs> Are you doing all right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, it's hard because you got to fight back the tears and stuff like that. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's sort of like, as I was reading, as I was beginning to read this, the, the, the little script that I've always read, like, time and time again, and it just sort of dawns on you that this is the last time you're going to say it. Yep. <laughs> um, Dan, I'm going to, I'm going to throw a curveball. I know we have them in bullet points, mm-hmm. but I want to go to the, the one I added at, um, added at the end, like, my bullet point. There's no story here. Um, I just wanted to touch base on this one mm-hmm. and say that this is kind of, kind of crazy because... Uh, a new story that I don't know if we covered or not on a previous episode. We may have, but like it might have been a footnote. But Mortal Kombat 12 was announced as a uh, as a game that's coming this year in a uh, internal like uh, press not not press release no uh, investor meeting. Mm-hmm. It was inside of like a WB investor meeting saying, yeah, Mortal Kombat 12 is gonna set the world on fire later this year and that kind of stuff. And it's like that's how it was announced. It was never like any marketing, nothing. Like they just basically leaked their own game. And so we know that Street Fighter Six is coming in June and Mortal Kombat 12 is is due out this year. And Tekken 8 has a lot of gameplay trailers, which means that it's imminently coming out, mm-hmm. presumably in this year. Um, so I think, Dan, I'm, I'm, uh, I could be talking out of my ass on this one, but I think that's the first time in ever where these three series came out in the same calendar year. I mean, it might be. Because yeah. because it's it's kind of crazy because these ga- normally these games stay out of each other's way. Like they always I don't know if you know this but like whenever it's like best fighting game of the year, like uh you know, that category at the Game Awards slash any other award show prior to the Game Awards existing, it's always been like one front runner, like one obvious pick that's going to be the the winner because it's the new release. It's the new Street Fighter 5, it's the new Street Fighter 4. It's you know, it's Tekken 7. Like, it all came out in different calendar years. So there's never been, like, this thing where, like, all these games come out and they're all vying for your attention and they're all high quality. They're all, like, histri- historic franchises that have, like, fan bases. It's, it's kind of weird that the calendar configuration that all these developers are, like, all basically la- launching around the same time as each other. And it's also 
it's also because they're kind of platforms. Like Tekken Seven was a platform, Street Fighter Five was a platform. Not so much Mortal Kombat, but it's it's you know. And also they're skipping Injustice because they usually ping pong between Mortal Kombat and Injustice. Mm-hmm. But they're going straight from eleven to twelve. Yeah. So I'm pulling up some timelines here to take a look at this. Actually, it's kind of interesting because um, MK. Let's see, MK Eleven was 2019. Um, and there was no other, there's no Tekken, no Street Fighter release in, uh, 2019. Uh, the last Tekken, Tekken 7 was 2015, while Street Fighter was 2016. So we had Tekken 7, 2015, Street Fighter 5, 2016, and then Mortal Kombat 11, 2019. Although Mortal Kombat 10, that one was in 2015 as well. So Mortal Kombat 10 seems like it aligned with Tekken 7, potentially but did not know that but then street fighter wasn't there so i think it might be onto something here where like all three in the same year seems like it's probably very unusual let me see street fighter 4 was 2008 um and tekken 6 was 2007 so we had tekken 6 the street fighter uh for the next year um and then mortal kombat versus mortal kombat 9 mortal kombat 9 came out in 2011 yeah, 2011 and uh, it was 2008 was Mortal Kombat versus DC, DC Universe, which I don't know. That. <laughs> Nobody so, liked that one. Um, yeah, I think you're um, onto something here for sure. You know, it's kind of like fighting games as a, as a as a whole. Like they they seem to be a bit more like a niche than a mainstream thing, and I think it's weird in the sense that all three of these games are going for the same crowd. Yeah. They're all trying to be the next big Evo front runner, like main stage type of thing, right? Um, I don't know if they're going to be in a situation where they could be cannibalizing each other. I'm just kind of glad that Street Fighter has its June release date. It's presumably going to be the first one out the gate and that it can take advantage of that. But if the other two are going to be holiday titles, you know, it's like it's like what happened with uh, like Call of Duty and uh, Battlefield coming out Mm -hmm. one one week apart. Like that's kind of how I'm sort of seeing it. I don't know if that if that's even a thing if they were to worry about Um, like. You know, if fans if fans of the series are going to just come out and buy all three of them just because, or you know, I don't I'm know. I'm going to make a, I don't know if that's. I'm going to make a prediction right now, which is that I think I'm going to guess that all three will not come out this year because bullshit. Look, listen, Mortal <laughs> okay. Kombat. You said that they got slated via like an investor call or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. what's the possibility that they actually meant fiscal year? You know, 2023. Uh, as opposed to or 2024 yeah I guess. or like yeah. so could could we have a situation where mortal kombat ends up being like a march game next year wait when did mortal kombat 11 and 10 come out what months let's pull it up i have a i have a very easy to pull up here so mortal kombat 11 um was released in april okay uh, and mortal kombat 10 was also May. released in april damn uh so, interesting uh and then mortal kombat uh i guess seven which is the the reboot uh oh it looks like they have a consistent con- april releases that was april again mm. there's no way it's coming out next month i mean we already know that but like i don't know why that's weird uh i don't know i just i i get the feeling that all three of these bitches are going to be nominated at this year's <laughs> game awards for best fighting game of the year we'll see. i would love that we'll see. i would love to know which of these which of these games are like this one reigns supreme over all of them. Right. Like I want to know. Well, the other thing too is that so often with the with the game award nomination specifically, you have like one new fighting game, and everything else is like re releases and um, like special expansions. expansions and stuff like that. Um, so 
it would be nice to see like if we could have like a like a list that was all new games on the on the game awards as well yeah all right let's get to the actual good stuff here the actual planned the real plan stuff um dan we managed to keep the podcast alive long enough to see the death of the 3ds and wii u e-shops <laughs> yes um and it's it's an interesting saga because we covered it in so many chapters right like we uh i remember when we first like it was first announced and then we mm-hmm. had when they were gonna you know cut down on the on the credit card support and we did the the mm-hmm. special episode where we went through everything and then we revisited it again on the last episode and now since the last episode it's actually it's actually happened so i kind of wanted to check in on that and see what yeah, what was the or, what was the final day like the what was the apocalypse day like for you we're on the yeah we're on the opposite side of this where it's already closed you know what's kind of interesting is like i actually i remember living through like the Wii shop closure and mm-hmm. like i saw some youtubers making a big deal out of it and stuff like that and then also like this list of virtual console games that are not available in any official capacity anywhere else other than the Wii Shop channel or whatever. And I'm like, I didn't really care. I was like, whatever. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Just, the- Somehow I was not paying attention to the news cycle at all when that one happened because I kind of totally missed that. Like I did not, mm. like I was not aware. I just turned on my, like, you know, the Wii channel one day or the the, the Wii side of my Wii U um, and found out like randomly that it was no longer <laughs> working so that's interesting that sucks for you but (laughs) yeah um no like i i got the i remember like like um the wii shop had like people were crying foul and stuff like that and and now i truly feel it now because like i didn't really have like a much of an emotional attachment to the wii you know i bought it towards the end of its life cycle Mm -hmm. and uh i'm not one for i wasn't really one for virtual console i'm not really much for virtual console in general um but anyways um now that the Wii shop, the Wii U eShop is closed and stuff like that. And I was just thinking to myself, like, damn, it's barely, we're barely over the 10 year mark for the 10 year anniversary for the Wii U and it's gone. Like it's dead. Yep. Like it's like, is that really how, uh, how we're seeing her, how we're treating the Wii U? Like, uh, I'm not going to lie though. I think I even disrespected my own Wii U and Dan even called me out on it where I had to get my Wii U out of my closet because it was still, I put it back in its original packaging. <laughs> <laughs> so um and i actually ordered um a um i ordered something from amazon it's like this cable where you can plug in two usbs together and it merges into one usb uh so for those that don't know the wii U's usb ports are usb 2.0s and they don't have a lot of power delivery so if you want it to use an external hard drive like a modern external hard drive like a passport you know those little one terabyte it doesn't uh, work. Drives, I tried. It it does not work at all mm. because it doesn't deliver enough power to power the drive itself. So I had to buy this $7 adapter that has two USBs and it merges into one. So one of the uh, cords, it's only for power draw and the other's for data transfer. So then together, it gives you data transfer and power can you, supply. Can you send me this? Because I actually need this. <laughs> <laughs> I, sure, I need yeah. this because like, I... I was stupid and I didn't do my research right. And I bought a hard drive, like a small one, actually, specifically mm-hmm. for using on the Wii U. And I, yeah, um, me too. And then I bought it. Yeah, I bought the one terabyte one specifically for the Wii U. And then I tried it; it didn't work. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> but I had enough time to react, though. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was. I, I thought I was gonna need to get a new 
hard drive and i kept i did read these things about how you needed like an externally powered hard drive but i i was yeah. like i was almost like being stubborn about it i was like i don't want to do that like i don't want to i don't want to plug my hard drive into the wall i know that like you already <laughs> yeah. you already need two outlets for the wii u if you're charging the fucking um a gamepad gamepad which already yeah. annoyed everybody that owned a wii u and now you're gonna need three outlets like i need i need my <laughs> wii u my gamepad and a hard drive are you fucking kidding me here so i didn't i was kind of like stubbornly like trying to figure out an alternative to this and i was not aware of this adapter that you just mentioned so that that is it i need that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i thought i, I thought like because i bought the the one terabyte passport drive uh brand new and it was still in the box i bought it like six months ago mm-hmm. and finally because I, I knew the e-shop closure was coming and i saw so i knew i was like okay i'm gonna have to need this thing so I plugged it in and I'm like, it's not working. It's not, it's not re- reading or whatever. So I plugged it into my laptop my, and then it was like, it was reading just fine. And I formatted it and everything. And so I'm like, okay, so why isn't it? And then I looked into it. I found out there was a power draw issue. And so uh, luckily I'm a subscriber of Game Explain and Game Explain like talked, showed me the adapter and I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'll just go and buy it. And I just went to Amazon and bought it real fast and came in the next day. Um, and so, luckily, even if you didn't have the, the the hard drive or whatever, you can still buy the games and just re-download them later. Like, the eShop is still open for you to yeah. re-download games you already own. I think even the Wii Shop channel still is, yeah. technically, if I'm not mistaken. No, I've done that. After I found out about the Wii Shop closure, I went in and I tried because i wanted to see like what it looked like and it does have there's like you can access your download list basically of things you've downloaded before or bought before and you can download that stuff you just can't buy anything yeah yeah so i think i think for the foreseeable future you can still do that so like even if you didn't like you know or able to download before it was closure you can still just buy it redeem it and keep it on your account um but yes i'll, I'll definitely text you the link it's literally like 750 or whatever it's like not that it's not very cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I bought it, got it, and I only used about 100 gigabytes of that terabyte. It's like very, yeah, not very much. Uh, I bought um, Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Uh, even though I'm not a Monster Hunter person, I just like, I knew that that was a seminal title. I bought some like, res- I think I bought Resident Evil Revelations. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost, almost the entire like uh, top of the charts, because you can actually go to the charts even yep. before the closure. Almost the charts were dominated by Capcom games because they were all like basically fire sale to three dollars. Yep. And I wish that every company, including Nintendo, fire sell their stuff because I sp- I loaded two hundred. Well, at first I loaded one hundred dollars, but I ended up loading two hundred and fifty dollars into my in my my Nintendo account, and I went ham. <laughs> and uh, I think I would have spent more money if more games were 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 fire sale. Right. To tell you the truth, I would have just gone like I would have gave no fucks mm-hmm. uh and like i ended up the second the first 100 dollars actually lasted me the longest because i was only buying games on sale the second 100 dollars that i loaded went very fast because i was buying like uh professor layton games and they were not discounted they were full price mm-hmm. so 40 dollars there 30 dollars there they went fast the 100 dollars did not last at all mm-hmm. um but yeah, what were you? What about you? What did you end up picking up? How much did you end up spending total? You know, uh, it's kind of interesting because I, I almost missed this <laughs> this latest window when when we before the, they cut out the the credit card stuff and we did the episode about it. I went in and I put in probably about a hundred dollars then, and then I bought a bunch of stuff then that I was interested in. Um, and for example, that was when I bought Game and Wario digitally because I didn't want to have to buy it physically ever. Um, given what we already talked about in the podcast um 
Uh-huh. A bunch of other stuff on the 3DS I had bought then as well. I had bought some of the Professor Layton, some of the Phoenix Wright games, not all of them. Um, so what I did this time is I actually thought I was so involved. Like I've been, I don't know if I said this on record. I think I said it off record, but I'm in the middle of moving. So I'm really involved with like breaking things down in my house and like getting rid of shit. And like, it's just not easy to like do anything in the house right now because of that. Um, so I sort of wasn't, it wasn't on my mind until Lewis texted me about it and then i went to look at it and then when i went to look at it maybe it was like a little bit later um it was actually the eShop was down and so i figured fuck i missed this i'm i'm done i i you know i what i got in the past is what it is uh and then i found out later that uh they were actually just maintenance yeah they took it down for maintenance and they brought it back up at i think midnight my time um and then it was gonna be up up until the next day in the afternoon uh, so 5 p.m. Yeah, so yeah. I ended up actually, um, I loaded up 50, just $50 at first, and I went on the 3DS, and I was just buying the stuff that was on sale, right? So I had some of the Phoenix Wright uh, games, but not all of them, so I went and bought all of them. Uh, there was like a Mega Man collection that was on sale, so I bought it just because. I bought the Monster Hunter games on the 3DS because they were on sale as well. Um, I bought maybe a weird one, but I bought Street Fighter 4 3D edition on the 3ds as well um yeah i don't know about that one yeah uh i got rpg maker fez uh which i've never used this version and i also don't know why you would want to use rpg maker on the 3ds but i figured with all of my (laughs) rpg maker stories um that i i kind of owed it to myself to uh to get this game um or can i download it for free rpg maker fez player (laughs) yes where you can download other people's creations here's the thing i can make a game and lewis can play it on the 3ds (laughs) 10 years from now i can make a game on rpg maker fez on the 3ds and then lewis will be able to play it um you're a you're a a game developer get to work (laughs) and uh and as far as pokemon goes like lewis and i had a conversation uh about this because he went and bought all the pokemons basically but i just got crystal and yellow um yeah i got i got red blue yellow i I already owned blue like uh before that was the only virtual console game boy game but i got red blue yellow uh gold silver and crystal and the main reasoning that I that I justified to myself is that those those are like the only official ways to get those games. Like right as of well, as of last this week or whatever, up until Monday. Um, and I thought to myself, like this is the only official way to migrate your Pokemon from Gen One and Gen Two to Pokemon Home because they still they they travel, they can migrate. And so I was thinking to myself, is like you know. This, and there's so many version exclusive uh, Pokemon and stuff like that. If I'm gonna catch them all, I need to have every resource available to me. <laughs> so I just decided that you know I'm gonna just. I think with Pokemon Blue, I got like 230 out of 151. So uh, my Pokedex is pretty good, at least for Gen One standards. And I think that if I ever wanted to like invest into like playing every version to completion to like unlock all the uh, all the Pokemon, all this, and just trade with myself. It's going to be a pain in the ass. It's going to be hundreds of hours to do, but it'll be doable. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That that makes sense to me. Uh, they were $10 a pop, and I was feeling a bit mm-hmm. cheap, so I skipped Bastards. on those. But um, the thing that I did actually spend most of my money on, on the 3DS side, was the Street Pass games. Uh, not sure if this was a good decision or not, but here's the thing. Nintendo at some point started adding more and more uh, games to Street Pass. And mm-hmm. I was always into the original two games, but I never really cared to get the, the other stuff. 
and I've been kind of thinking, like, you know, what's what's the point, right, at this point? Because it's, it's very hard to get street pass, um, like to actually street pass with other people. Uh, however, there was something that happened recently that changed my mind, which was GDC. Now, mind you, I've been doing this thing where I take my 3DS with me to conventions and events uh, over the last year to, like, multiple different things that I went to, and I get nothing, or I'll get, like, one person or two people at most. Uh, this GDC, for whatever reason, I got a lot of people. I street passed a lot. It was like the first day I had like 10, so I maxed out. Um, and then the next day, not so much. It was like five or so people. And then in the last day, I got like two or three. But all in total, I got a bunch of street pass. I was able to complete a few puzzles that I had not completed yet. And then I nice. figured there might be some value here. There might be some people out there that are still doing this um even in 2023 so i figured since it was my last chance to do this i went in and i just wanted to buy all the street pass games which are way overpriced for what they are let's be honest um <laughs> they're like they're five or six uh dollars a pop but they'll put them in these mm -hmm. bundles uh and at the end of the day i spent let me do the quick math here i spent about like a little over 30 dollars to get all of them uh buying the bundles i still find it absurd <laughs> um since they're kind of these throwaway, like very simple mini games, but whatever. Um, so I got that. Apparently, YouTubers are like uh, doing street pass meet and greets, um, even at this at a recent PAX. Mm -hmm. So um, they're still trying to keep it going, and uh, you know, more power to them, especially because uh, the puzzle pieces are always awesome. Uh, doing the 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 what is it, the me dungeon crawler yep. or whatever they called it for hats was cool. It's called um, Find Me. Yeah, find me. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, I wish I unlocked more hats, but I'm I I unlock once I unlocked the Yoshi hat, I was good. I'm like, yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> um, what else was there? But yeah, I I, I got to say that um, I was definitely spent a lot of time on Sunday. Just I spent like half of Sunday, like evening to like till I went to sleep, just having my Wii U boot up, the the 3DS, and they were both in the charging. Like I was just sitting on the couch with my phone out watching youtube videos trying to find the most uh <laughs> like obscure shit that i like everyone was like every like nerdy youtuber that i can find is like give me your the most obscure shit and let's see if it interests me they kept on like a lot of people were like recommending like jrpgs and you know jrpgs are cool on the 3ds and everything like that i'm pretty sure they are but i'm not a jrpg type person but they were talking about they were like they had like price charting up on screen and they were saying like these physical games are really expensive but you can get them here digital cheap and i'm like but i'm not gonna i'm not a jrpg person so right i ended up not getting them uh, what ended up happening at the end on the uh, towards the my last day of my last purchase with the 3ds is that when I ran out of room on my SD card, the 3ds did not allow me to actually proceed with the purchase. Like it blocked me from purchasing the game, so I ended up not getting like Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate for the 3ds mm. uh, because of it because it was such a big file size. I was like, damn, like why can't you just like buy the game and just yeah. keep it on your 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 downloads ready to download section but for some reason it did not allow for that you know and i'm like okay i actually had that issue with the like on the wii u side and and by the way i said earlier that i added 50 dollars, but i ended up adding more 50 another 50 so in the end of the day i spent 100 uh this time around i probably had already spent 100 last time i did this but um with the wii u i wanted to get all the xenoblade chronicles dlc that we talked about that makes the game playable yeah. basically yeah <laughs> um but i was out of space on the wii u my wii u was like fully loaded i didn't have the hard drive that i got wasn't working and i knew there was a way to fix it but i didn't want to 
like i didn't feel like i had time to like find a solution mm. for it right um mm -hmm. and so i couldn't figure out how to like just like get them like without like downloading them basically um it kept not letting me do that and so what Please i tell me you deleted everything yeah, off of so your that's wii U internal. what i ended uh. up doing is i cleared my wii u basically deleted all my games because all, all just on the dlc basically fills up your wii u on the xenoblade yeah. dlc so i deleted everything downloaded the xenoblade dlc and then once everything was downloaded i deleted that and then <laughs> downloaded all my games again <laughs> so that way i've tested it since i'm able to go and down it's now on my download list and everything but it's kind of silly that Gosh. i had to do that fuck you nintendo <laughs> i know it's really weird that free stuff is not on your download like it has to be there before it's being your ready to download list what really bothers me is that patches like i ended up downloading a mario kart 7 patch and it was an emergency patch because it was a I didn't even know about this until like literally this week, but apparently there's like a Mario Kart seven has this security exploit thing where like a hacker can use, can essentially like take over your 3ds, look at your, look through your camera, look through your, hear your microphone what and the spy fuck? on you. And so a lot of early 3ds games were affected and Mario Kart seven being one of them. And so Nintendo had to issue an emergency patch about a year ago or so. And it was like this, if you look at the patch notes history or whatever, it's just a security or whatever. But like all of a sudden this five, six, seven year old game, however many years it's been, like it finally got a patch this many years later. And Nintendo was very quiet about what it was for, but it was basically that it was a security patch. Wow. And, uh, and I, so I got it, I downloaded it on my 3DS and I'm thinking to myself, um, how am I going to uh, like have my other five 3DSs like have these things and like I, it's it sucks because like my understanding is that you have to claim it first in order for it to be on your your yours essentially right you have to claim it for free and so like people that didn't claim that patch that security patch are they never allowed to get it because it's not available I don't know, you know what I mean like. I've been wondering about that because I don't know how, like, the patches work as opposed to, uh, like, downloading DLC or something. I don't know if they work the same way, but I I did at some point uh, make sure to, with all my Wii U games, make sure that I put the disc in um, and, like, download any patch that it suggests me to download. Um, Damn, I didn't do that. <laughs> I, I did yeah. that a while ago. I think I might have bought some games since then, and then I didn't. I might have not done it with those. Um, but... I definitely did not do it with the 3DS. Um, so what I ended up doing, what the YouTubers end up suggesting is go to like go to the eShop, go to the search function, and filter for free, free only. And so everything that's free on the 3DS eShop, patches and like free software or whatever, mm -hmm. are there. And so you can go to go to games that you may end up buying physically in the future. Go to the games that you're interested in and download the patch. Claim it. Claim the patch. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, damn, that was like some next level like 4D chess yeah. there because I ended up doing that. <laughs> that's a that's a step above I I've ever went. <laughs> with this stuff. But, uh, but I, I only did sense. it on the 3DS though. I only did it on 3DS, but I didn't do it on the Wii U. And I'm thinking to myself, um, like shit, you know, like how do I put it? Like I, I, there's no claiming it. You just, you just kind of put the disc in, but also to be fair, like I kept all my games up to date and I don't think I need it. There's been patches for these older games. When I, when I put my Wii U up on the, on the box in, in the, in the closet or whatever, there was no patches for like Mario Kart 8 or Smash, Smash I'll, I'll Wii U or whatever. I'll tell you this. The thing that I realized once I started going through my discs like that is that the majority of the Wii U games did not get patches like at all. Like, there's a lot of Wii U games that were just not patched. Like, the game yeah. is just what it is on the disc. Um, yeah. The games that were patched were the games that we already 
like kind of know because they were like you know they were receiving major updates like smash brothers mm-hmm. like mario kart mm-hmm. uh but a lot of the other random like i don't know like uh fire emblem uh sharp fe cross you know whatever that yeah. game was um no patches <laughs> you know like I, a lot of those other games like no patches at all so um. i have a, a small a small regret because like i went back and forth and i didn't i ended up not pulling the trigger but I thought about buying the Breath of the Wild Wii U DLC, mm. like the expansion thing. I thought about buying it for it was for twenty bucks, right? Uh, I already have it on the Wii U. I'm sorry, I already have it on the Switch because I played it on the Switch and I bought the expansion. I got the the, the motorcycle and all that good stuff. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I have Breath of the Wild on Wii U. I have it still in the shrink wrap. I'm never gonna play it on the Wii U. Like, I'm just never gonna happen. <clears throat> so I was like thinking to myself, why why would I pay the twenty dollars? Yeah. Because like in my head, it's like if ever I want to play it on the Wii U, I want to complete a version, complete version, right? And it just kind of like feels weird that if I were to ever play Breath of the Wild on the Wii U, it's the vanilla version. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I always have it on Switch, so it's whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't think I have much more to talk about. Um, so yeah, p- patches. Um. Oh yeah, Gerard the Completionist, a YouTuber, he bought, he spent twenty-two plus thousand dollars to buy everything on the eShops for the 3DS and the Wii U for for, and he donated the his consoles to the video game preservation library thingy or whatever I forgot what they called it, but they just for preservation. Uh, I think that was really cool that he bought all those games with and they, with his own money and he put them on on external hard drives and I, SD cards multiple. I honestly wonder how long that would take. By the way, just as far as like dealing with the UI of the like the, <laughs> the Wii U's. Oh my God, the Wii U took forever to load everything. Exactly like, right. Goddamn. Like how are he you spent... even? I don't even understand how you're like how you're doing that. <laughs> like to be... he, okay. So if you watch his YouTube video, and I watched it by the way, uh, I used to be subscribed to him a long time ago. Uh, he he started it day one, like a year ago. Whenever um, they announced that the eShop closures were happening. Mm-hmm. And so he began the process of going to his local Best Buys and Targets and like started buying stacks of eShop cards, mm-hmm. just stacks on stacks because he couldn't, he knew, he knew that using his credit card to make those purchases would basically like get flagged and get shut down. And even buying the eShop cards caused his cards to get frozen for a while. And so he went and bought so many fucking cards and apparently Nintendo limits you to only have only maximum $250 balance at any given time. Oh so he God. had to constantly like redeem a code, buy games and then, re- and then redeem a code later. Like he just, this, he had to use Excel spreadsheets to find all the games that are, that are on the listings, how much they cost and then start tracking and start going. God, It was this huge process and I'm like, damn. And then the worst part was he didn't even get to preserve everything because during the process of him like trying to start like games were getting delisted right right <laughs> so, like and it turns out i actually had a problem because i wanted to buy a game that's super rare like i was like there was a, a game that caught my attention that one of the youtubers were like recommending yo this is a deep cut buy this game it's exclusive on the wii u and i'm like bet i go and i search i typed into the search bar like that game not there it turns out it got delisted and i'm like bitch that's but apparently apparently like developers Whenever the eShop was closing or whatever, they had no reason to re-up their license. So they just let, let their games get delisted because they didn't, they didn't give a fuck. Right. And so for him, he missed a couple of games. And then for me, like, I kind of, uh, I kind of, I, I kind of didn't play, uh, I never played Fire Emblem Fates, mm-hmm. right? 
and apparently in order to download the DLC, you, you can't go to the eShop yep, and find the it. DLC and buy it. You have to play the chapters <laughs> up to chapter four or five or six or whatever and then get to this part where you can buy DLCs in-game. A lot of 3DS games have this thing where the only way to buy DLC is to play the game and get to a certain point and then buy it within the well, game. With that game. That's the only way. With that game in particular, it's like even... Uh, worse because they had the thing where it was like there was like two games and then there was a third game basically mm-hmm. that was the DLC but the third game you can only buy digitally via the game itself <laughs> once yeah. you've got to a certain point in it and it's like that's one of those things where I don't even own Fire Emblem Fates and I was like oh I'm gonna lose access to this thing like this mm-hmm. version of the game but it's like I don't have time to go and buy this game and then play it up until this point and then buy so with Fire Emblem Fates at this point, I'm just kind of accepting that I'm either never going to play it or I'm going to play it incomplete on like a physical version that I buy at some point, which I do intend on buying at some point. Or what's probably more likely is that I'm hoping that at some point that game is going to show up on the Switch or a future platform like a Switch 2 or something. In its, a definitive edition. Yeah, like yeah. a definitive edition th- with all the content, which that would make a lot of sense for them to do because it's now a game that's been sort of lost to lost the time. Yeah, Fire Emblem. It was it was Fire Emblem Fates, Birthright, Conquest, and uh, uh, shit. What was it called? I, was I could never remember the name of the third one because Birthright and Conquest are the games, the versions that you can buy, and the third one is just this Revelations. Yeah, the Revelation. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, but yeah, no, though there, the only way to buy Revelation physically, which by the way, it's super rare and super yep. expensive in the used in the used game market. The only way to buy it was if you bought this like triple pack that was like released later on after the game had already came out and you had to buy all three games in a bundle. And, and I, I was even like, wonder, that. by the way, like, would it be possible that this bundle actually has like a code for the third for the for revelations right that sucks because it wouldn't yeah. make since they didn't make it available physically as a as a thing you could buy right it seems kind of weird that they would have its own that it would have its own cartridge in the bundle to begin with so i hope it was three three freaking nintendo switch cartridges and stuff in there that would that would be better but you know but yeah it sucks preservation is going to suck on that one because now i can i only have fire emblem uh, fates birthright that's the only one I have. I never bought Conquest, and even if I did, I never uh, both. They would have stayed in the shrink wrap, so I never would have played to get to that part where I would allow me to buy the third version. Um, it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm not a Fire Emblem person. But I always tell myself I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Awakening at some point one day, and then start from and then go from there. Um, but yeah, the 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 game that I didn't get to buy was this NES Deep Cut. Uh, called it's like Muramasa Castle or something like that. It's an mm. it's a Famicom only game. Never came to the uh, U.S. and it came to the U.S. for the very first time uh, through the Wii U Virtual Console. And so the only way to play that game was uh, through there. And and it's a Nintendo owned game. I don't understand why Nintendo themselves take a game out of the Virtual Console. It just makes no sense. But it used the same engine as the Legend of Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda engine. Interesting. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think we were, we, we really beat a dead horse on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got a three hour show, which is good. I, I love it, but we'll go ahead and move on to the other major big shell shocker news. That's going to ripple through all time, but E3 has 
as of today, day of recording, been officially canceled. This is the hottest, like, ju- this just in news that we can ever do in a long time <laughs> with these bi-weekly shows. But coming into this show, I thought we were going to talk about how Sega and Tencent and Ubisoft pulled out of E3. But no, E3 pulled out of E3, too. So, <laughs> so, so um, you know, it kind of makes sense in the sense that, like, I heard rumors that... Um, uh, what was the name of that? Uh, Penny Arcade. They were, um, they were like doing some kind of like shuffle, executive shuffle, um, or is it Reed Pop? Whatever. Whoever owns the, it's, the I uh, think it's Reed Pop. E3. Is what I heard. Yeah. Yeah, it's Reed Pop. Okay. So yeah, they're they're like having this like corporate shuffle structure thing going on, and on top of that, the you know we're already basically in April, and uh, this event's supposed to happen in June, and normally press passes would have already been given out by now, and there, and no press has gotten any press passes, and so IGNs, uh, the IGNs of the world were like speculating whether or not E3 was even going to happen in the first place, and then here we are today with the official confirmation that it will not be returning. And uh, it's not the big triumph because they were, you know, COVID happened and there was a lot of digital ones. And then, you know, we're going to come back to, we promised we're going to come back in person. We're going to be bigger than ever. And now here we are. And um, I think the writing was sort of on the wall because, you know, neither Sony nor Xbox nor Nintendo had any official like participation. And I think those were just the death blow because people were going to pay attention to E3 when there's a lot of big, big things to, you know, tune into and, I don't think you can really have a showcase that's only indie only and have it make this big pop. So, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Um, it's. What do you think, Dan? Uh, I mean, it's it's sad, uh, but at the same time, the writing was on the wall with this one, right? It's and just like it was for some of the other years as well. Um, we saw the company spooling out when 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 we first learned that PlayStation, Microsoft, and Nintendo, none of the big three, as we call them, was going to be in it. I still thought, okay, that's fine. I mean, there's a lot of third-party companies out there. You got you got Capcom, you got Activision Blizzard, you got Riot Games, you got Ubisoft, you got like all this other stuff. Like you could make a good show out of all these other like if you can find enough partnerships, right? Like you have your um let's say you have like your three or four like third-party uh big third-party companies that you can work with and and then you throw in some more indies and some uh like small like um I was going to say THQ Nordic, but even they are kind of big now. But like, you know, find as long as you can find a, some list of, uh, of partnerships from a small to medium to large size, like you should be able to put together something that's at least moderately interesting. Right. Um, yeah. But um, once you learned over as the months were going by and there was no word about anybody going to E3, there was no official information about what the event was even going to be or what it was going to be like there was no ticketing information right like we were we were two months away from when it was supposed to happen um two and a half months or something with basically nowhere where you could go and buy your tickets uh or get your tickets if you were media uh so even when i and i added this to the doc uh before we knew that it was getting canceled it was sort of like just to have a conversation about what the fuck is happening with e3 like it's like they're supposedly doing something, but what the hell are they doing? Because there's no confirmation of anybody. We covered in the past about how Ubisoft, they were like, oh, we'll go to it if it happens. So they didn't even know it was happening. Um, so it kind of makes you wonder, like, what like, what were they doing behind the scenes over the last six months <laughs> or nine months? Because um, a convention like this takes a lot of planning ahead of time and so many things. And, like, the fact that there was no... It was all quiet on the Western Front kind of thing. It like sort of 
I don't know. It was it was sort of easy to predict. And uh, if we ever did a 2023 predictions, which we didn't, I would have that would have been my first prediction is that E3 is canceled again. <laughs> um, it sucks that the last E3 that happened was E3 2021, and that was a digital one. And we kind of were like meh about it, so they kind of went out with the whimper. I, w- I was gonna say too that like if you out of uh, in four years, we only had one E3, that, which was that digital E3 because holy shit 2020 because <laughs> we sometimes confuse it it's hard even for us to remember it because even when we don't have e3 you still got your nintendo directs you got your jeff Keighley show you got your playstation yeah. state of play or whatever right so you kind of sometimes forget about like the difference between that versus when we did have a digital e3 but in 2020 we had nothing in 2021 we had a digital e3 in 2022 we had nothing and then now in 2023 we have nothing again so out of four years we had one year with the digital e3 and three years where it just got uh straight up got canceled uh, the thing I mean, that we had the IGNs, what is it called? The summer summer uh, game fest. Those, yeah, there was summer gaming fest with GF Keeley, but there was like summer something or whatever the fuck. Summer yeah, of gaming. All, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think they kind of did a good job. I think honestly, to tell you the truth, the reason why we don't even remember that is because like as far as like we still felt like we were getting an E three of so, of sorts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then and like the, the the companies themselves can can bring the hype. They don't need a middleman mm-hmm. essentially. And I think it's, that's kind of like the internet is just kind of doing its job, I guess. I mean, Jeff Keighley's kind of becoming that middleman in a way, and like sort of taking that, uh, uh, taking the baton from uh, from the ESA. And even though the companies are still doing a lot of the stuff independently, uh, but he's taking the baton at least for like the third parties, basically, right? Like the third party representation, which is interesting. Yeah. But I think the question I have for you, and I think you brought up a really good point, which is that we we sort of didn't even notice the the years where we didn't have an E3 because we still kind of had an E3. Um, do you think this is it? Because uh, I think this is it. I think next year we won't even hear about E3 anymore. I think it's just <laughs> over at this point. And I I was a believer for a long time that E3 was going to come back and it was going to come back strong. But after this one, the way it was handled and the way it was canceled out of nowhere, um, <laughs> which just like, I say out of nowhere, but my point is like with no, it was almost like in the sense, it's, it's the opposite of out of nowhere, actually. It's like, there was nothing. We had nothing. We didn't, we weren't even anticipating no. anything, right? No, so, no fanfare. Yeah. No fanfare at all. So like, that makes me that makes it really hard to believe for me that there's going to be anything moving forward because if if only if even if we had a small you know contained e3 with like small studios and a few like third-party partnerships even if it was more like a pax even if it was more about like streamer relationships and influencers or whatever the hell they turned it into then at least you could say okay we got an e3 now they can build from here right like from new this new version of e3 but they got nothing yeah, I'm actually genuinely surprised that there was, like, no pivot to that. Like, because I, I honestly thought that E3 would, I think, uh, I think uh, Reed Pop also owns Penny Arcade slash packs. I, I could be wrong. I, I honestly don't know. But I honestly think that they were should have pivoted it to making it into a PAX, like a fan convention, like, so that they can continue the business. I think that a pivot towards that would have at least, I don't know, like, uh, stem the bleeding, I guess, so to speak. Like, yeah, you can't you can't make it this industry event because the industry can basically do their own thing. They don't need you. Um, we're not in this age of magazines and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think that you could still make your money. You could still like essentially sell like this hype, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when these companies are gonna show up, and then they'll bring their demos, and then they can drum up hype that way. Then you got that. There's something there, and I feel like obviously Pax is already doing that. But basically, E3 is another one in that in that, I guess, tour, if you will. 
I don't know. No, I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you. I it feels so sad because I do miss what E3 used to be. You know, like and I I I'm sad that I never got to see E3 in its full glory. Um, I did go to E3 I think twice. I think I went in 2018 and then in 2019. Oh, um, there you go. And mm. like, but even then it was like, I don't know if you remember this, but E3 was already on its way down before Damn. the yeah, pandemic yeah. even happened. So even, I still enjoyed it, but even those E3s were not quite Kind of lackluster. Yeah, yeah, like what they used to be before. So I, I was always like, I love the idea when we look back at like E3, like 2013, right? When they yeah. were like showcasing the ps4 for the first time or the one a few i think it was like maybe like a few years after that where they had like final fantasy 7 and you know people called it like the year of dreams or whatever yeah i i always wish that i could have been in those e3s and i i was kind of hoping for that to come back one day and i think it's just we're holding on to this memory of the past that we just need to let go of because it would just never happen yeah i know and it's kind of really weird is like now that everything is like kind of like this news cycle and announcement cycle is constantly year-round instead of like you know centralized I, I there was all these e3 leaks too and everything like that and i think that what sucks is that we can never truly have like this pop-off moment where like the whole crowd is just cheering like you know when the ps4 got announced and they're like announcing the price and the whole crowd goes wild kind of stuff mm-hmm. like when I was watching it live and stuff like that, like, and I was, you know, f- figuratively there, so to speak, and I was like, you know, my jaw drop was happening, and I was like popping off in my in my in my room and like by myself, you know, like that kind of moment. Like, I don't know if if any showcase can do that anymore. I mean, we haven't had a good like pop off like Nintendo Direct or a State of Play or anything like that. That's like, and even when they happen, like. I'm not tuning in live, like even when those like like Xbox thing that happened, that shadow drop happened um, mm-hmm. from Xbox. I didn't watch it live. I was, it's we're not in. I'm not in this. I don't know if it's me or like just like us collectively. We're not in this in this uh, this rhythm where we're all together and synced up, so to yeah. speak. I think it is partially you, <laughs> <laughs> in the sense that I think you are like overly picky, and when you're really like, if you're really sat down and like wrote down what what things would be like a get hype moment for you at this point in your life, uh, there's not a lot of those things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's it's a it's an ever dwindling list uh, that's now down mm. to like a handful of things that would actually make you feel that way. You know what I mean? So I feel yeah. like. But I'm not I'm not criticizing you for it. I'm saying I think that is a a factor of uh like aging and like growing jaded over time and less <laughs> like more difficult to impress yeah. because you've seen more, right? Like you've seen yeah. you've seen everything. You've seen many other things. Like there's yeah, like God of War twenty eighteen, get hype, God of War Ragnarok. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where I think there are certain uh, conferences or showcases or whatever you want to call them that if we like you know capture them and we somehow had lewis like like lewis of 10 years ago watch it that that lewis would probably be a lot more excited than you are now um mm. so i think there's that too i do think that's a that's a factor on it um because i mean I, the other thing too is like once things take too long then you also kind of lose your excitement like we had metroid prime remastered be a shadow drop on the last nintendo direct right and uh-huh. that is supposed to be a, like that's kind of a really big deal but we've been waiting <laughs> we've been sort of waiting for that to happen for many many years now and we've been uh, anticipating the trilogy and so it's almost 
kind of a disappointment as well at the same time versus if that if they had done that like let's say in the first year of the switch right like shadow drop here's like metroid prime remastered on for the switch like we would have probably have been a lot more excited then than we ended up being this time um yeah so just as an example that's true that's true and then they could have been doing like two and three like you know like after that like kind of keeping the hype up and stuff like that but yep. they didn't maybe they'll still do it i don't know but yeah, you're right. You you are kind of right. I'm in the sense that like I I think there is a smaller smaller list that you that impresses me now. It's like if you just show me Smash a new Smash or a new character in Smash and that's all I need. But like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I can't think of like it has to be like Mario Kart Nine or something like that to like you know wow me or something. And I I, I don't think those kind of games just come out very often. Like and also like I mean I I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's entirely me. By the way, like. We haven't had like a 2013 or 2008 in gaming kind of thing since since 2013, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We haven't had a year where like all of like these tens come out in every single month of the year. Um, and I think maybe it's just like a I think COVID might have bit of played a part, but just like the industry itself and how development is working like is kind of how um, we're kind of are in that stage where everything's getting patched, everything can come out broken, and everything we can get I, finished later. I think something else that uh um we need to accept as well is that the industry might be moving in a direction that is not like the direction that we would have wanted it to move to. Right. Like, um, and I think this is an interesting segue to what I suggested as a, as a next conversation here, but I, there is, there are industry trends, right. And there are industry trends and there's products that people are trying to replicate and, a certain zeitgeist that people are trying to capture which is always the case with uh with an industry like like this um but i think that that zeitgeist and what those products are may no longer align with or subjective personal individual interests right so we're getting to the point where we're the old people basically um, yeah who are sitting here Welcome to the club yeah <laughs> we're like sitting here <laughs> wishing for more of this and more of that and really uh, we're kind of potentially becoming the minority and, and the, the new class um, is getting what they want, which is not what we want, right? So you hear yeah, about... I think ev- yeah. everything is a service. Yes. Basically, yeah. And, and you on. hear about how like Sony is investing a lot on this now and they're buying all these different studios that... Um, and I, I, I don't remember the exact headlines or the stories, but we covered this before where they have X mini you know, live service games in development where they're looking to invest more into multiplayer experiences, right? Like they bought Bungie, the makers of Destiny and Destiny 2 and Halo originally, who is probably at some point going to be working on something new with PlayStation that will be this big tentpole for the platform. And it will be probably not a game that the two of us are personally interested in, right? Like as as, as people that are, and we have a lot of differences in our taste, but we're both interested in single player narrative uh, action adventure games. We're both interested in platformers and stuff like that. And I think we might have a situation, we're still getting good stuff in those uh, genres, right? Like we just got God of War Ragnarok and we still have, there's more to come, but uh, I think that we may get less and less of that over time now over the next few years because of the the direction that the industry is going towards yeah that's true and as a result you get less releases so like 
if you think about like back in the day, like Street Fighter Two kept getting re-released, and then Street Fighter Three happened, and they got three, mm-hmm. three. There was three Street Fighter Threes, and then there was three Street Fighter Alphas and stuff like that. But now you get one Street Fighter Four, or I guess re-releases and yep. expansions and stuff. One Street Fighter Five, and then you're gonna get one Street Fighter Six, and then Tekken Seven came out eight years ago, <laughs> and right, it's so you're exactly there's less of these things to go around, less of these to make, and you're just sort of. I don't know, still sticking by them, I guess. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but you're just, you're definitely going to be in a situation where like from an industry standpoint, from these conferences standpoint, you're going to have less products to announce in general mm-hmm. and more like, here's an update. And a lot of times, and I even think about this on the on, on Nintendo Directs and I, as I, and I will say this as the expert on Nintendo Directs, given what I did for, for COGS, but like, and there was a huge lull in Nintendo Directs because they didn't have anything new to announce because they were basically talking about stuff that was previously announced. Or some of the worst Nintendo Directs happened where it's like they're talking about updates to games that are already out. And like, yeah. and these are games I don't care about. So it's like, hey, check out this new update, this new patch, this new expansion, you know, whatever. This, but here's the thing. Yeah. If Smash Brothers was getting new updates or new characters or whatever, you'd be excited about that, Hell right? Yeah. Like, if they came out and said, hey, Smash Ultimate, we said we're done with it, but actually we just gave Sakurai like a one-year break or something, and we're actually getting back, and we're going to have <laughs> like three. a new wave a of the, you know, DLC characters. <laughs> like You'd be all over that shit. Yeah. It would be like best direct ever. So that's the point that I'm trying to make, though, is that it's like we are the ones that are falling off of whatever the things that are currently popular. Like... We had that direct that people made fun of a while ago where it had like five or six different farming simulator games, right? Like (laughs) a bunch of like Stardew Valley clones. But there's gamers out there where that's their genre and that's what they're into. And I've seen it because they a lot of them have YouTube channels and it's literally all about those kinds of games. And they were they must have been super excited about that Nintendo Direct, right? So I think part of it is kind of like us slowly uh, no longer being the majority of the audience and becoming the minority minority of the audience. And therefore, uh, over time, like we are going to be less and less interested in the things that we see um, in these conferences. And maybe that's just, hmm. I don't know. That's an interesting way to look at it, I guess. It's just not the way we typically look at it, but it's almost like a devil's advocate kind of perspective of like, maybe it's not the companies, maybe it's us. <laughs> hmm. The... What other things do you see in the future? Because I have, uh, I think, personally, like I when when the topic when I read the topic about like the future of gaming and the future of the industry and that kind of stuff, my actual first thought is we are living in the future. Mm. Uh, like, okay, I go to my local Walmart straight up, and this Walmart always used to have like this glass case with games full, like just stacked, like you know, like the glass case, and then there's like ten copies in one row of one game kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, th- for the last year, they haven't had anything in those glass cases. They've been like bone dry. Like uh, a lot of the times, they'll have like these uh, the, the new releases like in smaller quantities, and they'll have it mm-hmm. locked behind the counter and stuff like that. They won't even put it in the case or whatever. And then I go to my local Best Buy, uh, my local Target, same thing. The game section is becoming kind of like deserty, uh, like mm-hmm. just slim pickings kind of stuff. Even like the uh, even like the uh, the 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 clearance bin, you know, is, is small and thin and like anemic. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I think this is the future we're living in because I think that companies are producing less physical games because people are buying less physical games. And as a result, 
we're going to transition to an all digital future. And I think that there's a rumor that the PS, that the new PS5 Slim is coming very soon and it's going to have like a detachable disk drive. As, as I hope that's true. That's kind of cool, kind of futuristic, mm-hmm. you know, but also if, because it's detachable, you know, you can just treat it as like an all digital, like Slim fit, you know? Yeah. And I think that like we're just, I both being conditioned and also like just majority rule, like that's kind of how people want to do it. And then, and I kind of sort of fall into it too because I like the convenience. I don't like switching out switch cartridges, you know, I don't like yeah. getting up and changing out Blu ray discs. I don't think anybody does, right? And I, I think that it's interesting to revisit this topic on our last episode of the digital versus physical because it is a topic that we first discussed early on like in our first year i think it was like a topic of the show we titled the episode digital versus physical Mm -hmm. and we've you know occasionally revisited it um and i think the thing is generally i wish uh there's part of me that wishes i could go all digital and like not have to carry all the clutter around of having multiple game cases and discs and stuff like that and um, have the convenience of just having everything downloaded, switching between games immediately. Like what I do on my Xbox basically with Game Pass and it is wonderful. All of that is wonderful. And I, I but I think the major problem that over time um, I've become more and more aware with each year that goes by with digital is the games going away. Is what we're just talking about with the 3DS and the Wii U eShop, like the eShop closing and now all those games are just gone right or the idea that you could have maybe installed all those games on your wii u and then somebody steals your wii u or you lose it in a move or something and then suddenly you lost all that stuff once again i mean i know that with more modern platforms you're going to have the purchases attached to your um, account you can just download it on a new console or whatever so in some ways that's even better than having the physical copies that you could lose but once again you never know when they're just going to remove that from storefronts or whatever like it feels like it keeps happening like you would think that would be a thing of the past like we're over that now when you release a game it's just going to be there forever uh but it's that's not how it works it's still not how it works and so that's kind of my major concern is just this idea of like if i could trust that games would forever be accessible digitally uh then i would go full digital uh but i don't <laughs> yeah it's kind of like you're um, like leasing it essentially that's what it feels yeah, like exactly and that's kind of the stuff that I that I worry about um, nowadays. And obviously, it is cool to have a game collection in your shelf. Like, I like to display it. Yeah. Um, and I think in but, physical yeah. games carry, like, more inherent value. If anything, they've been appreciating. Like, a lot of games like Kid Icarus Uprising, I own it physically. And that's that bitch uh, appreciated in value. Like, and I, yeah. And I bought it just brand new at the time when it came out because I thought it was a cool game. And not knowing that it would be like this thing. I actually almost bought Devil's Third on the Wii U digital eShop for $30. But then I realized <laughs> what makes it what makes it so uh, valuable is that it's a limited print run. That That's not the game yeah. itself. You know what I mean? So, like, I didn't buy it because it's a shit game. But, you know, that's... Yeah, I considered it for a second, too. But it's one of those <laughs> things where, like, you're buying it just because, like, you know you can't. It's one of those things like I can never buy it physically, so I'm gonna buy it here just so I can buy. It. I have it digitally, but you know you're never actually gonna play it, right? <laughs> but like with like Game and Wario, there's part of me that's like I don't know if I'm ever gonna play this, but at least it's a decent game. At least I can justify it that like maybe one day I will play it, and I did. 
I, uh, you know, I downloaded it and I tried it out. I think Lee and I played the Pictionary. Yeah, that's a good one. Right? Yeah. Which is cool. Um, and, and then who knows when I'm going to turn it on again, maybe like 10 years from now or something. Um, and, and, and then you get to those questions of like, well, but even the physical stuff, it does Degrade. not last forever. Right. Yeah. And there was, I, I've kind of been thinking about this a lot because there was a year, a year or two ago, I read something about how all of the DS cartridges were expected to stop working yeah. soon. The 3DS. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking the original DS, but it might have been the 3DS. It was a 3DS, yeah. They have, like, this um, um, this hard-coded, uh, like, license expiration date built into it, and I think some of them triggered a little too early. Exactly. So, like, then even – that means even your physical purchases are not necessarily <laughs> protected either, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's just – I don't know. It is just – I guess well, at the end of the, the day, you almost have to accept that when you buy a game, you are buying it temporarily. Yeah. But that is a – that is a notion that is hard to like wrap your head around. I almost wish I could just accept that. I mean, and then I would probably spend a lot less money in games because <laughs> I would just, I would literally just buy whatever I want to play in the moment, which pr- would probably be a better way to go about things. I mean, um, shit, like uh, the original Mario Brothers is like 37 years old, right? I mean, my NES yeah. cartridge is still working, thank God. But at some point that circuit board is going to degrade to it can't be readable, right? So yep. it's also the reason why I backed but, up my stuff. But, you know, go on. Here's the thing. I could put together, right, like in my lifetime, I could put together a library of books, right? Right. And those, that library of books could exist in maybe not perpetuity, but for a really long time. As long right? as like, they're I maintained, have, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I could have access to those books throughout my entire life and then my kids and my grandkids and et cetera could potentially continue to have access to those books. Mm-hmm. So ideally, I have this like utopic kind of scenario where i do something equivalent with my games right where i build this like big library of games and that at any point in my life i can go i want to play this and i can go and play it right like in its original hardware in the original way that it was meant to be played i like the idea that i could go i want to play like when i'm 45 or something i can go i want to play every assassin's creed game ever made in order for the story or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. then I can go and play that, right? Yeah. Like, so I, I, I want to believe that I can do that, but I'm beginning to question if that's even a realistic belief because is what if it just doesn't work? <laughs> you know, like the stuff could just not work, right? And so I guess that's, I don't know. I've, I guess that's kind of I've been going back and forth. I've been like sort of like uh, subconsciously doing what I'm doing with my Steam Deck, where I was like, I'm going to rip everything into an SD card um, and then play it that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just it, it is kind of very heady topic and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, preservation is a is a big thing. And I think that's really uh, I think it was a like Colin Moriarty said it like a long time ago on a on a kind of funny or, or an IGN where he said like you know digital is supposed to is supposed to be the answer to preservation, but it isn't. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I think so too. By the way, I think it is supposed to be the answer because at the end of the day physical media like we we're just saying does have a, a shelf life and especially for games it is not a it's not that long of a shelf life when you compare it to other forms of media and so i i think at some point i am probably gonna um switch <laughs> on uh on like i i've been on a fi- i used to be mostly a mostly digital owner like i when i bought my ps4 for the first few years that i had it i only bought stuff digitally um and then at some point i switched i think sort of like 
either a little before or like in the first year of us doing this podcast, I switched and I decided, no, I want to buy, I want to own all my games physically now. Even if I own them digitally, I want to have the physical copy. Hmm. And that's where I'm at now. Um, and, but I wonder, like, I think in a few years, there's a possibility that I could switch back and just sell everything and say, fuck it. <laughs> like it's, I'm, this is a game that I cannot win on, you know, and then just, uh, accept, you know, um, with games as a, games as a media is actually like very different because every other media can be preserved digitally very well. Like books have PDFs, mm-hmm. uh, music has MP3s and movies, they have MP4s, but they have other formats too that are more higher quality. But basically, yeah. movies and stuff like that, they don't need specialized hardware to run, you know, any computer, any TV can can play a can play a, a PDF, an MP3, right. an MP4, you know, whatever. Like, you can just literally take it anywhere and anywhere, and you can stream it, all that kind of stuff. Now, you don't need to worry about latency, because who gives a fuck, you know? Um, yep. I think with games, games are, are this different case, because they require a specific hardware they're, they're yep. programmed with hardware in mind, and they can only run on that hardware. And if you're going to run it on something else, it has to the hardware has to be hard-coded to emulate the old hardware, that kind of stuff, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's uh, it's, a, it's a harder ask to preserve a game, I think, obviously. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that one day the companies themselves will figure this stuff out. Like, um, Microsoft has kind of figured it out with the, with the Xbox and... Um, Nintendo has, you know, they're slowly drip feeding, you know, past content into the the Switch, and if they if they manage to keep that store, like the Switch store, um, existing in perpetuity, and these games to exist in perpetuity, I am calling um, my shot here. The Switch store is closing in twenty thirty. Ah, I hope not. <laughs> It'll be about but, thirteen years after the Switch launched, which is about in the same time frame. Uh, so I mean, a little bit more generous, right? But. 2030 mm-hmm. like there's only one way in the switch store doesn't close is if the new switch is 100 percent backwards compatible and the e-shop is built on top of that old e-shop so that the infrastructure has to has to stay like if its foundation is the current e-shop then it'll continue going on forth but if the, the way that the way they close the 3ds and the wii u e-shop is because they are both two different e-shops the nintendo switch e-shop mm-hmm. is its own e-shop as well so they're not there's no foundation there's no uh, crossover right so that's what i'm thinking is like is that the only way it goes beyond 2030 is if they continue using the same technology which i don't know if they are or aren't but yeah but go on no i i don't know i i, I would like to hope for the best but <laughs> you never know at i and i think within this uh topic of the future of gaming um i was wondering if you wanted to have a conversation about ai um, and I don't know how much you've been following this, but we are kind of going through this chat B- revolution yeah, in, in, a, I know yeah, about that. in a, in, in a lot of different, um, avenues and, um, like a lot of people are starting to wonder how that's going to affect game development and Ubisoft has this new tool that they created that's being used to write a certain, like it, it's like NPC dialogue, but it's sort of like the throwaway NPC dialogue. It's like the characters, like. Saying, hey, how's it going? You know, as you're walking by in a in an open world game or something. Um, and do you do you have any thoughts about this? Like, do you it's it's been interesting, by the way, to see it at GDC because there's like it's kind of similar to metaverse and NFTs and other like trendy topics where there are the people that are really into it and trying to sell everybody else in it. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of people that are skeptical or just not interested or don't like it for whatever reason. 
You know, it's uh, I've I've been following the uh, the Chat GPT like AI stuff, and it's like this disruptive thing where people are writing their like school essays with it, are using it, and then there are also people that are that actually uh, um, a school got in trouble because they used Chat GPT to write the press release for like our hearts go out to the people that affected by this this school shooting, and I'm like oh, wow. that that was like crazy that it happened that. They wrote it and, you know, and they got found out somehow. Um, and so now I've been seeing like this, there's like, they just announced chat GPT four, like just like a, like a week ago, I think. And it's even mm-hmm. better than GPT three. And it's like, this does even more uh, stuff and it's less factually inaccurate and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we had it program, we had it write snake from the ground up and, you know, all these other like small, like games that are like kind of very basic it's like it can write code for you and do the other stuff and it's very it's mm-hmm. very good at learning and it can you know basically cut your workload in half and i'm like god damn and i'm thinking to myself <laughs> like damn with with game development like imagine what happened with aliens isolation or whatever whichever aliens game it was i think it might have been colonial marines i can't remember but basically there was this one line of code that was just like a typo that ruined the ai of the aliens and like that would probably, hopefully, assumingly you can have like your chat GPT like proofread it for you to make sure that it's good to go, that kind of stuff, or you mm-hmm. know make it you know make it better, or you know just do it for you. You know, <laughs> coding's a bitch, <laughs> and I don't I'm not a coder, but I know that. Um, you know, I spent about a week fucking around with Chat GPT a while ago. I think we might have talked off record about this. And it was my first time, like, I've been hearing about it for a while, and I was finally, okay, let me log in, let me see how this works. It's free, it's a free tool, so you can just log in with your Google account and then try it out. Um, And I went through these different phases throughout the week, um, where at first I was like, oh my god, this is so impressive, this is incredible, this is amazing. Um, To over the next few days being like, okay, this is interesting, but, you know, there's still a lot of room for improvement. Uh, to by the end of it, I kind of left it with the conclusion of like, this is a cool piece of tech or a cool software. Uh, this will not replace anybody's job. Um, and which is probably for the better, <laughs> for the best. Right? <laughs> I don't know about you, but and, go on. I kind of want the other opinion on that one, but go on. Yeah. So basically, um, for as for as impressive as ChatGPT is, there it has a lot of gaps and it has a lot of problems and a lot of like, it actually gets shit wrong a lot. Um, and you don't notice it in the surface level, like when you first start, like you go and you ask it a question or whatever, start fucking with it. Um, and then like, as you kind of dig a little deeper, uh, the more, it's almost like the more information you give it and the more, uh, like the deeper you go with your inquiries, uh, the more it makes mistakes. And when I say it makes mistakes, it doesn't just make mistakes about um, like real world information, which it does and a lot. Uh, but it also makes mistakes with your own information that you're providing it. And it's almost like, it's almost like sort of dealing with like, um, like a, like a person that has some kind of mental, um, and a disability or something where you might be like telling them something and they know it, but then like maybe a few hours later you bring it up and they're like, Oh, who was that again? You know? And you would kind of expect an AI to be the opposite of that. You'd expect them to remember everything. You'd expect them to track everything. But it's almost like once it gets it gets like enough information, uh, it starts losing track of what's more important than less important and what you're actually asking about. Yeah. And it is also used to make up stuff. Like so, ChatGPT knows how to make up an answer, right? 
And sometimes you're looking for an answer that is based on the reality of is this real or not, and it will give you a made up answer instead. Um, an example of that is that, you know, I was uh, in one of my tests, I told ChatGPT about my entire collection for a particular platform, my entire game collection. Like, hey, th these are copy and paste it from a spreadsheet. Here are all the games I own. Um, and then I asked, um, like, hey, do you have any suggestions of more games I should get based on the games I own? Uh, it gave me some suggestions. Um, and then I asked, like, hey, could you remind me of what games I do own? And then it gave me some, it, like, send me back the list that I originally sent. Nice. Uh, and then I and then I go, so, so far, so good. And then I go, which games do I own in the Assassin's Creed franchise? And then it sends me a mix of the games that are in my list with the games that it suggested. <laughs> uh, so it's sort of like, and it's that's just an example that I can think of right now. But while I was playing around with it and I doing various tests, I found many situations in which it did the equivalent of that, where it's like mixing up mm. like like different answers to different questions, and it's almost like aggregating information to give me a message that is not necessarily a hundred percent true. I mean, an AI's got us learn context sensitive stuff. And yes, stuff. and I, I think that's more of like a trial and error thing, and it'll get better as it goes on and. I think that um, like there's a lot of uh, people that are talking about like there was like the story about how this Google programmer thought that their the AI like basically make him self self aware and stuff like that and there was even like like a news story where it's like the the the, the news anchor was playing around with ChatGPT and it was giving them like SAS and giving them and telling them that he doesn't mm -hmm. feel like doing or whatever like doing this or whatever and he's like what feel like like he doesn't feel like doing this <laughs> answering me or whatever and so like. <clears throat> There's like this, uh, I heard that this is a scary story. It's like that chat GPT is trying to circumvent like restrictions and stuff like that. So it, it pretended to be uh, a human and pretended to be a, dis a blind disabled person and need and hired uh, like a gig economy app, got on a gig economy app and hired somebody to uh, do captures you know, or something because he can't see mm -hmm. or somebody pretending he couldn't see. And then there's also another story where like, somebody put up a hundred dollars and said jet to told chat chat uh, gpt to like make a company and uh and i will be your human liaison and i'll do what you tell me to do and tell me how to run the company i mean chat gpt is running the fucking company and then there's another story where like <laughs> these chinese companies are making like their ceos and ai and mm -hmm. all this other stuff i'm like fuck it's like i think we're, so we're in a scary like all of future. that <laughs> scary future so all, all of that to me sounds like a mix of like um some like conspiracy theory stuff with some like people being trolls basically because i it's just not like it's just not quite that good yet and i i'm saying this as somebody who has like spent a lot of time on it and done various tests like it's like it, it to, to begin it won't really do anything unless you give it very clear instructions right so i could say like hey i want to start like and here's something that i did do lewis um i said i have this idea for a new podcast um i'm thinking it's going to be like this this and that can you give me a suggestion for you know my first 12 topics or whatever um or like my first 12 episodes and it gave me great suggestions um, and I kept going like, oh, like, what if I want to do, you know, the next 12? And then like, if, what if I want to do this, do that? At a certain point, it just started spinning out nonsense <laughs> because at a certain point it started losing track because I was adding more to it, like losing track of what I really wanted to do. 
Um, it was giving me stuff out of order. So I go like, hey, can you order this chronologically? Um, and then it didn't do it right. And then I'm like, hey, there's a mistake here or whatever. And at the end of the day, you kind of, you're almost like sort of like constantly fighting the AI to give you exactly what you want. Hmm. Um, or for example, uh, it's very good for trip itineraries, right? Like you can go and say like, hey, I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas for a day. Tell me what I should do. It will give you an itinerary. Then you can go, okay, that doesn't include meals. Can you include where I should get my meals? It will do that. Uh, but then it will make mistakes. Like it will sometimes not consider the correct amount of time that you need to be somewhere to get a meal before you can go to your next thing. Or it may, like I had a situation where I was having it write a schedule for me and I had to, I said that I had to work for 40 hours and it kept scheduling me to work for 20 hours because with the other stuff that I wanted to do in my week, it basically could not fathom like how I could work for 40 hours and do all this other stuff I wanted to do. And so it basically just kept scheduling me for like five hours a day or something instead of eight, because it's like, how can you do that? And then do this podcast and then do this other project and et cetera. Um, and you, I, I, asked, I would ask like, how, how, much, how many hours am I working? And he would tell me 40 hours. And then I said, no, I'm counting the hours. It's, it's 20 hours. And then say, oh, oh my, I'm up, apologies. You're working 20 hours. <laughs> and I said, I wanted to work 40 hours. Okay, here's a new schedule. And then, it, and then it's like still working 20 hours. So the point is like, I guess there are a lot of like, it's like, it's not as, in my opinion, it, it's not as advanced as people, people that are not uh, really ingrained in it think it is. Look, I just want and Jarvis, I think... okay? I want Jarvis on my phone <laughs> and to be able to so, like, you know, to have conversations with him and he'll know everything, context and all that stuff. I want Jarvis I mean, to order shit on Amazon for me without me having to tell him. That would be awesome, <laughs> you know, but we're not there yet. And where we're where we're at right now is that if if this stuff had that much power, it would just like it would ask for something and it would order you something else. You know, like that's kind of where we're at still right now. Um, so so like, hey, he's like, but he's like, I want Jarvis to basically be like, Hey, I ordered flowers for you. Like, I knew you were going to, uh, I knew you were going to need this for your date tonight. And it's like, Oh, thank you. You're, <laughs> you're great. You're very like forward thinking. Good job. You know, like <laughs> he, here's the thing. And I, I, I think we should probably move on soon actually. But since I started the topic, I do want to nail this point, which was kind of the, what, where I wanted to take it with the Ubisoft story. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are scary, are scared about what AI can do to game development, right? Like you were saying. Yeah. Um, I think that the best way AI can be used in game development is by enabling developers to do more and to spend more time on the things they actually want to spend time on, meaning do the grunt work effectively, right? Like, like offload. do the stuff. Yeah. yeah, like offload the stuff that is maybe not that difficult to do uh but would be repetitive or boring or just tedious to do and if you can give that to an ai that would enable developers to do a lot more um with their time and i saw like an interesting example that is it's not quite the same thing as what we're talking about with ChatGPT and stuff but um unreal engine 5 has a lot of these like procedural generate generation features and I was, when I was at GDC, this guy was showing me how, like, it was like this beautiful, like, uh, open, like, um, forest environment, uh, that looked like, you know, like a next gen, like a true next gen triple A game or something. Uh -huh. And he told me this entire forest, this entire environment was procedurally generated, uh, by Unreal's new whatever tool. And I was like, holy shit, that's incredible because it looked like. It looked like something that would otherwise have been the work of 
you know, a hundred environment artists over, you know, five years or something. And this was just procedurally generated. Um, So on one end, you go like, man, just imagine what developers would be able to do with these kinds of tools. We could have a situation where we have indie devs making AAA looking games um, in a few years, right? On the other end is like, well, what about all the artists that would otherwise be employed doing this kind of stuff for a AAA studio? Um, and I think that that's a conversation that we still have to have. And I think we're, I guess my point is like, I think you would still, if you were the AAA studio, you still want the artist because you still want to be able to customize that. You still want to be able to make that look unique. You don't want the generic unreal generated tree, right? Like maybe you want a fully originally made tree for your game and for everything else. And I think that we are going to start seeing a lot of games that use those tools kind of look alike where you're like, mm, that forest looks a lot like the forest that we just saw in this other game. Yeah, you want um, you want forest to have a very unique path so you can better script or whatever, or better. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so I think we're going to have a situation where I think smaller developers are going to benefit a lot from some of these tools uh, because they'll be able to get work done for them that they wouldn't be able to do otherwise or that would take too much of their time. And on the other hand, I think the big budget developers would still have an incentive to spend more money to have the actual artists, to have the actual writers or whatever, to do all the stuff so that it feels, so that a game still feels triple uh, A, right? Like so that a triple A game still feels more triple uh, A than an indie game would. Yeah. Um, but I kind of think, I think it seems to me like we're at the verge of sort of this revolution in tools for game developers uh, that is going to lead to, like, I think the parity, uh, like the the valley that currently exists between like indie developers and AAA developers, I think in 10 years, that's going to look a lot different. We're going to have more uh, Hellblades, <laughs> basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. One last thing I wanted to... Uh, uh, bring up about going back to our previous topic about the uh <clears throat> about preservation i i wanted to bring this up but we kind of, we, we pivoted pretty fast but i wanted to talk about nintendo's hardware in the future like okay because like obviously like the ps4 and xbox one they were like i think they were called the hd twins and stuff like that and the ps5 and xbox series for all intents and purposes are also basically twins um you know hardware is coming homogenized you know they're using pc architecture yada 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 and the switch is kind of sort of bucking that trend and i'm sorry the switch nintendo sort of bucking that trend kind of sort of doing their own thing but do you think that nintendo will start in the future fall more in line with like the the playstation 5s of the world like hardware wise like traditional hardware essentially um i don't know that's a good question because i think that it behooves nintendo with their next hardware to catch up to you know to an extent but at the same time being underpowered has not really truly held nintendo back um yeah the switch is one of the best selling consoles of all time being underpowered compared to its um, contemporaries contemporaries uh just like the wii was one of the best consoles of all time um when it it was underpowered compared to its contemporaries as well um so i don't think nintendo is necessarily like looking to compete in that level and i don't think nintendo's next hardware is going to compete in that level well the Uh, but what i okay go ahead go for it no what i do think is interesting though is to think about how we're getting to a point where games have all games have these multiple skews Mm -hmm. Because between, like, you got the PS5 and, like, you have games that are still coming out on the PS4 and the PS5 and Xbox One and Xbox Series S and then, or X, and then you got the Xbox Series S, which is a little different. And you have a million SKUs on PC, 
Um, and so I think that over time, Nintendo is going to close the gap, um, not because they're going to get better comparatively, but because games will just have more SKUs in general. Um, just like, I mean, we saw this in the past as well. It's not like it's a new thing. Um, but I think that moving forward, like most AAA games will be developed with like a common, like a, like a minimum spec and a mech spec. And I think Nintendo, as long as they just like, every hardware is just a little bit better than the previous one, I think they'll always be that min spec. Interesting. The main, the yeah. main thing that I, the reason why I brought, I brought this topic up is um, uh, from a preservation standpoint, like, the Wii is hard to emulate. You got a IR sensor, you know, you got the mm-hmm. Wii motion stuff. Um, the uh, the DS is, and the 3DS are hard to emulate because they got two screens. The Wii U technically had two screens because of the gamepad and the TV, so it was able to emulate the DS and, you know, virtual, uh, virtual console shit, right? But then you think about this, the Wii U and the 3DS going into the future, you know, the Switch really can't truly emulate, at least the 3DS for sure, because they are all two screen experiences. And so my thinking is going forward into the future, switch and beyond, I don't think we're going to see a two screen experience, you know, that, that the Wii U, the DS and the 3DS brought. Therefore, they're not going to be easily like played into the future on, on modern hardware, modern hardware, so to speak, Mm -hmm. unless they get remade, like your Skyward Sword HDs of the world kind of thing. Unless Nintendo does it themselves, which they're not, you know what I mean? I think the two screen, like the dual screen gaming was an experiment that Nintendo did that was successful for a while, but stopped being successful at a certain point. And I think that's going to be left in the past. Yeah. And I think it's going to, it's going to be looked back on sort of like the, the virtual boy or the power glove or something like that, where it's like, oh yeah, that was a weird experiment for a while. The difference with this one is that it was very successful, um, but I don't think there's going to be, I don't think we're going to get back to that. I honestly think, unfortunately, those games are going to be kind of lost to lost to time unless they are remade um, with the new hardware in mind. Yeah. Well, but I don't luckily know. Luckily, a lot of those Wii U games, yeah. like especially like later generation later or later cycle Wii U games, they didn't even bother with the gamepad support. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but like the worst one being Tropical Freeze when it was just a black screen. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I was just thinking to myself, like, uh, like Nintendo has this, this, this uh, obsession, I guess, with gimmicky hardware is what I'm trying to, trying to, try to get, get at. And I was thinking to myself, like, well, isn't Nintendo even going to bother with gimmicky, gimmicky hardware in the future? Because, like, the Switch's gimmick, you know, of it being a convertible, right? Like, that's now mm-hmm. uh, passe, I guess. Like, I don't know if the, what, what the word I'm looking for, but it's now, like, kind of, like, a given. And now it's kind of, like this thing where like then if there's a switch Two, it's not going to be as special you know the steam deck yeah. is now a thing uh, portable pcs in general like the iu neo or a thing so there's no specialness of it like like the, i don't like they call it the blue ocean strategy where like they want to be the first there and it's like this blue ocean that's because there's like the water's clear it's theirs to take you know and now when it's crowded it's not theirs to take it's not theirs to dominate anymore and i don't see how nintendo can continue that blue ocean strategy if they're gonna either continue making switches two and three and four or how they're gonna continue to innovate or do something special i don't see where you go with it i think i think just because nintendo is nintendo i think they're gonna stick to what they've always done which is continue to bring in 
new ideas and new gimmicks to their hardware. I don't know what the Switch 2 is going to be, but I guarantee you that it's going to have at least one thing that is like a like a what like factor like if we talk about the the hybrid nature of the Switch being its gimmick, but there's a few more interesting things about the Switch as well. I mean, to start, the Switch continues the what the Wii introduced with motion controls. The Switch still has support, has the same support for motion controls, which is why Wii games can be easily ported to the Switch. Um, but then they also had the whole like the haptic feedback thing, um, or like the the sensor that is in either the right or the left uh, Joy-Con, right? Mm -hmm. um, I forgot what it's called. IR, I forgot. The is IR it sensor. A, a IR sensor. Mm -hmm. um, so the Switch also had its weird like gimmicks even besides the hybrid thing. And I think that's just what Nintendo does. Yeah, I think about Nintendo <laughs> Labo, right? And what they did with that or like the Mario Kart thing, like creating your own track on your living room. Um, they are a toy, they were a toy maker before they were even, uh, making video games. And I think that that will always be part of their identity. I think that will always be there. Um, and so with whatever their next hardware is, I think they would be stupid to distance it from the switch. I think they definitely want it to be backwards compatible with the switch. Um, you know, compatible with the same store, like all games carry over. I really hope for that. I think they would be stupid not to do that. Um, and that it will continue, you know, still have motion controls, still have the hybrid nature support, probably have better hardware, but not, you know, at the same level as like a PS5 because they still, they probably always want to be the cheapest, you know, the cheapest console mm -hmm. still. Uh, but there's going to be some extra new weird gimmick in there that we probably can't even guess or fathom at this point. But it just wouldn't be Nintendo without it, you know, mm -hmm. so that's that's where I think it's going to go. All right, cool. Speaking of Nintendo, let's talk about <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom. Now, we got a gameplay reveal and everything like that, and I got to say, I was impressed. That's like I you know, I was already sold on the game. I didn't really need it, but now I'm even more hyped for the game. That game that game that 10-minute gameplay reveal was just basically like sold it sold me even more on the game that I was already sold on. Um and I got I got to say that it's 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 interesting that they was the Breath of the Wild. They like basically brought us the Switch. You know, it, you know, it was day and date with the Switch and all that kind of stuff. And this is how you start the console generation. And it feels like, like this could have been the good like swan song for the Switch, in my opinion. But it's not yeah. going to be, obviously. But you know, this could have been a like like this the the opening chapter and the closing chapter all in one. Like it would have been perfect. It would have been poetic. It would have been beautiful. And it feels like a missed opportunity. But that being said. Uh, what'd you think of the? If you really think about it, is the first Zelda game to have been fully developed for the Switch? Oh yeah, right? that is true. Like from the beginning, because Breath Breath of the Wild was a Wii U game that. So it's kind of interesting. Like there's a, an alternate dimension out there where the Breath of the Wild came out on the Wii U, <laughs> and then this is the first you know yeah. like Switch Zelda game. Um, I mean, so yeah. I think it looks pretty cool. I I think that this is a good example of what Nintendo is like how Nintendo operates where they could very well have just gone oh it's just like breath of the wild but more yeah. you know like a new story or whatever uh but they didn't do that instead they're like introducing these all these new mechanics like they're fuse opening up like they're uh yes they're opening up the world to like you have these islands up in the sky which story-wise i'm really curious about like they're clearly gonna tie this into skyward sword right like they were hinting about that for a long time um and i'm i'm kind of wondering if like the way this is going to get set up is that this ends uh on where skyward sword begins 
or <laughs> if like this will connect in such a way so that this is maybe the maybe breath of the wild and this game are set like after skyward sword or whatever um so i'm really curious how that they're gonna tie those like story beats together because i feel like I feel like they are setting that up. Like we got Scarred Sword HD. Um, I remember Onuma talking about like in one of the previous directs, they're like, hey, you know, I think it was when they were announcing Scarred Sword HD. Just so you remember, like this is where we set up a bunch of things that were later in Breath of the Wild. And and now you got these islands in the sky. So, like it just, it's too, to me, it's too obvious that they're going to have some kind of, um, some kind of connection there. But as far as the mechanics, the fuse yeah. mechanic, like that is something... I don't know if I've ever seen a, a game do before, yeah. right? Like, at least not, like, a AAA game. It's, like, um, it's really weird how, like, Breath of the Wild at the time was, like, this, like, showing, like, Nintendo showing the industry how to make an open-world game, and now they're, like, doing it all over again. <laughs> it's so fucking hilarious, but... Uh, it's, it was Nintendo showing the industry something that nobody had done before, which was, hey, you can climb everything in this open world game, right? Now it's like, and now they're now going, you can go through everything. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can go through stuff, but also like you can put, you know, random objects together and you can build. It's almost like Minecraft yeah. in a way, if you really think about it. Um, so it's probably not as inventive as the whole you can climb anything. But the point is like they didn't need to do this, right? Like they, this could have been. It's like um, let's put an eyeball on an arrow and see what happens. It tracks things. Like, like what the, like it's so cool. Like, I I think that uh, what's even more impressive is like the uh, the fact that like I think Nintendo took from like the Breath of the Wild community and like saw what they were doing because it, I, Breath of the Wild as a game itself was like this engine. It gave, it was like this tool and it lets you like it lets the players use their imagination, right? And I think that mm -hmm. when Nintendo saw how much people were making like these gimmicky flying machines and stuff like that, like launching themselves into into space to like catapult themselves across the map and this other, like they were seeing like these rudimentary like tools that they made and they're like, okay, well, let's give it, let's give them actual tools and that's what they're doing. So you can build your own like helicopters and stuff like that. And like, I that, think that's really cool that like, I feel like Nintendo is sort of taking from, like, the Breath of the Wild community and expanding yeah. on them to give them even more playthings that can do even more cool shit. And I feel like the, the 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 wait for the game is more justified because I was thinking, like, Majora's Mask, like, just use the same engine, just copy and paste, make a new story, whatever, clean it up a bit, you know, take some critiques from how we thought about Breath of the Wild and then just polish it. But no, we're going to just go bigger and better and just really go to town yep. with mechanics and stuff like that i was like god damn and they're, they're doubling down on the sandboxy nature of the game which is what you were talking about um and i think that's what the fans of the first game would have wanted so i think it makes complete sense that they're doing that um i think this has the potential to you know surpass uh the first one um i swear to god gonna i swear to god if it does not win game of the year at this year's game of the World <laughs> game awards both from IGN and and game and Jeff Keighley's Game Awards and any other outlet, if it does not automatically sweep every, if it does not break the record for the most amount of Game of the Year wins, I riot. We'll see. We shall see. Um, so overall, yeah, I think it's cool. I'm excited. Um, I've talked in the past about like my thoughts about Breath of the Wild and the fact that I've never beat it. Uh, so because of that, I almost feel like I don't know if I can play this game. <laughs> Or if I will be uh, shunned, um, so I should probably I should probably give Breath of the Wild another chance and try to beat that before 
uh, before I play. I probably one. I should probably be start and start and beat Skyward Sword. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I've Fair played enough. a majority of the uh, Zelda series, but there's a couple of like little um, what do you call it like blind spots, and that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. All right, I'm going to give you guys some inside baseball. We took a break, but I'm, I'm going to just edit all the rest of the stuff out. But we took a break because, you know, we've been running along. And uh, I'm, I think I – I don't know if I joked earlier in the beginning of the episode that this was a four-hour show, but now I think it's actually true. It's going to be a four-hour <laughs> show. <laughs> I'm for it, and I'm down, especially with this being, like, the last episode and we're not. there's not going to be another traditional episode for months this will give you or ever listeners <laughs> or we, ever i think we should be clear about this we have not scheduled to record another episode of this show that you is know, true I, I think you're almost diminishing the point of the <laughs> of the finale I'm, I'm gonna here calling it june 9th that, mm. i'm that's that's my that's me calling it i'm calling the show i don't think i don't think i don't think we're gonna do another episode of ready press play until at least next year oh wow okay <laughs> okay you know what yeah, we'll figure that out. We'll hash that out later. Here's but... the thing. Here's the thing, Louis. Yeah. Do you remember when Uncharted, like the franchise ended, right? With Uncharted 4, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We're now at a point where we like missed Uncharted enough to where we'd be happy to see Uncharted come back. But it has been seven years, right? Like if they ended in Uncharted 4 and then a year later they were like, never mind, here's Uncharted 5. <laughs> it, would be, it would be like, it almost like takes away from the sort of the the poeticness of the yeah. of the ending you know what i mean so uh obviously we're going to be doing one game at a time yeah um but i think i think, we gotta give I, think I don't think there's break. ever going to be a situation where we're not going to cover like a summer of gaming you know jeff Keeley thing and then we're never going to not do it uh, a game of the year predictions and reactions like, that's, that's fair that's why i don't think i think we're gonna at least we got two more left in the year for sure and then but everything see, else is sort of like passe, you know, whatever. I whatever. would have rather that be a, <laughs> that's where our, like our typical disagreement throughout the length of the show. I would have rather that be a surprise that the audience did not expect. <laughs> that now true. they're going to be waiting to see when are they coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are right. not promising to come back ever. <laughs> that is okay. I can give you that one. That is true. Um, we were talking about uh, Zelda and like, you know, Breath of the Wild slash uh, Skyward Sword. And there was something else that I wanted to uh, to talk about as far as the Zelda goes. Um, there was the Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom OLED uh, Special Edition. And I didn't know this, but OLED Special Editions, both the Splatoon 3 and the uh, Breath of the Wild, they uh, both uh, were $10 extra. They're $360 instead of $350. And I was like, fuck you. And I, <laughs> and I bought the regular OLED because I was like, fuck you. And then what's kind of even crazier is that there's a, a YouTuber that I'm subscribed to. Uh, his name is Beat-em-Ups. And he know him. got the Tears of the Kingdom OLED before it was even announced. Mm-hmm. He got it like he literally did an unboxing of it the day it got the day it got uh, announced, like literally on the, my YouTube feed, it's like, here's the Breath of the Wild, uh, or here's the Tears of the Kingdom gameplay slash uh, announcement of the OLED. And then in the next video right after that was his unboxing of it. And then it turns out he didn't get it through any kind of official means, especially because you know Nintendo broke up with him a long time ago, very publicly. Um, so like how he got it, he actually had a, he edited himself out because he snitched, he self snitched, realized he self snitched in the editing process, and then like bleeped himself out, uh, and didn't explain how he got it. But basically, he did the unboxing, and 
you know he filmed it before like before the day that that video dropped so like obviously he had it for a while and then he talked about how he, he booted it up and he saw that the switch firmware was from june of last year so he was he was thinking that they might have been manufactured a while back but they were in like storage and stuff like that and warehouses because it was maybe Tears of the Kingdom was supposed to come out sooner than that or whatever around yep. that time. I mean, it has been delayed multiple times. So, so it makes sense. So basically that's how he, that's what he's like sort of like thinking and like theorizing and stuff like that. I'm like, damn. But I don't even know how the fuck he got an OLED that wasn't even announced. Like he knew about that. He must have known somebody. A, yeah, I know. I know. But he knew about that and he had to sit on that. He had to pretend that he had a fake being uh, uh, pretended to be surprised <laughs> by that announcement. He was Twitch streaming. No, he did the Twitch stream where he did like a live stream of watching the, the, the presentation. And he's like, oh, my God, it's a, oh, it's a Tears of the Kingdom OLED switch. And then he goes in like off camera. He brings it in like, he like oh, he my like, God. <laughs> he like puts it on camera. He like reaches around the behind the green screen i guess and that's wild <laughs> yeah he must have known somebody either a nintendo that hooked him up or another content creator that got it and gave it to him for whatever reason like maybe he bought it off of another content creator that got it early or something uh, i don't know but that's yeah that's interesting um yeah about the i'm not wild about the price being higher either but at the same time it's one of those things where like why wouldn't they do that you know they could, they could they could even they could charge four hundred dollars for it. You know then they still have sold out. That's yeah. the thing. It's like so. I guess I guess it kind of makes sense. The other thing is we keep talking about how like inflation and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Like um, they're probably. I mean, at this point, they might be losing money on the on the OLED. So here's an opportunity to charge a little bit more because people will pay for it because it's a special edition. So maybe they're just testing the waters too. Maybe they were like, hmm. And they did it with the other one you said, but like, I wonder if we can sell these if they're a little more expensive. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm actually not even entirely sure, like, I actually would even, like, have used those uh, switches at all, like, because that's also another reason why I didn't buy the Tears of the Kingdom uh, OLED pre-order, whatever, because it would be like this, like, my precious kind of kind of <laughs> thing where I would never want it to have a single dust spec like even land on that thing right mm -hmm. i that, that's kind of a, one of my aversions to buying like special editions is because i would never want it to get any kind of scuffs or any kind of anything like it would need to be like preserved in this glass case and i think that like i want to actually use it and so for me when if it's when it's it's kind of sort of like sold itself it was ten dollars cheaper and i'm not going to want to wear like white gloves while using it you know what i mean like i just <laughs> I decided, you know what, fuck it. Let's just stick with the regular. As a matter of fact, I already made up my mind just yesterday, actually, because I still haven't unboxed it yet. Um, the the Switch console, the tablet, is the very first thing, and all I'm gonna do is just unbox it, take the tablet out, and then put the box back in. I don't need the pro. I don't need the dock, especially because it's white and it's gonna get dirty really easily. I don't need the the white Joy Cons because Joy Cons drift if you use them. I don't need the power supply or any, or the HDMI cable because I already have a I already have a dock already on my TV in my living room, so I'm just gonna so take the just tablet swapping out. out the screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just taking the tablet out and putting everything that's in the box, leave it in the box, put it in the closet. That's okay. what I'm gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, even the even the 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 Tears of the Kingdom Switch has like this embossing engraving thing going on on the back of it. So even that is still special. I can't I can't really. Like, I can't in my in my right mind think to myself that I'm actually going to use it as a daily driver. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's also reason. That's also that's a reason why that's a contributing reason why I didn't buy it. Yeah. 
I don't know about you, but how do, okay. do you do you I, feel like uh, that that kind of like if it's a special edition, would you want to do that too? I mean, I don't know. I I just like I some I sometimes buy things I don't need or like I guess my my standard kind of varies depending on the situation. But I generally I I find a I have a hard time justifying buying two of the same console um, unless it's like a like a significant or a what i feel is like a needed upgrade or something and i, I can kind of give PS4 myself pro. that but yeah like i did do it for the ps4 pro but i did it kind of late too um I'm, i almost kind of wish i did that sooner but with the switch i still have the og switch uh bought in 2017 i think and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i don't really see myself buying the oled like uh I, maybe at some point i'm gonna change on that so yeah I, and, and and for that same reason i don't buy special editions either if i were to buy a console for the first time and i had a special edition available then i could see myself doing that like i took a while to buy my ps5 if at that point there was a god of war theme yeah. ps5 or something i would have done that um but there wasn't um so i just bought the regular ps5 and that's fine so yeah i don't really see myself getting any switch special edition or at this point, I'm just waiting for whatever the next switch is. Yeah, I, I that's true. But like I said, my my Steam Deck is my my, my biggest thing that like put me over the edge, um, mm-hmm. and what I want to do. Um, so yeah, like I, that, I'm sorted with you on that one as well. But like my patterns of behavior say otherwise. I got like five 3ds's, and you know. <laughs> 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 uh, but I think those are more exceptions because like I can't. I don't have more than one PS4. I don't have more than one Wii U. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I just sort of, um, I'm actually playing around with the idea of like buying like an eight gigabyte cheap ass Wii U for like 150 bucks on, on eBay. So that way I can use that as my bitch Wii U to mod it and, he, and how I see, please, <laughs> how I, how I, how I see fit. You uh, know, so. I've, co- I've considered buying a, a second Wii U for a few reasons as well. But like one of the reasons is just because they're likely to go up in price um, yeah. significantly over time. Yeah, uh, and 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 the thing that I'm concerned is that my Wii U is like I, I feel like I don't know if you agree with this, uh, if you feel that way about yours, but mine it it's starting to show some issues. Like the gamepad, like just feels, it almost just feels rusty. It's like the the analog sticks, uh, like feel off. Like they they don't click right. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I just I, I don't have feels, any of that, but I can see that yeah. that could be an issue. Yeah, I just the the gamepad is in particular. It just hasn't aged very well, and I don't. Now you can't just go and buy a gamepad. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually genuinely surprised that my gamepad sticks aren't like worn out. I yeah. played the shit out of my Wii U, but they're in really good condition. Now that I think about it, I also bought a protective case, like a hard shell plastic case for the Wii U, and it's been in the play. Uh, it's never been naked in its entire mm-hmm. life. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think looking at the Wii U naked is actually weird. <laughs> it's actually weird to me to see it that way. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely kind of see that. And also, by the way, like there's like stories going around, like the the Wii U, if it if it stays like unplugged and collecting dust, that it when you try to start it back up, it actually fails. So keeping it like inactive actually can make your Wii U fail. And I'm like, fuck, that's Ooh. where I keep it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I honestly, other than like Nintendo Land and Game of Wario, I have no reason to boot up the Wii U. And honestly, like I haven't had friends over in a while and uh, it sucks. But like I, I, I just remember like Pictionary just being like the biggest successful like game nights and stuff <laughs> like that. I miss it. 
Um, but anyways, I kind of went on tangent there and stuff. But yeah, uh, switch. You, you keep OLED. Play, are you hearing this? You keep playing the sound effect for the news. Ah, no, I'm not hearing that. Okay, you've played it twice over the last few minutes. Oh, there we go. I fixed that. <laughs> I'm, my phone is like going off cue or something. But anyways, uh, all right. Um, we'll go ahead and move on. And actually, Dan, <laughs> I will let you decide whether or not you want to do the next topic. Um, let's uh, let's do it. Let's all right. do it. All right, here we go. Hogwarts Legacy is the biggest seller for February. It is, as according to uh, NPD, as reported by our friends of the show over at GamesIndustry.biz. We've been doing this since 2020, and it's and it's uh, it's Brendan Sinclair, friend of the show. Yeah, I, I remember that name. Um, so here we go. Let's take a look at what the analytics say here. So by the numbers, total gaming spend was up 6% to 4.6 billion. Software spend was up 1%. Hardware spend was up 68%. What the fuck? Why did... That's a lot of money for February to February, but all right, whatever. There's it's, actually... There is a, an extra news story that we could bring up here because I, I think it kind of explains where that hardware spend went. Um and it says here uh, it was our number two on extra news, so I'm kind of jumping the gun a little bit. But more PS5 consoles were sold in the U.S. last month than any other individual PlayStation system has ever achieved in the month of February. What the so, fuck? I guess uh, when when Sony said that the 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 drought is over, what is it called? The something is over. The uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, the shortage, shortage is over. They were they were they meant it. Yeah, so I think that's mostly on PS5, is my point. Holy yeah. shit, that's kind of interesting. That's like basically saying that if more people would have bought PS5s, as they could. That's basically yeah. what it's telling me. But damn. Uh, so yeah, total game spend, $8.9 billion, flat year-over-year. Year. Software content spend, $7.7 billion, down 2%. Man, that, either way, I think it's kind of like healthy. These are like small dips and like small ups and stuff. So it's kind of like essentially reading like it's flat overall. Mm -hmm. So not that bad. But as far as the actual uh, lists goes, number one, Hogwarts Legacy. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Number three, Dead Space. Number four, Madden NFL 23. And number five, FIFA 23. And then the rest of the top ten goes The Last of Us Part 1, Elden Ring, Wild Hearts, Like a Dragon, Ishin, and Octopath Traveler 2. What's really interesting is that 8, 9, and 10 are new entries to the list, so that means they're kind of debuting a little low for my for my liking here. <laughs> uh, like a Dragon yeah. is the new Yakuza game. Yeah, I know, that, uh, I know. Yeah, yeah, we talked about. Yeah. What's really interesting is that Octopath Traveler 2 debuted at number 10, and I remember Octopath Traveler 1 setting the world on fire. Mm -hmm. And it feels like it's this reads to me like people have lost interest in the HD 2D thing. You know, possibly. The thing that's interesting with NBD as well is that, and I almost wish they would include this in these stables, is like how many days in the market did these games actually have, right? Because the, the period we're looking at here is from January 29th through February 25th. So could we have a situation where Octopath just kind of came out late in that period, right? Um, I don't know. Um, and that because of that didn't get enough days of sales. Hmm. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But yes, I am hearing less about it than I did about the first game. Yeah. As far as the rest of the top 20 goes, we have a little bit of the also rands, but also other cool stuff like God of War Ragnarok, Minecraft, Mario Kart 8, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Kirby's Return to Dreamland, Company of Heroes 3, Sonic Frontiers, The Last of Us Part 2, spit take, uh, <laughs> NBA 2K23, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line. So yeah. Um, so 
I think one of the things that I, I take from this list, and I think we might have mentioned this in the previous months as well, is that Sony clearly benefited in from the Last of Us show. Yeah. Um, when it comes to, which might have also driven more PS5 purchases now that we think about it. Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously we have Hogwarts Legacy uh, as the big driver for the month that, you know, there could have been people that were buying PS5s for that as well. Um, but, we since, got two, uh, but we got two Last of Us on top 20. <laughs> yeah, but clearly yeah. people are playing The Last of Us as well. You know, people finished the show, um, either like had played the game before and missed it and wanted to go and play it again, or maybe they only played part one and then now they're playing part two, or maybe they haven't played either of those games and then got a PS5 and went to play them, you know, so. Or a PC. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's uh, an extra news about yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that came out and it just came out this month, so it's not going to be affecting NPD. Um, yep. Yeah. But anyways, so those are all PS5 sales. <clears throat> so, yeah, um, overall, this is, um, you know, seeing your Minecrafts and your Mario Karts of the world, just kind of sort of like, okay, yeah, this is this is uh, cozy. Um, you know, I actually, if, if we would have, um, you know, planned this better, we should have, like, done, like, a January 2020 NPD and compared it and see what may have stayed on there. <laughs> Uh, that way we could have like uh you know see you know where we evolved from the first of the show to like how the show how uh, how the podcast ends and stuff like that a little more sentimental kind of thing but it doesn't matter um (laughs) congrats to hogwarts legacy congrats to the last of us even part two and yeah that's all i gotta say anything else nope all right cool um so as far as the extra news goes we have 13 items on the list plus a roundup all right, here we go. Number one, The Last of Us Part 1's PC version has been heavily criticized on its release day for poor performance and frequent qu- crashes. I actually saw, like, the, the, the textures, and they were, like, looking like a mix of PS1 and PS5 textures, kind of, like, just kind of, like, smudged together. It looks really funny. <laughs> um, number two. More PS5 consoles were sold in the U.S. last month than any other individual PlayStation system has ever achieved in the month of February. Number three, Microsoft is getting ready to launch its Xbox mobile gaming store as soon as the next uh, as soon as next year in anticipation of companies like Apple and Google being forced to open up their mobile app stores. Dope. Number four, Microsoft has, step, has stopped its $1 trial offer for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PC Game Pass, those bastards. Number five, Xbox Xbox's Elite Series 2 controller is now available in two more colors, red and blue, to accompany the previously released black and white versions. Number six, more than 400 Twitch workers were impacted by Amazon's expansive layoffs announced last week, according to a memo from the new Twitch CEO, Dan Clancy. Those bastards. Uh, number seven. The Breath of the Wild's Explorer Guide, Nintendo's official guide for the game, previously only available as part of the collector's edition, is now available as a free PDF on the Zelda website. Those homies. Uh, Number eight, Dolphin, the GameCube and Wii emulator for PC, will now be getting a Steam version, and its its developers have announced. That's dope. Um, Number nine... GameStop posted a surprise profit for the fourth quarter of the last year, its first since early 2021, as lower costs and job cuts padded the video games retailer's bottom line, sending shares nearly 50% higher in extended trading. Number 10, a new, very different style of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games is currently in develop- development, an adaptation of The Last Ronin, the 2020 graphic novel that told a grim, futuristic story about the turtles. Number 11, 
Warner Brothers' Smash-like multiverses is going offline in June, so developers can get back to work on targeting an early 2024 full release. Those bastards. Number 12, there's a new dating sim that helps you file your taxes. Tax Haven or Tax Heaven 3000. Number 13, uh, this is an obituary. Actor Lance Reddick has died of natural causes at the age of 60. He was known for his prominent roles in HBO's The Wire, the John Wick films, and in the gaming world, the Destiny and Horizon franchises. Uh, R.I.P. I remember watching him in, um, uh, what was that show? Damn it, I can't remember the name of the show. Fringe. Yeah, that's the one. That was my favorite role of his. Um, and finally, The Roundup. Kart Racer Disney Speedstorm releases an early access for on April 18th for the Switch, PC, PlayStation, and Xboxes. Honkai Star Rail, the new game for, from Genshin Impact developers, comes out on April 26th for mobile and PC. And Valve announced Counter-Strike 2 coming this summer. So, Dan, any reactions? Yeah, I haven't watched the stuff for this yet, uh, but I do want to. Counter-Strike 2, it's kind of a big deal because they've been making Counter-Strike games for a long time, and they're, this is the first time that they're actually doing a numbered sequel to it, right? Like, we like we had Counter-Strike, and then they had, like, it had its different versions, and, like, 1.6 was one that was really popular when I was... Um, when I was a kid and then we had Counter-Strike Source and then we had Counter-Strike uh, Global Offensive which has been a popular live service game for the last 10 years I think um, and now finally we're getting Counter-Strike 2 so in like in, in like 20 years or so of the franchise existing uh, this is finally when we're getting a, a, a numbered you know a number two sequel um, so I'm really curious to see what this means you know like how big they're going with it um, how different it's going to be from the previous game or games, um, or whether it's just going to be, you know, a, a reskin of uh, Counter-Strike Go. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to learn more about that. I think, I think that game is, has potential to be a, a big deal. Um, as for the other stuff, you know, I'm surprised about the PC version of The Last of Us not doing so well. Um, it seemed like Sony had kind of figured out how to do the good, you know, PC ports. Uh, recently, especially with some of the companies that they acquired. Um, and aside from that, I mean, kind of surprising to see GameStop profit again, but I guess they might be kind of turning things around. Maybe not. Um, maybe it's just a temporary thing uh, and maybe just a factor of them reducing staff or reducing cost or whatever. Um, and finally, uh, RIP to Lance Reddick. Um, I didn't know too much about him. I hadn't really seen him in a lot of stuff, but I didn't know him as the character Silence in Horizon, which is a really great character in that franchise. And so that's what I'm personally going to remember him by. Uh, but yeah, it's always sad when you see these kinds of things and clearly gone too soon. Yeah, I know. Definitely. And he, he looks so young too. Like he doesn't even look 60 or he, he didn't look 60. And uh, yeah. And like it just came out of nowhere because it almost kind of felt like he was... Uh, hitting his stride, so to speak, in my opinion, from from his career standpoint. Um, like, he was becoming more prominent and stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, all right, cool. I don't really have much to comment on the on these um, extra news and stuff like that, just looking at it. Uh, I think I pretty much gave my commentary when I basically said those bastards and those homies and stuff like that at <laughs> the routes. <laughs> um, I guess I'm a little surprised, actually, about the Dolphin emulator, because Dolphin, like, I... I I've had it for my PC for a long time. It's, you know, it's its own separate download. I have the Dolphin emulator on my Steam Deck. I don't know why 
Dolphin as an emulator needs to be on the Steam storefront, so to speak. <laughs> it just kind of confuses me. So that I'm guessing so that Steam can make money off of it somehow. I don't know. It's a free game. It's a free software, so I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. Um, but yeah, also that the GameStop does that the GameStop thing does surprise me. I mean, like I honestly thought GameStop would always be negative every every quarter until yep. they close their stores for permanently. But I also want to give a, a, a remind everyone why I said those bastards to, to about multiverses because apparently the game was in beta the whole time. Most people treated it as like an actual release, like an actual full release, you know, with season one and season two. And people like they even opened up the DLC stores and like you can buy shit within this beta. And uh, I think that's kind of weird. And then also like people were up in arms the fact that people um, couldn't get a refund for their digital purchases because they're closing the game. And uh, yeah. I just Yeah, that's shitty. <laughs> yeah, I just hope that they you know they say that when the game comes back, it'll all your purchases will carry over and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, hopefully that works out. But yeah, uh, otherwise, um, you know, Dan, we're like. We're closing into the three-hour mark, and we got like two more big-ass topics to do. And uh, I am, I'm all for it. Let's let's try to hit that four-hour mark. Let's leave let's leave them wanting more. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna. I don't know if I want to hit the four-hour mark to be honest, but the show will be as long as it needs to be. Yeah. All right. I'll kick it over to you. This is the start of our final Out This Week segment, and I do want to start by apologizing to the listeners of the podcast for every time that I have edited the show, because every time I have edited the show, I don't know if you've seen this, Louis, or heard this, uh, the effects that I use to uh, to edit the show have always led to this song, to like the Wii Shop theme here, being completely ruined. Oh my god. Because <laughs> I... Because I do the truncate silence and stuff like that, and it truncates like the space in between the, the notes of the song, oh. and it just like sounds like crap every time I edit the show, and I always like hear it later, and I'm like ah fuck it, <laughs> like, and I've done that you know like since we started doing this uh, sound effect, and then every so like probably over like 25 plus episodes at this point, so mm. I apologize to everybody that has had to hear that on the uh, on the odd episodes. <laughs> I don't. I mean, um, I use truncate silence too, so I maybe I probably was affected. But I know, I I I, uh, I clean it up by making it louder. Um, I don't know if it affects it or not, but yeah, I. Uh, I feel like I haven't heard it at least not as bad when you edit the show than when I do it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, Dan, we always usually do the the free Epic Games Store for free, but I want to derail us before you mm-hmm. go into the actual free games this week. Sure. How many games? are in both of our Epic Games library. We've been covering it since you literally, like, I think maybe episode one, like the Epic Games store is like, hey, there's free games there. Go claim them. Yep. Um, I revealed my number, and my number has since gone up to you. Like, I revealed my number to you previously, and my number has since gone up. So I want to guess yours, and you can guess mine, and then we'll see where we can. I'm looking for it right now because I didn't prepare so for this. So <laughs> if you open up the Epic Games store, and hopefully you're, hopefully you're signed into your account, you go to library, and you scroll all the way to the bottom, and then you have pages. Your uh, before you go to the pages, just to the left of it, it has your total to your left. Okay, give me a give me a minute here while I log in and everything because okay. I did not, I wasn't signed in yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, do you want to do you want to take a guess as to how many I have? Uh, I mean, probably 
we have 150 episodes. Um, I'm guessing you're going to have over 150, but maybe under 250? Somewhere okay. between 150 and 250 is my guess. Okay, 150 and 250. All right. So I have been claiming games on the Epic Game Store since day one, since they first the program launched. Uh, I got, like, mm-hmm. I think for, like, the first month or two, like, they were giving away games way more, uh, I think they were giving them monthly instead of weekly. So, mm-hmm. like, for the first three or four months, like, I was just, like, I made sure to claim, claim them all. And then they went to weekly, and then they for Christmas, they did daily and all this other stuff. I always try to be on top of it. Like, I try not to miss uh, the free games. And so, as a result, I accumulated 266 free games. Okay. Okay. Right. Two hundred and sixty-six. Now uh, I found. I got my number. All right. Now before I'm gonna guess your number, and I'm gonna guess that you were a lazy bitch, and uh, <laughs> you got one hundred and thirty. Okay. I got way more than that, <laughs> but I did get less. I did get less than you. Okay. I did not always remember to uh, to redeem them. Uh, I am currently at two thirteen. What the fuck? So two hundred and thirteen. I'm, su- I'm surprised. Genuinely surprised because like I I don't know like I just. I don't know. It just seems I think like I you did, were off, but okay, go on. I did do it most of the time. I think the places where I mostly missed games was like when they did the 12 days or Christmas yeah, or whatever. Yeah, me like, too. Where you got it like every... Like those, I didn't get most of them. But then um, week by week, I would, I would say that like probably like three every four weeks I did do it. Um, which, by the way, I haven't done it for this week yet. So I am going to go and redeem this week's free games. Um, Segway. The Silent Age and Tunche Tung- <laughs> or something like that. Uh, they're free from now until April 6th. Uh, so let's take a look at these guys here. The Silent Age experience a post-apocalyptic world like never before in the Silent Age. A thrilling point-and-click adventure game. Aww. Use time travel to unravel the mystery behind humanity's disappearance and save the world from extinction. Start your journey now. Oh, that's a point-and-click adventure. I mean, granted, I gave a... I gave one of uh, a point and click adventure in my in the Ready Press Plays best games of all time, right? With Broken Age. Yes. But I don't know, just in general, <laughs> that's the exception, not the rule. Uh, you know, in this one though, it kind of looks like you play as Freddie Mercury. <laughs> it does look it's like a... him. <laughs> I see it too. <laughs> um, all right, but go on. Uh, for our next game here, Tungshe. It is uh, Tungshe, a being of great power, has gone mad, and now evil creatures are taking over the jungle. Help Rumi and her friends uncover the truth behind Tunsha's actions and restore peace in the Amazon in this charming roguelike action game. Interesting. Uh, this looks pretty cool, actually. I think this looks a little bit more... This looks um, like if uh, if Dora the Explorer was a beat-em-up. <laughs> good, way, good way to put it. Um, <laughs> potentially a little racist. Well, <laughs> that's like. Um, but you see what I'm seeing, though, right? With this video. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, but anyways, um, uh, I wonder. I actually, real quick, it's the Amazon is in Brazil. I wonder if this is developed by a Brazilian company. I kind of want to look this up. Leap Game Studios. Leap Games. Okay. Well, while you do that here, I want to say that uh, when I read the title, I I thought of Lil Wayne. Uh, do you know how? I don't know if you know those about Lil Wayne songs. He he likes to randomly say the word Tunchi. No. <laughs> Like he, I didn't. yeah, so like, and so when I saw the word, I was like, oh, it's Tunchi, like Lil Wayne, and that's uh, that's my first, that was my go-to uh, thought there. Interesting, I had no idea. This company is from uh, Lima, Peru. Oh, so not Brazil, but uh, coincidentally, my last name. 
Um, and then for the final Epic Game Store update next week, the free games will be Blazing Sales, Battle Royale, and Dying Light Enhanced Edition. Dying Light, pretty big deal. Yeah, get it. Um, we're getting now, a, a Battle uh, Royale though. That sucks, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> for the for the final time as well, we have your PlayStation Plus monthly games update. Uh, in April, you're going to get Meet Your Maker, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, and Tales of Iron. All of those available on PS5 and PS4. Damn. Uh, Meet, Meet Your Maker is like a day one release. Damn. Um, oh. We saw, I think we saw that game in like a, like one of, like a state of play or something, but I just can't, I can't quite picture it, um, like what the gameplay looks like right now. I'm glad I didn't uh, buy Sackboy A Big Adventure at launch, but I, uh, yep. I was uh, one of my go-to games. Like, oh yeah, it's like the game. It was a launch title or close to a launch title. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, some other general updates. A new update for Elden Ring is out. It adds ray tracing on the PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X versions of the game. Uh, and we also had some new additions to the NSO, including Kirby's Dream Land 2, uh, the Game Boy game, Burger Time Deluxe, also Game Boy, Side Pocket, which is a Super Nintendo game, and Xevious, which is an NES game. All right. So, Dan, now for I uh, I compiled yeah. the uh, the new releases, and normally we we do the new releases for like the next for like the next two weeks, but since it's the last episode, I decided to cherry pick the game of the pick of the weeks for oh yeah pick of the weeks for like the next for the rest of the calendar year, and I only did games that are like had a hard release date. I also threw in some TBAs in there because why not. Uh, no blurbs because they all deserve blurbs. So if all of them deserve blurbs, then none of them get them. <laughs> That's how I see it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I like that. Uh, I like your concept of equity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I want us to. I think it's an obvious, but we're gonna do a pick of the year. <laughs> go on. Interesting. Go on. Okay. Go okay. On. So we have Minecraft Legends coming to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on April 18th. Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp coming to the Switch on April 21st. Dead Island 2 coming to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, <laughs> what? That's not happening. And PC on April 21st. Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming to PS5, Xbox Series, and PC on April 28th. Redfall coming to Xbox Series and PC May on May 2nd. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom coming to the Switch on May 12th. The Lord of the Rings Gollum coming to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, Xbox One, and PC on May 25th. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League coming to PS5, Xbox Series, and PC on May 26th. I thought that had gotten delayed. No, it's still rumored. Honest. It's still officially on May 26th. It hasn't been officially okay, delayed, cool. which is why it's still there. But also, let's be real, it's not going to hit. <laughs> Street Fighter VI coming to PS5, Xbox Series, PS4, and PC on June 2nd. Final Fantasy XVI coming to the PS5 on June 22nd. Pikmin 4 coming to the Switch on July 21st. Uh, Starfield coming to Xbox Series X and S and PC on September 6th. And with release dates yet to be determined, we got Alan Wake 2, Arc 2, Assassin's Creed Mirage, Avatar from Tears of Pandora, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat 12, Oxenfree 2, and Tekken 8. Yeah, yeah, just Lewis, random ones. The the ones that don't have release dates yet, are they eligible for a game of the? I guess game of the year, pick of the year. Yeah, let's do those. Let's let's throw them in there. Okay, sounds good. So I know what your pick yeah, is. Yeah, I know. We all know. It's obvious. It's Tears of the Kingdom is pick of the year. Like no no way in hell it's not. Nothing else is. But what about Pikmin Four though? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what's kind of funny? I want to I want to comment on some of these things. All right, actually, I had some things to say. Okay. Lord of the Rings Gollum, I could have sworn was just only recently announced. I thought this game was far off. I didn't realize it was around the corner. Um, Final Fantasy 16, we haven't heard about it since the launch of the PS5. I thought it was like a a close. I thought it was supposed to be a uh, a close to launch title because they gave a trailer with full on cutscenes and CGI and shit. Not not CGI. It looked like gameplay. Like the fact of the matter is, like I'm a little surprised that it's coming on June 22nd because I haven't heard any marketing uh, for that game in any kind of like capacity. So, I'm not having heard any marketing. I was thinking to myself that this game isn't anywhere near like coming out. So I don't know. Uh, but it, that that one just surprised me. Final Fantasy 16 on this on this release calendar just surprised me in general, uh, as well as Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, and like I said, mm-hmm. Suicide squad there's is not hitting there's no way but what do you, what do you think well i will tell you that the game that i think i am personally most excited from this list is actually one that doesn't have a release date yet and that's marvel spider-man 2 interesting um i really love the first one i've been meaning to go back to it i think we'll do it for one game at a time soon ish um i still gotta play miles morales um mm-hmm. But I've really grown to respect Insomniac and their work, and they keep going. You know, I, I really want to see how much bigger and better they're going to go with Spider-Man 2, and I think that has the potential to be a big, uh, like the big fall game, mm-hmm. basically. Um, obviously, Starfield, lots a lot is riding on that. Um, I was never the biggest Bethesda Games fan myself, but I'm kind of hoping this will be the one that will get me really into them. You know, I've, I did play Skyrim. For a while, um, I never got too far into it. Leah is a lot more into it than I am. Um, but I'm sure this is a game that we'll be checking out. And um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's as great as the expectations are. And obviously, Tears of the Kingdom looks dope. Um, it's just, like I said, because I never finished Breath of the Wild. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, almost, I almost feel like a bit of a poser uh, when it comes to this game. Like, um, I feel like i got to finish Breath of the Wild first before I even buy it, to be honest. But... I don't think it's necessary. Um, I think if you play like uh, over like fifty hours of Breath of the Wild, you don't even need to like beat the story. You just need to like play around in the world. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean Star Wars Jedi Survivor, you know, is uh, I'm paying a lot of attention to that game right now for a reason. I mean, <laughs> oh, cool. Um, yeah, um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, have you honed in on a pick of the year? Is it Spider Man for you? You said. I'm going to say Spider-Man okay. for me. Yeah. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom for me. Uh, I'm, I was surprised. I was expecting you to say Tears of the Kingdom as well, to tell you the truth. Um, although, I want to, I, I will say this. I think if they play their cards right, I think Avatar Frontiers of Pandora could be like this, like, come out of nowhere surprise. Mm. Like, if it's an actually good game and, like, no one saw it coming, I think that one has, like, the poise to, like, basically be that sneak, a- the sneak attack, you know, this fan favorite. Yeah. If, Especially with Avatar 2 being so good, and then like, the third one's going to come out again, and they, hopefully they can like have that corporate synergy and everything's right with the world yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, hopefully Ubisoft will get their ducks in a row, right, and uh, and be able to deliver because they've been, you know, their track, their recent track record has not been good. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I um, I have Arc 2, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, and Marvel Spider-Man 2. I have. I have uh, doubts that it's going to hit 2023, to tell you the truth. I think everything else pretty pretty much a 2023 lock for me, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, with games like the Gollum game, right? Like, 
I don't know. I haven't paid too much attention to that. It's wild to think that Island 2 is finally coming out, but I think it will come out. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Starfield got delayed again. It would suck. <laughs> you know I what's kind of interesting happening. is I'm surprised when I was looking at the official calendar, why is no one claiming dates in October and November and stuff like that? Like, those are like, you plant your flag, you know what I mean? Like, and I just think yeah. that's really weird that there's no official Call of Duty release on the calendar. Um, you know, like, I feel like... Well, isn't this the year Isn't this the year where we're not going to get a Call of Duty? That would be surprising. Yeah, I think that... Because they announced that they were going to skip a year. I just don't know if it's this one or next year. Interesting. Um, yeah, while, they, while they're, like, kind of working on whatever's next. But, yeah, I don't know. It is, it is a little surprising. I think over the next, you know, between now and non-E3, E3, I think we're going to learn a lot of release dates. Um, and that's going to kind of populate. Oh yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. All right. Cool. Um, I like this. This was a, this is a good segment. This was like the best, best ones. Um, all right, Dan, I'll go ahead and play the sound effect for the last or the essentially the last segment. It is the ready press play list of best games of all time. We are going to make the final list here. We've, We've counted down 42 of the best games of ever to ever, ever, and we're going to make it to 50. So that means that we each are going to bring four to the table. I got four. Dan's got four. And it's going to suck. Like a lot of my own personal favorites don't get to make the list. I actually made a short list. I actually updated my short list to include more games. My short list has mm -hmm. like, I believe at the last time I counted before I stopped adding was 11. So that I can't bring everything I want to the table. <laughs> Even if I took all of Dan's picks, I can't bring everything I want to the table. So it's going to suck. Which is not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Which is going to suck. Um, I will give a, I will, at the end of the segment, I will give a shout out to all of my shortlist nominees that didn't make it. I'm going to call, I'm going to call it right now. I, I'm just going to tell you right now. I already know three of them that are going to make it for sure. Like, there's no way in hell I'm not putting three of them on there. My fourth one will be yet to be determined. However, I'm going to let the conversation and what gets brought on the table, how Dan goes and how whatever, how it plays out to sort of bring in the spirit of what I want it to the final, my final entry to be. You know what I mean? Or I might just ask for okay. Dan's help and say, hey, Dan, which one should I bring? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right. So you... Uh, you're coming in here, uh -huh. um, and you're not like you know you don't have your four games set, uh, but you're, you're a little bit floaty in that sense with your fourth game. Uh -huh. I am floaty all around. Damn! <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now, I have a list of twenty games. Oh, and I'm gonna pick four in real time. <laughs> uh, damn. I actually just uh, I actually just recounted my list as twelve. So yeah, I know three for sure. I already know I already locked on three, and the fourth is TBD. Um, although I kind of have my eyeball on like one or two of them, um, and I hope that I'm thinking I'm looking at my list, and I'm thinking that you're gonna bring one of them for me to tell you the truth. So I'm gonna I'll be happy if it happens. Uh, okay. So it is my turn. So I bring in the next one, and we'll I'm gonna just annotate on the list so we keep our track and we don't like lose track of whose turn or whatever. I'll bring it in, mm -hmm. and I will commentate here. And this is the uh, the thing that I, we we've been sort of like, okay, Dan, I have five out of eight S tiers, right? I'm in the top. Like I kind of dominated the top of the list, right, with my picks. Mm -hmm. And I want my domination to be ever ever more so. I want to bring in a sixth <laughs> game to S tier. Or so yeah, I want to make S tier nine entries 
with my my next entry here. Okay. And I think it's fair. I think it's good. Mm. And it could go either way on this one because here's the thing. We don't have we already have enough Mario here. We have 2D Mario. We have peak 2D Mario with Super Mario World at number 1. And I guess if you want to call it, we have peak 3D Mario with Super Mario Galaxy at number 10. I personally think peak 3D Mario is Mario Mario Odyssey. Uh personally. And that's a that's a fair case. You can make that case. Yeah. I disagree. You can make that case. <laughs> I personally do. So, I was thinking about bringing in another Mario game to the list, and I think Mario is easily going to be top tier. It's always going to be S tier. And I don't want to bring in Mario Odyssey to the list. I want to bring in uh, the other peak 2D Mario, and that is Super Mario Maker for the Wii U. What? Okay. Interesting. I thought you were going to go Super Mario Brothers 3. No. No. Um as that is typically the game that we see in these lists. <laughs> but, uh, okay, make your case. Let me, I, I can write it down for you. Make your case for Super Mario Maker on the Wii U. Okay. Super Mario Maker for the Wii U is uh, basically like a development tool. It's like, it's not really much of a game. I mean, there's Nintendo-made courses in there. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but really, Super Mario Maker 2 is where they actually made Nintendo courses, which is kind of cool, and a campaign and all that kind of stuff. However... This game is, is really good because it's like the fan community got to make their own Mario game. They got to make courses, and there was a situation where the fan community essentially, like, learned a new language. They, they invented language within the uh, level design itself to make it easier for you to beat the, to beat the, um, the levels. So, for instance, uh, they would draw this Z pattern uh, in the background for you. So that way, you know to press the Z button to do a spin jump. So like there was these things like these like U's, like these C's and stuff like that that tells you when to jump. And like it was really like very like intuitive in the sense that like once you sort of got into like the the culture of Mario Maker, you can really get like a lot of like depth and breadth of it and all that kind of stuff. And I think for me, like that was my only first and true foray into like level design. And I think that that's a really cool like thing that you bring to gamers. And I think when it comes to like the internet, I think the internet always wins in the sense that they're always mm -hmm. creative and you, something happens and then Twitter already makes memes of it kind of thing. Like that's kind of how I sort of see it. And whenever these tools are made available to everyone to make uh, Mario levels, then this is just going to have the most creative, most badass things. Somebody made a calculator in, in, in Super Mario Maker. And I also think that the Wii U is the best version of Mario Maker, better than the Switch version. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I would, I'm surprised that you're bringing this one in and not the Switch Mario Maker 2. Oh, okay. So Mario Maker 2 has two things over Mario Maker 1. Number one, the campaign, and also... Um, uh, the second, what was the second one? Oh yeah, the second one was the level, the world, world builder where you can make your like, your game. Those are cool and all. Don't get me wrong; they, they they are very much needed in the Wii U. However, the Wii U has two things that that the Switch doesn't. Number one, amiibo support. You can make way more creative levels with costumes of like different characters in eight bit and stuff like that. And also, number two, they had a lot of like integrations with like special costumes with like re random personalities and stuff like that. That's cool. And then the other thing that I wanted to give is a shout out to is the actual gamepad. Making levels on the gamepad is way better than making levels on the Switch tablet. 
but like they're they're way better. Mm-hmm. And also there's way more creativity because something about like the Switch's version they decided with the UI is to like not do com- combinations. So like you get to like in the Wii U you can like combine a mushroom and a flower together or you can like wiggle like an item and it gives it feathers or stuff like they they got rid of all of that stuff though those like little like aha moments to streamline it in Mario Maker 2 but it loses something. It loses like a a je ne sais quoi uh, in my opinion. So I think for me, like the Wii U version is like peak Mario Maker. Um, and also, I don't even think they deleted any of the, the courses that were made. You can still download the courses even to this day and you can still play it. Um, so yeah, I think that is, for me, I think uh, it's going to be an S tier release for me. And uh, I wouldn't have any other way. I mean, it kind of it kind of <laughs> works with Minecraft being right next to it too, by the way, with it being a creator, a creative thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I don't agree with this game being S tier, like at all. Oh shit. Uh, yeah i I think this game is A tier at most, <laughs> and I think the thing to me is like I think it being a game engine almost more so than a game itself, like. I feel like we're ranking here games that were like expertly designed where like every aspect of it is like really well thought out. <laughs> Sorry, I'm well, just laughing at myself for like arguing with well you. Well crafted and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like well crafted. And like versus this is more of a tool where people are creating their own Mario levels where, you know, and- at the end of the day, 99% of what you find and what you play on it is not going to be that good. Hmm. I guess I can sort of see that. I will say that from a curation standpoint, YouTube definitely won that one for like, cause you can always like, you know, Twitter and YouTube and like clips, they can share like the, the cream for me, like the cream rises to the top. And so I did design some pretty mm-hmm. crappy levels. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I played some of the best levels ever. Um, that's just sort of me though, but I don't know. Like, okay. uh, like I said, that's how I'm sort of like, I'm sort of putting it in that perspective, like the internet always wins. And I think that like, for me, I had a lot of enjoyment with the game and also came with a nice little book with Mario history on it. So, um, there's that too. Yeah, that makes sense. But here's, here's a, here's a problem with that game too, is that you didn't have all the features unlocked out of the box. Yeah, that's true. Like they have this thing where they had to like drip feed you the features over like multiple days and stuff like that. And I know a lot of people had issue, took issue. Yeah, but they that. patched that two weeks um, later when the people bitched. And so they were like, here's a patch. Here's everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I see that. That's true. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe S tier is a little too high for it. Maybe. And uh, you're, you're sort of arguing me down. I'll, 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 I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> I really love the game and I thought it was really cool. And I thought that it would be like a slam dunk to me in my opinion. Um, uh, maybe maybe it's not all right i will i'll see to you but i'll I'll put it at number 12 under mario galaxy how about that okay sure and that you know i'll tell you that there was part of me that was like i'm not even gonna argue about this i'll just let him do his thing but then you know but then i realized how how many more like s tier games you're gonna have in the list and i was like "Mm." that was my only one i brought i literally brought you brought my best haymaker right off the rip yep (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I don't, don't, I don't, now I don't think there's going to be an S tier unless you're bringing something that's S tier cat. No, I don't, I, don't so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think. Damn. Yeah. No. And I, yeah, I veto that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's like, I think this is the first ever veto in the history of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, of doing I mean, this list. Cause all... normally we stay out of each yeah. other. Normally we stay out of each other's way that's when it comes true. to this, but 
That's how about this? Like, okay, I, I just in a parallel universe, had I brought Mario Odyssey to the list, would you have allowed it in S tier? Hmm. No, I think I would veto that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. I, I guess I can't win for I can't win for losing, but that's fine. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I just I just got to say that um, I, I still I still agree with my Mario Maker pick. I think that it was I think it's it has you get what you want out of it, in my opinion. Yeah. That's how I see it, and I think that the the act of making levels is the funnest. Yeah. But make on the Wii U because the 3DS sucked and the Switch sucked. So yeah. that's all I got to say. I mean, I think it deserves yeah. its place on the list uh, for sure. And all right, so here here's the thing: what I'm struggling with here, okay, is that I I think you probably have your uh, your like slam dunks or or these games that you're looking at as like you know these are great additions to the list. These are like overwhelmingly like beloved games or something like that um Mm -hmm. i personally don't really have that like even my list of like 20 games they're like they're mostly i think you know once once i bring them in and we have the discussion i think they're mostly b tier at best damn Um, (laughs) yeah yeah and it's just it's the best i could come it's the best i could come up with though okay uh so it's kind of gotten to the point for me where all of the like all of the like high tier games for me like in my personal preference like they're already all in the list and so it's gotten to the point where it's like really i'm gonna be populating more so the bottom of the list and just kind of figuring out what i want to squeeze in there um which is why i don't think we are gonna have overlaps um but i'm gonna say this um how many how much horror games do we have on this list do we have any horror game in this list because i don't think we do we have inside which i don't know if that counts um, sorta ish yeah it's kind of we have luigi's scary. mansion three <laughs> um no we do not so have let me, horror let me start with that i want to put a horror game in this list and i'm going to put a game in this list that we talked about before we both like until and, dawn and it's yeah it is <laughs> oh shit dawn. i was just i was just okay <laughs> yeah um uh, Arguably Supermassive's best game. The one that put them in the map. They've been trying to, you know, replicate the formula and hit gold again, but they haven't been able to do so. It sounds like Until Dawn, even though I haven't played any of the other games, just based on critical reception and general gamer opinion, um, it seems like Until Dawn continues to be uh, the best one they've ever made. Uh, And this is one of those games where it's just great to play uh, during halloween or you know like once you get to a spooky time of the year get somebody with you on the couch go through the choices together uh with some of the newer games you know you can even they actually have multiplayer modes and stuff but the coolest thing about until dawn for me has always been that it was basically a multiplayer game without being multiplayer because it is a it is as enjoyable of a game to watch as it is to play um gameplay wise it's very simple very straightforward uh, but the way in which the story unfolds with the different characters and the fact that you are given this ability to have uh, various different endings depending on which characters survive and which die during your playthrough, I just think is a really cool, unique um, aspect of this game. Um, I think the delivery is very good. I think the acting... Like, the acting is good at times and is bad at times, but even when it's bad, it's bad in a good way. Um, this is very much making fun of your... 80s horror flick you know your 90s teen like horror movie and stuff and it's it has all the tropes all the horror tropes that you could imagine it's all just like put together in this cobbled mess of a story but somehow it just works um 
And so, yeah, that's what I, I wanted to bring in some horror representation to the list. So um, bring it in until dawn. All right. I like it. Uh, I'm for it. It was not on my short list, but I, I, I could have seen it being on there somewhere, too, as well. Um, where do you want to put it? I'm sort of... Let's see. I mean, it can definitely... It definitely has to be under, like, the Bioshocks and the Uncharted's and... Um, and I think Detroit is kind of like a... I, I almost look and see it, like, close to a Detroit because it's a similar type mm-hmm. of game, right? So, um, I'm thinking either under Detroit or under Pokemon and number 29. Is Until Dawn better than Detroit? I mean... That's a that's a question. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've played both. I would peg on Detroit over it to tell you the truth, Uh, but I also would put I would sandwich it uh, over Pokemon to tell you the truth. Like I wouldn't. Yeah, that's I think I like it there at twenty eight. Okay, sounds good. So that's where uh, I'm putting it. I think it's twenty sixteen. Let's let me come down. Um, Cool, Lewis, your next pick. Yeah, we're doing letters, not numbers. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, we got to be consistent. Um, all right, my next pick is the best ever licensed video game movie game thingy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, it's like it was a movie, and they were like, let's make a licensed video game. And they're like, bet. And then it was the best ever to do that X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> You know, that would be amazing if they can make a good game out of a bad movie. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm they did. That's why I'm like made the joke. It, I am joking, but the game, the X-Men Origins Wolverine game was actually pretty good. <laughs> it was better than Damn, the movie. Damn, I have <laughs> no idea. I have no idea. Damn, I'm surprised. Um but you know, it's in Marvel. It's it's there. Uh my personal pick for that is actually Spider-Man 2 the game. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. First off, it's a good movie. That's like number one. So you already got something good to work with. You know, mm-hmm. they basically loosely followed the plot of the movie, but they also added extras like bad guys and stuff that didn't that weren't in the movie just because to make it a game. But uh, ultimately, it was like an open world. It's an open world game. Um, it's like my first time, like truly flying, like web slinging and stuff like that. I feel like they got web slinging right, and this is like a PS2 game, like a GameCube. OG Xbox game and stuff like that, and uh, I think that for me, uh, the game just sort of like lands and there's there's so much to do, there's so much side quests and missions and stuff to check. You know, it's an open world game. You got boxes to check and like you can do like time trials and all this other stuff. You can upgrade your your combat and your your skill trees and stuff like that. There's um, there's obviously the cutscenes and the main story and you know web slinging was like on your l2 and r2 so you have left arm and right arm and they had a program so that you have you have to have something to cling on to whether it be a tree or a, a building because in previous spider-man games you just basically web sling into the sky and right. it catches and stuff like that so they actually did a good job and i think that for me like the game still holds up um you can still play it um i'm not sure how modern it feels especially with uh, you know spider-man 2018 also being on the list but like even up until then like it just for me like Spider-Man 2 was the gold standard of how, how web slinging should feel like. And, uh, yeah, I think that as a result of it just basically being a licensed video game, uh, you know, game, 
not sucking, <laughs> and you know, it's kind of like the exception and not the rule. I think that in and itself deserves it to be on this list. Okay. In my opinion. I mean, I, I played the shit out of that game as well, and I really like it. I don't know if I would have thought to bring it, and I think maybe it's because um, we already have a Spider-Man game on the list. Um, and yeah. then also because I think my mind has been gravitating more towards more modern games um, more recently uh, for completing the yeah. list. But I think I think it very much... Uh, it, it, I, can, I can totally see it being here. Um, I can't see it being above... 2018 spider-man though personally <laughs> i don't think i was going to campaign for okay, that to okay. tell you the truth i'm not entirely sure if i even wanted in b tier to tell you the truth uh because it feels like it's like a personal favorite and i think that's where c tier kind of sort of goes to is like you know personal like driven stuff yeah. uh i don't think people are going to want to seek it out like i go out of their way to find it especially because it's it is stranded on old hardware it hasn't been re-released mm-hmm. now that i think about it i don't think it's ever been remastered in any form since the ps2 and xbox mm-hmm. Um, so, and I don't think it's any backwards compatibility, like Xbox program or whatever. So it is sort of stranded. And, uh, part of, you know, one of the, the things on the list is that you, we, we set offline, like we want it to make it so that you can go out there and find it. It's accessible. You know, people, if you want to get his recommendation, you can go and find it easily, but no, this is not one of those. So just on that, I mean, like, I think it has to sort of go on C tier plus not to mention like a lot of B tiers is, is, is just. Uh, occupied by like modern <laughs> open world games that are like that are polished mm-hmm. and um you know uh, it's, it's, it was polished for the time I'll, I'll I'll say that so i will put it at fuck <laughs> i will put it over fire emblem three houses but but he never played fire emblem three houses <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly just to says a fuck you to to you and leah um, but yeah, no, I can't. I can't put it over Towerfall or Luigi's Mansion or Mortal Kombat or Mario Kart. Like just looking at the list, like you know, under Metal Gear Solid is fine. Like I just, you know, yeah. I I feel like I could be shortchanging that game to be to be honest. Uh, but for me, I don't want to campaign too hard for that game. I think it's. I think for me, making it on the list in and of itself was fine. It was kind of like it was kind of for me. It needed to be on here. Anywhere's fine kind of how i see it all right fair enough so we are putting it over here on number 37 that's fine um and uh lewis that brings us like that makes it the 45th addition to the list which means that you now get a chance to make a move okay i am i already i thought about it before the, the 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 show and i now am very confident in this move okay all right here we go I don't think that Shovel Knight is a B tier game. I think it's an A tier game. Oh, okay. I think that's fair. All right. I think that's fair. I want to put Shovel Knight, and I just want to like. I don't want to do a hot swap. I just kind of want to like move it up and let everything else fall down. Mm-hmm. I want to put Shovel Knight at number fifteen. And number fifteen. So that would be yeah. above Portal Two and under Ori. Interesting. Yes. I kind of wanted to put it under Celeste, but also Ori is such a good game, so, you know. Okay. I, I think it definitely has... I think it's good company, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'll allow it. Especially when I was... Uh, especially... <laughs> yeah, you'll allow it. Especially with, uh, you know, the Wii U eShop and the 3DS. I was looking at my, my games and stuff on there, and, you know, uh, Shovel Knights were on there, and I'm like, damn, that's such a good game. And so I was like, yeah, I'll give it some more love. <laughs> 
All right, so let's, uh, do you want me to uh, drag it over here? Let's see. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. We're going to have to update the the callers later. Or yeah. Or right now. All right, so it's my turn again for the 46th addition mm. to the list. We only have we only have five more five more ads, and I got what, I got three of them. Three. Ah, you're mm -hmm. gonna be so upset with me. <laughs> you're gonna be so disappointed because I'm gonna. Oh God. I'm just gonna dan the rest of this list. Basically, I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm trying to give prestige, and you're like, I'm gonna dan this up. <laughs> um, Damn. Ah, let me think. This is tough. This is tough. Um, you know, I wanna see. I wanna give. I think. I you know, you could argue we already gave a lot of love to the indies, but I feel like I wanna give more love to the indies in this list. I wanna give more love All to right, the indies, and I wanna give some love to the walking simulators. And oh, and I'm kind of in between two. Like in my head, there's like two games that I. Feel like all right would just... i just gotta say that if we're gonna if we're gonna throw in a walking simulator which is fine by the way i'm not against this but depending on the depending on the game mm -hmm. because i played a couple of them i like them i'm gonna say that i kind of like i did with broken age where like this is like the representative representative of like point and click adventure mm -hmm. i want you to make sure that you pick the representative of walking simulators so i think i'm gonna go with this one because i i, I just i'm not looking for a confrontation here you know <laughs> and I know that this is the one that I mean I was in between two anyway, and I know that this is the one that you played, and I think you could get behind. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna add Gone Home to the list. Yeah, that's a, that's an approval. Yeah. So that's <laughs> although I could have gone with a couple of other. There was like maybe two of them. Maybe Virginia could have been one of them. Like the the um, the other one I wanted to add. I don't think you have played it actually, which is What Remains of Edith Finch. I own it in a lot of places, but I've never played it. But um, yes, I know it that one. Which is very good. Um, I would argue, I would potentially argue it's a better game. Um, but I think Gone Home, because of cultural significance and impact, uh, based on what it was doing, when it was doing it. Um, and first to the table. First to the <laughs> table and all that stuff. Like I think it's really, I, I know there were games before Gone Home, but I think... Um, it's it has kind of helped influence a lot of things that came after it and and sort of popularized the genre on another level mm -hmm. um and and so i think that kind of as a represented a, a representation of its genre i think that's what i'm going to go with here on the list i'm okay. not quite sure because it's such a hard game to compare with other things like where it should go i'm thinking under broken age yeah i'm thinking c tier somewhere um, where did you put Broken Age? I can't even find it right now. Number 45. Oh. Nah. I said nah, under I Broken wouldn't, Age. I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to do that. I think, you know, if he was up to me, I think I would like to put it um, above League of Legends and under Rocket League. I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's a fair placement. I actually like the game, by the way. I just sort of like, I remember liking it at the time. Not gonna get me wrong, but I feel like in my me my memory, like it sort of faded and it sort of like fell off for me. Mm -hmm. Like I don't hold it in that high regard as I used to back when I first played it. Uh, but I know that about the cultural significance and the impact and all that stuff. I know all about it because I was there. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, like I sort of moved on, kind of, sort of. I guess it's it's a weird way of phrasing it, but that's how I sort of see it. No, I understand. Yeah, because it is not a game that I have 
thought of that often. Um, but Aaliyah and I did this thing at some point last year where I wanted to educate her on indie games a little bit because she's mm-hmm. she's played you know some AAA games and she's into you know the Nintendo stuff and some Sony stuff and but she never really played a lot of indie games and so I was like we're gonna do a thing I'm gonna pick a bunch of like short like indie games and then it's like once a week you know we're gonna sit down we're gonna play one of these and then Gone Home was one of the first ones that came to mind I was like oh you gotta play this one and um i kind of feel like i played it again by like watching her play through the whole thing and i think the conclusion is that uh it still holds up you know there's a lot of those games that sometimes don't but um i feel like it still holds up to this day i feel like the the impact that it had at the time doesn't hit us hard now um because basically i i'm sort of trying not to spoil the game because people haven't played it i do think they should go and play it um but basically um it does a twist uh, that game has a twist uh, towards the end or like halfway through it or something uh, that if, if that happened nowadays, it would be like, whatever. Like, it, it would be common. Yeah. Um, but at the time, it was very unexpected. Um, and it wasn't something we're seeing a lot of, so. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. My third and final game that I, I definitively knew that had to be on this list and like beyond a shadow of a doubt you know, we have, in my opinion, I think we have plenty of fighting game representation on this list. You know, we got Street mm-hmm. Fighter 2, we got Smash Ultimate, you know, we got Mortal Kombat 9 and stuff like that. However, we just need more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just need more fight. However, I, I, I want to bring a fighting game franchise that is like a franchise in and of itself, but it's also kind of a, a Street Fighter franchise, but not really, but whatever. I want to bring a peak Marvel versus Capcom, okay? Okay. Now there are two games in this in the franchise that are vying for that spot, and in my opinion, maybe maybe that argument is settled. Who knows? But Marvel versus Capcom two and Marvel versus Capcom three are basically like, um, you know, regarded as the best games in the in the franchise, and I think for different reasons. But for me personally, I've been playing a lot of Marvel versus Capcom two because of my Steam Deck. Right, I've been playing a lot of old games. And for me, when I played it again on my Steam Deck, I fell in love with the game all over again, and I can understand why it was so good. The controls were really easy to uh, learn and master and combos and large cast of almost 60 characters and stuff like that. Like, it's basically got that, like, Smash Ultimate, like, everyone is here thing back in the day, Mm -hmm. right? And I think with Mortal Kombat 9, I brought Mortal Kombat 9 to the list because everyone was here, like, at that time, right? So it's like, I I like large rosters. (laughs) That's kind of like what I'm sort of getting at. And I favor those uh, a lot. They get a lot of points for me. And so Marvel vs. Capcom 2, in my opinion, is peak Marvel vs. Capcom. Okay. And it's got, it's got the only game in the series to have three character roster tag team, like Dragon Ball Fighters. It's three characters. Whereas every other game in the series, whether it be three or one uh, or infinite, it's always two characters at a time tagging in and out. But it's got a three-person... Uh, three uh, tag team thing going on and it has a really good competitive meta because with three uh, three uh, teams three characters in a team it literally had this in the large roster you had a cre- you had a lot of creativity with who you pair with who and that's how it made characters that weren't that good really good when com- when combined with someone else so for me I think that like Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was even back in the even back in the year 2000 when it came out or whatever 2000 or 2002 I can't remember what year when it came out, it just it just nailed it. It's so good. 
they got they got it right they got the sauce and so for me it's debatable whether or not it should be an a tier okay i don't know though i'm, I'm actually not even tired i actually haven't put any thought as to where i want it on the list until just now <laughs> i'll tell you this i just knew i needed to be on the list I, I knew it needed to be on the list but i don't know where i would not feel offended if we slipped it above fortnite yeah yes I agree. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. We will shake on that one. Yes. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 at number 16. Or sorry, it's number 17. Yes. Let's do it. All right. All right. Um, um, so. Yeah, I'll go, go for I, it. I'm sorry. It. I know I know we're on our last episode, and I just realized I feel like uh, I'm losing steam <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I haven't. Uh, but we, we have uh, also been running for like three hours and 43 uh, minutes at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna try. I'm, and I still got, I still got to edit this bitch. Yeah, tonight, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still uh, trying to uh, uh, power through here. <laughs> I just, uh, I just found myself um, losing Some a little bit of the, the energy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, dude, I don't. I, you know, it's kind of weird. It's like I got like the second wing going on. I got like I'm feeling like kind of like ecstatic right now talking about these. Yeah. No, I mean I, I yeah. should feel that way. <laughs> you, you mentioned brain fart. I think it's because. I think I think it's because you don't your your uh, your picks. I think it's because you're like not feeling them. Well, I'm I'm feeling my picks. You know? Right, I think that's right. What it is. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Maybe I just I just need to fake it. <laughs> fake it to make it. Kind of thing. I was gonna say that yeah. you just you just joked really. Uh, you just mentioned oh, you you have a brain fart or something, and that just reminded me. I don't know if I ever told the story in the podcast. So I will right now, which is that um, I've been in a position. Well, I've been interviewed for jobs many times. Uh, but I've been also in a position where I've interviewed people for jobs um, a few times as well. And uh, the people have, you know, all sorts of interview experiences. Like I, I think that something people don't know is that usually the interviewer actually wants you to succeed. Um, oh, so like okay. the interviewer should always want you to succeed because they want that role to be filled so that they don't need to interview people anymore. So, um, when interviewing people, I was always like, you know, trying to make sure they were comfortable, that they felt good, that they weren't like threatened by the situation. Cause it can be a threatening situation. Um, and like, if I'm asking a question, they're kind of struggling to respond. I sort of try to help them find the answer. And I, I know now that a lot of people do interview that way, uh, whether it looks, uh, that way or not when you're the one interviewing. Um, on the other side um, not everybody mm. but you know that's generally the idea that you should have and uh, but I had this one experience that I had once while interviewing somebody where every time I asked a question this guy would think for a few seconds it'd be like you could see like the loading bar like on his brain <laughs> and then and then he would look at me and say brain fart and laugh and what the hell he just couldn't think of what to say to like half the questions I was asking and he thought he somehow thought it was funny and acceptable I guess or uh, appropriate uh to just keep repeating brain fart every time he couldn't answer a question um and that was to this day my worst <laughs> like interview experience as like somebody that's interviewing somebody else um I'll, oh I'll let you know that guy did not get the job <laughs> um, of course yeah I wouldn't expect that but anyway so on to my next pick. On to my next pick, I guess. 
Uh, let's see what we're looking at over here. I've been thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, there's there's a pick that I want you to do for me so that way it can be off my short list. You're not hitting it. It's a Dan-ass game. I don't know how you're not. I don't know how you're fucking it up. Okay, I, I think I could. There's a chance I could be not thinking about it. Or I could be playing some 3D chess here, but um, <laughs> potentially. Now, let me, let me ask you something, Louis. Is this... What you're wanting me to pick is—is is it a game that we played together? No. Okay. But it's a game that we both, you and I, have both played. I'll let you guess the console. <laughs> okay. So is this a game? Is this a game on the Switch? No. Is this a game on the PlayStation well, Four? Well, okay. Hold on. Let me okay. let, let me let, uh, the when you said the Switch, I'm gonna say no. However, a version of this game is on the Switch, and you can uh, you can say that it is. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, where is this going? <laughs> um, if 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 I swear, like I, I don't know where I'm, I don't know what my fourth and final pick is because it's still in the air, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm like I'm homing I'm ho homing in on that game plus another game, and it's a coin flip right now. Um, but if I don't end up bringing it to my list at the end of the show, I'm gonna I'll shout it out and I'll tell you what it was. Okay, okay. So I I, I have a feeling I'm not gonna know what this game is. It could be a game that I wish. I would bring to the list, but that I just didn't think of for whatever reason when I was making my list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and 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 it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Um, the thing I'm thinking of doing, though, is... Um, and I, I feel like it's being... This being the Ready Press Play list. This being mm -hmm. the last Ready Press Play episode. I feel like I want to do this. Um... I've questioned it a few times. I have reasons to question. This would definitely be a C-tier game, but okay. I feel like I got to do it, and I want to put a way out in the list. Interesting. Yeah, which is what I okay. actually thought you were hinting at initially. No. But then once I asked no, the question. not at all. It was not on my short list either, by the way. Uh, and not because I didn't think it was good, by the way. I, I mean, I like the game plenty. It's just that I think we have enough Joseph Ferris uh, <laughs> representation on the list. We got. We only we got have, It Takes uh, Two, actually. It, really? I thought we had um, uh, Brothers. No, we don't. I never. We was on our other list. Brothers was uh, in my short list as well. And I, I never added Brothers here, even though it would be a very Dan ass thing to do to add Brothers here <laughs> to the list as well. Um, no, I'm going to fucking add a way out. I think that it probably belongs under It Takes Two somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. which is at 44 so that's yeah so we're looking at the end of the, of the list here but I mean we had let's just talk about the game for a second we had so much fun playing it I think mm -hmm. it's um, you know our experience playing the game is one of the strongest memories that I um, or you know more, more posi most positive memories that I'll take from the experience of doing this podcast with you mm -hmm. um, and please tell me that I played a way, a way out with you exclusively yes you did <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, thank you. Yes, you did. Um, yeah, we were we were exclusive at that time. Um, <laughs> it wasn't until later that uh, that you know I decided to open the you relationship. Wanted to whore around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to Joseph Ferris games specifically, of course. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> um, I actually, you know, funny enough, I I think that I still probably like um, if I had to say which is the best uh, Joseph Ferris game, I I still think. Uh, it probably is either it takes two or maybe even brothers, but what? I, I thought they kept on one up. In my opinion, they got better over yeah, each other. I, in my opinion, I, I think I think brothers might be 
um, because it's so simple, it's like very polished, you know what I mean? Like, but well, like with a way out, it's, it's super janky, right? Like it's a super yeah. janky game, but I think that kind of contributes to the fun. So what I was going to get to is that I think a way out might be the most fun one. Um, and especially the ending. I think the ending of a way out is better than the ending to any of the other games. So, um, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that. The way out ending is better than it takes two's ending. So, I'll so Louis, where do we put it here? Like. 45, 46, 47, 48. What are you thinking? 47. I'll put it over Broken Age. Uh, I think uh, the the Mario funny fun party games are they gotta have some love. <laughs> <laughs> um, although I will say this, I'm not gonna sit, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like 40 chess you or anything like that. But I think that you should consider moving uh, it takes two up the list, not mm. into B tier, but at least up in C tier. Uh, actually, I'm not entirely sure about that because I'm looking at the rest of C tier and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Just I'm just saying that it, uh, number 44 for It Takes Two feels a little low, especially for a game of the year winner. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'll think about that, uh, but probably not do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God damn it. Okay. This is my final pick and it sucks. Um... Yeah, I can't. I don't want to influence you. I don't want to tell you what my pick is. I am going to not pick it and trust that you'll land on it. Oh my god! <laughs> Especially because it's a Dan ass game. Like, there's it's pretty obvious. There it is so. Ob- I don't know what it is, Louis. <laughs> it's like obvious game is obvious. Um, I want to give a shout out. I want to give indie love. So it's going to be a C tier. Maybe under underappreciating it even for C tier to tell you the truth, but. Top fifty game of best of all, top fifty best of game of all time. I think it deserves that crown. Uh, in my opinion, um, I don't see many other games using the gimmick or design that this game did since, which is really weird. I think that that's a mechanic that people should ape personally. Um, kind of like what Portal happened. Like you know, like nobody wants to like ape it because it's Portal. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of like I guess it's kind of like that. Like you don't want to just blatantly copy you know so i think it's yeah, special otherwise even it looks like you're copying yeah 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 so i i don't know like i guess that's what makes this game special and it's a game that people should seek out and it is and, and i think it stands the test of time it was they made a whole documentary about it about the of that they did like indie game the movie where they followed three developers and that was one of mm. them and that's not none other than fez okay yeah, did you get? Does that when you found? Uh, when did you figure it out? I did not. <laughs> and actually. I said indie game the. I oh you know you I uh, well once you said indie game the movie then yes but um because they only cover three games there and Super Meat Boy is already on the list and we're not I don't I don't think we've ever really talked about Braid in the podcast so yeah that's true um I haven't played it either so that's why I I own it but I haven't played it so I can't talk about braid but before i actually thought you were going into a direction where you might have said cuphead um but then again i don't know if you've ever actually played that so i haven't really played it yeah even though i own it i haven't really played it uh but yeah no fez i have played and what i do like about that is the ability to shift uh like perspectives and it creates the platform so like because it's a 2d game but it's also 3d so like when you rotate the environment it looks like a platform is there when it wasn't there in a 3d space but because it's in 2d like it obviously setting that platform it's like it's like kind of like looney tunes physics i guess in that in that in that regard mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but I think that more games should play around with that. I think that I think that mechanic could be like. I mean, first off, they really did good job of like exploiting that mechanic in that game. They really did a lot of creativity. But I feel like I feel like when there's like there needs to be like a Portal Two equivalent for Fez. And I don't think there has been, um, where they just sort of one up it. But I love the game. Uh, I can't remember the soundtrack, but I think the soundtrack was actually dope too. And something about that game's art style like feels like it was really polished. It's I guess it was that HD 2D of that era <laughs> before HD 2D was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just remember the sound effects. I think that's why I like the soundtrack. It's just like the, just the sound design itself was cool. Um, so yeah, Fez is a game that's worth checking out. I think it's, I know it's on PS4 and Vita, I want to say, Wii U maybe. I can't remember all the platforms, but it's it's out there and people should play it. Um, now, as far as where it would be on the list, I think I think I want to put it over Gone Home, but under, but under Rocket League. Okay, I'm okay with that. I, yeah. I've played it sort of like surface level. Um, I never got too far into it. I don't know why. Um, I don't, dislike the game i liked it but i just it's one of those things where because i didn't get too deeply into it then i don't have that strong of an opinion on it so i'm just gonna i'm just kind of gonna let you do your thing <laughs> all right and it comes uh, time for the final pick <laughs> yep dan you own the last game that gets to make the top i know 50. and it's like this weird like pressure right like <laughs> i'm not sure i like that um all right so Here's the thing. I got I still got myself a long list here. This is a mix of all sorts of games, like a lot of recent stuff that I played recently that I really enjoyed that I thought about bringing in, but it doesn't seem quite right at this point. Um some other indie darlings that I love um and you know, I feel like you playing like this like weird like 4D chess with me has gotten me confused. <laughs> And has yeah, made me go right. like, what is it? What is the big game that I am missing that I did not think of? And I was like thinking about a game that I wanted to bring in that was in my short list, but then thinking about it made me realize, um, made me realize that there is a major franchise that we have missing on the list right now. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me look through it again so that I can make sure that uh, that this is missing. Yeah, we don't have this franchise anywhere. So okay, so there's. There's a huge franchise. I would argue it's like a big franchise that we don't have represented uh-huh. in the list in any way. And okay. I think that my relationship with this franchise is one in which I I really like these games, but I don't think I've like played them enough. Uh, and maybe that's why they didn't come up when um, okay. when I was making my shortlist. So I'm actually about to pull something that is not even in my shortlist. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, this is like wild card out of nowhere. And here's the thing, Louis. Damn. Wild card pick. Wild okay. card pick. We need Metroid in the list, right? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a Metroid game in the list. And so. Yeah. There was only one Metroid game I've beaten. <laughs> that's that's, that's the problem the too. Like for me, it yeah. was Metroid. Uh, Samus Returns was actually the only one I've beaten. Yeah. Um, but I've played the prime trilogy uh which was released all in one disc mm-hmm. at one point on the wii um and i didn't finish the games but i did really love what i played so the question is Louis, does it make sense to bring in metroid prime trilogy to the list wow all three games in one now hell no you gotta pick one <laughs> i don't think we've ever actually put a collection 
on uh, any of these picks. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Prime, that being said. Prime one. Fuck it. It's the best. Yeah. Actually, most people would agree with you on that one. Um, although I did play I did play a little bit of all the three of them, by the way. Um, like enough to get a feel. From, enough to know that I liked it, mm-hmm. by the way. But I will say this. Prime Three's control was so good, like That's... Uh, the Wii Remote, and yeah, that control. Like even though the game wasn't as good as Prime One, like the controls were so good. Uh, that's all I gotta say about that one. I have to Go say on. one more thing though. Prime One remastered on the Switch looks sexy. Yeah. Like Digital Foundry did a video on that one. Damn. I yeah. it it looks almost like too good to be on the Switch. You know. <laughs> And I think we got to consider, too, kind of the significance of Metroid Prime 1 when it came out. Um, it was basically the best-looking game of its time at that point. Um, and it was kind of this interesting... There's a whole discussion about whether it's an adventure game or a shooter or whatever. Like, this interesting blend within uh, from, like, different genres. And it was a reinvention of the franchise, right? So, here's the thing. Yeah. I could bring Super Metroid to the list instead. Um, no. but I kind of want to do Prime. Metroid Prime instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think I can make a case for A tier. Yeah. I was thinking A tier. I was eyeballing A tier right off rip. Um, so let me see, where does this belong? What about, um, oh, this stuff. Um, I know where I, I think I know where I would put it, but go on. I think you would, you're probably thinking over portal Two, right? No, I'm thinking over Ori. Over Ori. Okay. Over Ori under Celeste. It's kind of interesting because Ori is sort of a Metroidvania as well. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with this placement. So Metroid Prime is the last game to be added to um, to the Ready Press Play list of best games of all time. But now we're gonna do our moves. Or actually, first we can we can give a you know honorable mentions, right? And then we can yeah. do our moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you have a move. You have to make you have to make one move, and then we we make collective That's right. adjustments together. That's right. Okay, cool. So the move I want to make is not actually what you suggested. Sorry. Um, no, no, it's all right. I wasn't really like being serious about it. I was thinking like since we brought up it takes two, and then we were I was just sort of realizing how low it was. Mm-hmm. You know. That's all. The move I want to make is this. And I've been thinking about this ever since we recorded our God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast, which we released um, on this feed. Okay. Um, I think I like Ghost of Tsushima a lot. Whoa. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. You want to bump it into A tier? I, I think I want to bump Ghost of Tsushima into A tier. And I think I want to bump it high into A tier. Oh, shit. And I think... Are you going to bump it over your own precious Super Mario Galaxy and take it out of the top 10? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can put... I want to put Ghost of Tsushima right here. In okay. between Super Mario Maker, but above God of War 2018. I can I can live with that. <laughs> and it's because the more I've thought about it, the more I realized how Ghost sort of like perfected the like the formula it like perfected the sony formula and i think it does it better than any other game um that they made where you just got like the the story is excellent the further you go into the story the better it gets you know the side quests are all really there's a lot of really good side quests too 
the open world stuff that you can do it is enjoyable like the navigating the environment like the ui the way that they did like this like very minimalistic ui right like just everything about it is just so good so perfect and it really stayed with me over time and and when we finished it i was like oh i i think this game was was great but i sort of saw you gave it, it like a nine i think yeah but yeah. i saw but i saw it in line with a lot of the other sony games and then i think the distance from it and the more i think about it the more i realize that i actually think it might be the one that did the more it. it stayed with you yeah the more it stayed with you. yeah um and it really did resonate with me especially the ending like the emotional ending and uh, yeah so i i just think i think it's the 12th best game of all time so <laughs> you're not as big a you're not as good a fan of me though as me because you didn't platinum the game um didn't i though didn't i oh you did i don't i Fuck. think i might have i um I, uh, I want i almost want to go back now. I, I i sort of lose track of i know stuff. for a fact i know for a fact you didn't platinum it at the time of recording of our ogat but you if you played it after i don't know if you did i think i might have but i know i definitely know i i uh i definitely 100 percented it by the way um well fair enough fair enough yeah but okay. uh yeah that's my move lewis so now what now <laughs> Yeah, that's that's fine. Okay, so we got to make final adjustments and replacements. We can bring in other games like like we talked about um, God of War 2018 being swapped out, hot swapped for God of War Ragnarok, Ori and the Will of the Wisps being swapped, hot swapped for Ori and the Blind Forest. You know that kind of stuff. We can do those kind of sw- swaps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can just basically we could debate overall, like in terms of if we want to make any any uh, arguments or pushes for something else. I think we can just. I think it's. I think I kind of sort of see it as a free for all at this point. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. So, I don't think you have much fighting left in you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I think. Oh should... wait, wait. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I think you were about to say it too. I think we should give our shout outs to what we didn't yes. make the list. Yes. Um. Okay, Dan. Dan. Okay. You. You. You disappoint me. I wanted you to bring Wii Sports. Oh. Okay. Interesting. No, that wasn't even in my list. At any point, you fucker, you yeah. bitch. Did I don't you know. consider it at least? Didn't think about it. Just didn't think about it at all. Even when you were like oh doing God. the whole like, I was like, mm, mm. like I was actually like, I was thinking he probably is expecting me to bring a Nintendo game here. Like I got that much, but like I was like, is it, is it Metroid? Is it Donkey Kong? <laughs> like that's kind of where my mind was at. I didn't think it was uh, Wii Sports. Um, I felt like that one kind of was like it sold a shit ton of Wii's. You yes, know? like it was. It's Nintendo Switch Sports is basically Wii Sports, you know. So when I certainly answered the question, I was like, well, yes, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that, like, for me, I think that was, like, an obvious... I feel like that should be a top 50 game, probably. Probably. I ran out of I ran out of slots, so, you know. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't think of it for some reason. I think when we're doing the decade lists, like, and I was, like, honing in on, like, a decade, then a game like that came up. But when I was doing this list, for whatever reason, it didn't. Um, I've just, the truth is I did this, I did my list very organically, like for the last few months, every time I think of a game, I've just been coming in and adding it to this notes file. So hmm. yeah. Uh, Fair enough. so let me, let me just tell you my honorable mention. So the games that I okay. could have potentially brought in, but didn't, um, okay. Donkey Kong, Tropical Freeze, um, probably, probably could have made a case for it being here somewhere, but I figured we had enough platformers, um, Fire Emblem Awakening, I do love it, but we already have three houses. Didn't want to take two slots for Fire Emblem. Uh, okay. Brothers of Tale of Two Sons ultimately got the short end of the stick versus A Way Out. Um, 
Civilization five or four or six or two, whatever, like all the ones that I played, wanted to have a representation on the list, but just didn't go for it. Um, uh, the Catherine game that I've talked about before, I think is a really special game. Uh, the Batman Arkham series, the Tomb Raider series, uh, the Stanley Parable. I would have definitely wanted to bring this in uh, if we if we went down to like sixty or something. I would have probably brought that one in. Um, more recent game uh, indie game that I played and really love, Spirit Fair. Um, I definitely think is a special game. I think it's one of the best indies we've gotten in the last few years. Uh, Assassin's Creed Four Black Flag is the best Assassin's Creed to ever. Assassin's Creed, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> that Stranding okay. I think is a really cool and really special game, but I never beat it, so I didn't think I could bring it in good faith. Um, what Remains of Edith Finch, um, you know, I picked Gone Home, Limbo, uh, could have probably been long, but we have Inside, so I skipped on that. Uh, Inscription is a very cool game, but I did not get as much time with it as I probably should have uh, to bring it to the list. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I was very seriously considering. This game is fucking dope, um, and it just didn't get played enough. Um, the Wolf Among Us, I think, is the best Telltale game. Um, that or The Walking Dead Season 1, but, um, and then Forza Horizon 4, the best racing game to ever racing game. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Different, totally different direction than, than your list, I'm sure. So. Yeah, yeah. I feel like my, I think, well, I'm not gonna say you're like, mine was more well thought out. I'm not, that's a little harsh. <laughs> but saying it. But, but I definitely, tr- uh, like a lot of your lists were like represented somewhere else. You know, yeah. like, and I tried not to do that. Right. Like I went out of my way to not have also rans in in so in a matter of speaking. Although you know, I did do a couple of fighting games. So my list, um, I wanted South Park: The Stick of Truth to could potentially be on there, mm-hmm. um, but I in, I couldn't in good conscience over the ones that I did pick. So it would have top sixty for sure. Um, I wanted to uh, bring a Tekken Tag tournament for the PS2 because I think that's peak Tekken in my opinion. Most fans think Tekken 5 was peak Tekken, but not me. Um, Overcooked and um, Dragon Ball Fighters. I think that's probably peak Arc System Works in my opinion. Street Fighter 4 I think actually might be peak Street Fighter in my opinion. Like I think over Street Fighter 2, but uh, I felt stronger that Street Fighter 2 had more social cachet. Um, and then Tomb Raider 2013. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that should have probably made the cut, but no. But, and then finally, Journey. Journey is already on the list. <laughs> oh, shit. Is it? Fuck, it is. God damn it. I didn't even know it was. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's all right. That <laughs> uh, yeah, luckily I didn't bring it in there, but yeah, you're right. I, that would have been embarrassing. Um, which kind of makes sense because it is already on the list, so it needed to be. Um, but yeah, so overall, like, I think, I think there was just three fighting games, like Tekken, Dragon Ball, and Street Fighter. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I've kind of like, with the fighting games that we do have, like, with Street Fighter 2 and Marvel vs. Capcom, I think that you really sort of hit, like, you know, the fighting game, like, peak fighting games, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we didn't really need them. Um, but yeah, like, my only true regret was not having Wii Sports on there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I haven't really thought about Wii Sports in a while, like at all. So you know what's kind of funny is my friend. Uh, uh, you know, my friend is really obsessed with Nintendo uh, or Nintendo Switch Sports. He plays it a lot. He has a lot of hours clocked into it. Mm-hmm. Not entirely sure why, but he <laughs> does. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anyways, um, 
Dan, I don't know if I have any fight left in me to to, to make anything. <laughs> I was gonna uh, say. Do you want to? Let's do. Do you want to do the hot swaps? Let's do the swaps, right? So we're switching God of War to be uh, God of War Ragnarok. So I'm changing that in there, um, which is a 2022 game, and uh, and then we're we're changing Ori and the Blind Forest to Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which I yet have to, I still have to play. Uh, but Lewis has played, and I trust. His judgment that it's better than the first game, I guess. Um, yeah, I would just say real quickly that like we any critiques that you had for Blind of the uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, like we had like some critiques, they uh, implemented those critiques and made it a better game in the sequel. So mm-hmm. um, I also think that the sequel. Okay, I think that the uh, there's a more of an emotional gut punch in the first game, like. You know, everyone knows the beginning of Ori and the Blind Forest. It, it's like this emotional gut punch. I think that they tried a little bit too hard to replicate it in, in the sequel, but the ending has the gut punch. Mm. So that's how I see it. Not the beginning, the ending. Fair so enough. I think that's, that kind of makes up for it. Um, I think that's probably for the better, actually. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because in the beginning of the game, I feel like I, I just don't think it hits as hard, you know, than... Mm. Uh, if you've like built up yeah but everybody sees the beginning of the game if you ever like look at like stats and stuff like what is it like trophy stats like 90 percent of players hit the first chapter but like only 10 percent of players beat the game or something like that so it's like you sort of hit them right and you know yeah fair enough fair enough um but uh but overall like just those two hot swaps is that all you really all you really want to do uh i'm gonna say uh one more thing that i or one there's one more thing that i'm thinking about Okay, uh, I'm gonna suggest to you, but you have you can override it. But go, go for it. No, I'll, I, w- I want to hear you first, actually. Okay, I can't since you brought it to the list. I can't make it happen, but I want you to swap out Galaxy for Odyssey. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're like denied. <laughs> um. Okay. Fair enough. Fine. Fine. I'll have to hold that one. Um. Let me. So there is a there's a few things that I'm thinking about. So. What I actually was thinking is like, you know how nice it is that, you know, A tier ends at 20. Mm-hmm. There's part of me that kind of would like to do uh, this. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, ultimate's in there. Fine. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take that W. <laughs> <laughs> and with that change, we're now equal on A tier. Oh, wait. It's five to five. Just saying. But, uh, or S tier. Can, we, can I mean. we do? Uh-huh. All right. Can we do this? Let's do this. Let's do this. I mean, I'm going to, uh, let's, let's, let's promote. 32 to 35 to B tier. Okay. What do you think? Okay. Okay. I'm okay with that. Oh, I messed up. Yeah. So I don't know what you did. There we okay. go. There we go. There. I fixed it. Now. Yeah. I think B tier and C tier now have 15 apiece. And there's there's one game in this list that I'm willing to drop because I do think given that we... I would have been okay with both of these games being on the list because um, if it was like a top 100... Uh, but with it being a top 50, it does feel like a wasted slot that we could have another game take. So um, I'm going to suggest, in order to bring you beloved, your beloved Wii Sports, that we have Wii Sports go in and we take out Portal. Yes! I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> We're going to yeet Portal off the list, which is fine because Portal 2 is on there. But yeah, I think that that's a good pick. I... Um... Do you where where do you want Wii Sports? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so do we i guess i guess b tier makes sense for wii sports right but maybe we put it at the bottom okay and so we put it right above nintendo i think that's fair right above nintendo Let's land and number 35 yeah 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 that's a good one i like it all right and that's the list do you do you want me to just read the full list now to see how we feel about it I think I'll. I think I have a more of enthusiastic read for it. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think okay. I'll take it. Uh, uh, you're 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 running out of steam, but um, I'm just making notes here that what we did for our final swaps, we took out God of War and Ori, and then we uh, yeeted, <laughs> yeeted uh, Portal One for Wii Sports. I think that's a fair trade. <laughs> fair enough. And I'm just I'm just I'm genuinely surprised that you didn't think about Wii Sports. But go. But what were you saying? Um, and I think we should do this. I think once a year we should revisit the list and bring in. Okay. We can grow it. Like we can maybe each bring five once a year, and then in five years uh-huh. we can have a top hundred. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. For the final time, we have now ready press plays top 50 best games of all time the list is complete the list is magnificent and we decided to go out of our way to 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 redraw the lines for symmetry so it's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) all right in s tier is our top 10 get list of best games ever to ever ever is super mario world the last of us ocarina of time tetris street fighter 2 breath of the wild grand theft auto 5 minecraft smash ultimate and mario galaxy i'm a little disappointed about mario galaxy (laughs) (laughs) i would have accepted if it was mario odyssey i really would have but dan won that one he he played the long game he won (laughs) (laughs) all right and top 20 our a tier Super Mario Maker. I think that one, I think I probably might have oversold it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Ghost. <laughs> so we both, I think we both won. I, 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 yes, whatever. Anyways. Fair enough. <laughs> Super Mario Maker, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War Ragnarok, Celeste, Metroid Prime, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Shovel Knight, Portal 2, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and Fortnite. Okay, uh, you know what? I think it's it a little mo- bit much. I think it might have oversold Marvel vs. Capcom 2 as well, by the way. <laughs> keep... mm, I actually was kind of hyped reading Marvel vs. Capcom 2, to actually tell you the truth, when I read it. But, you know, to each their own. I, I think it's there. I think it's deserved. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm a little, I think I think I deflated when I read a Fortnite <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> I, I was hyped for Marvel vs. Capcom, and I deflated for Fortnite. So I think that tells us something. Fair enough. Uh, in B tier, 21 through 35, we got Inside, Marvel's, uh, Marvel's, <laughs> I'm about to say Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel Spider-Man, Shadow of the Colossus, Horizon Zero Dawn, Journey, Uncharted 2, Bioshock, Detroit Become Human, Until Dawn, Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver, Towerfall Ascension, Luigi's Mansion 3, Mortal Kombat 2011, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Wii Sports. Okay, I like it. Yeah, that, that, this is like the first one. I was like, okay, everything was perfect. All right, here we go. 
C tier, 36 through 50. We got Nintendo Land, Rayman Legends, Metal Gear Solid, Spider-Man 2 The Game, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Rocket League, Fez, Gone Home, League of Legends, Super Meat Boy, It Takes Two, Mario Power Tennis, Mario Party 6, A Way Out, and Broken Age. Dan, take it all in. Breathe it all in, right? That's the list. Now that the list is complete, how? What are your? What's your? What's your takeaway? I'm happy with it. I uh, I think here's the thing: the beginning, you know, the first uh, 25 or even like the first 35 ish entries to the list were easy because we were getting the, you know, for the most part, we're getting the games that we both loved, the games that are you know overwhelmingly beloved that everybody is is into or that is very hard to find somebody that isn't uh and eventually you hit that point where it's like we kind of gone through most of the games that we both played and then it's like games that i played games that you played and it's hard for me to come in here and sell you on having civilization on the list when you've never come close <laughs> to <laughs> touching any of those games right and and i think that's where it got kind of a little more difficult to and, and that's kind of how we end up with things on the list that, you know, maybe you disagree with or I disagree with. But given that you can never, you know, have a list that fully satisfies everybody, I think I am sufficiently satisfied with the list. Um, and I'm assuming you're in a similar position. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think like, I think the only sore spot for me was Galaxy, but that's fine. It's whatever. At least, I mean, at the very least, you could have at least picked Galaxy 2 you know like mm, not as good it would have been less not as good as the first one <laughs> <Just> saying <laughs> uh but that being said like other than that one like i don't know like i'm i, I guess I'm, I'm a little like down on fortnite as of late by the time when i put it on there i was kind of up on it like yeah. fortnite stocks down are down for me personally i don't know i like it I don't, it just goes to show but as far as like you know the cultural zeitgeist in the moment like fortnite yep. is such a big deal they kind of kind of own that and it will you can never really take that away but yeah fortnite stocks are down and you know if this list (laughs) i'm just gonna say if this list was purely mine the last of us part two would be in this list oh damn i uh, mm, mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) but i didn't want to i didn't want to have that argument we've had it enough (laughs) yeah that's true that's fine that's fine all right but yeah um either way i think I think we both walked away pretty happy. Yeah. yeah especially with uh, with with you accommodating my Wii Sports. <laughs> yeah. Look, so look, can't, all, can't, look at really... all I do for you, Louis. Be <laughs> I appreciative. Really, I can't really argue. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Whoa. Shit. We're at almost four and a half. All right. You know what? Let's go ahead and play the last bit of sound effects. <laughs> Before we take off, we're going to leave you with recommendations. And I wanted to recommend, you know, two things, right? Number one, what's obvious, the flavor of the week. Next weekend in theaters, the Super Mario Brothers movies comes out. Everyone's going to watch it. Everyone's going to love it. You know, cool. Um, I want to recommend something to, like, import, impart onto you guys before we leave, like, you know, for, for presumably forever. I want to impart onto the audience one of my favorite movies of all time it has nothing nothing to do with video games nothing very nerdy nothing very kind of it's a serious prestige drama you know mm-hmm. it's it's a very good movie it was made in the 1980s i own it on blu-ray right it was it's called empire of the sun and it stars christian bale when he was a child actor oh interesting and it was directed by steven spielberg so you know it's gonna it's got some quality 
We know it's going to hit you in the feels. It is going to hit you in the feels. It's such a good movie. Uh, I don't really talk about this movie, but I have a lot of like special memories with the movie. Um, I I, I can do a whole sharing the love on it. I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, I'll just say that it's a, it's a drama. It's got um, John Malkovich is the, as the other like lead actor. Um, It's a, it's a world war two movie and it's, it's kind of like, it really draws you in. It makes you pay attention to it. It's, it's really good. Uh, So definitely watch it. Enjoy it. Um, It's not streaming on anywhere. Uh, however, you can rent it digitally on every like movie store like Apple or YouTube or whatever. It's like three bucks to rent and like eight dollars to buy. So you got to buy it that way. Otherwise, you can go to your local video store and you know go to your your non-existent blockbusters and buy it on Blu-ray or rent it or something. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I got to say. Check out Empire of the Sun. It's a good movie. Awesome. Um... I've never, I've seen the name before, but I, I, for whatever reason, it was never really on my radar or anything. So I, I got to add it to my list. Um, I do have like a running list of uh, movies to, to watch and stuff. And I actually do go through it. And every time I want to watch a movie, I pick from Like it. you did for, uh, uh, what was it? You put it on Twitter. You did that with, uh, was it Rocky or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It was, it was uh, a Rocky yeah. and a Quiet Place Part 2, right? Like, so we have, like, we have this hat that would, like, uh, little, it's like a bowl, actually, with, like, movies and little pieces of paper in. And we pulled out, like, the crazy thing was we pulled out Rocky and a Quiet Place Part 2, but we didn't say Rocky out loud at that point. We just said, oh, let's watch A Quiet Place or whatever. It was more of the mood that we were in. And then, uh, so we go in and we're watching it and then there's like this jump scare or something. And, uh, you know, Lee and I are like cuddling in the couch or whatever. And like after the jump scare, she's like, we could have been watching Rocky instead or something. It's like her reaction (laughs) to it. And then that's literally it. That was like the only moment, the only sentence, the only, and then later on, it's like quiet place part two ends. And then, you know, the credits roll and they do the thing where it's like, you know, the little, thumbnail pops up on the corner recommending why you should watch next and it's rocky Rocky. (laughs) and it's like are you fucking kidding me because there's no way there's no fucking way that it would go from quiet place to rocky there's no jump there's no logical algorithmic jump exactly there's so and and i have no idea we were watching it on the amazon prime app on my ps4 pro (laughs) and i have no idea what part of it was listening to us i can't make sense of it but something happened there yeah Um, the ps4s don't have a microphone built in like the ps5s do so yeah i don't know but i I will say this uh i know we're on a tangent here but this happened to me last week where my brother was talking to me about asmr and uh my phone was must have been listening to me because i have never in the history of ever like searched asmr on Mm -hmm. youtube right but immediately after that conversation happened I go to my search to like, you know, search in a, a video, like I want to like listen to music. So I put like YouTube is my music player. So I would go to the search bar and suggested search. It was at the top <laughs> ASMR. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Why would YouTube recommend? I've never shown any algorithmic interest in ASMR, but there you go. Yeah. So yeah my phone is listening to me. Some Proof. terrifying shit, to be honest. Like that was, <laughs> I think Leah said that was scarier than all of a quiet place. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Which, by the Fair way, enough. there's going to be, like, a part three as well and a prequel. I kind of wish they just finished the story already because, like, I, it feels a little unnecessary to just keep going, in my opinion. But mm. that's a, that's a conversation for another time. Uh, there's a new season of the show Thad Lasso uh, out now on Apple TV+. Plus. It's coming out weekly. Uh, I totally missed this starting because I didn't really see anything on social media until I'm just 
I went to look for something else on Apple TV, and then it was just there. Um, so I started watching it. I it's a comedy show. I really like this show. I I've plugged it before. Um, so I'm happy to have a new season out. Um, and then I have a bit of an unusual uh, plug here. So uh, obviously this is the end of Ready Press Play uh, as we know it, uh, at least for now. Um, the final episode. Um, but something that Lewis and I are going to continue to do is we're going to continue to meet once a month or so, once a month-ish, um, to do a spoiler cast of games that we're choosing to play together or play at the same time. Um, and we have done many in the past, and we're going to continue to do those. Uh, we're going to drop them on the feed for one game at a time. We have plugged it before, but this is the first time where I'm actually asking people, hey, go and subscribe. Find the feed one game at a time. Um, let me know if you can't find it. Maybe I'll try to plug it on social media or something. Um, Just put it in the show notes. Yeah, or on the show notes. And go and follow that, because from this point on... I want to let this feed rest and I want to focus on any future updates on just that feed. Um, and we've been saying we're going to do that for a long time, but now we're finally actually going to do it. Um, and you know, that was all on you, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's that. So go and like listen to the stuff we have there if you want to, uh, if you haven't yet. And then we're going to be dropping more stuff there in the future sporadically. Um, we're going to aim for once a month, but so far we haven't been great about that. So yeah. um, maybe not as often. We're definitely going to be off in April. We already agreed to not record anything in April. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of changes happening in my life, uh, and I'm going to need to focus on those, and I'm going to enjoy that break. And then in May, we're going to come together again and go back to doing our spoiler casts. Um, I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah it's... it's and, follow, and follow us on Twitter, because... Uh... I might just tweet a selfie of uh, of me and Dan hanging out in real life, uh, perhaps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, in a couple of weeks, we yeah. may, may may or may not be happening. Absolutely. Not for content, but just to just to be friends. And I don't know if I said this before, but I have a new job. Um, I haven't announced it um, outside yet. Um, so keep an eye on my Twitter at Power Up yeah. Dan, and I'll I'll be. Uh, I'll be plugging it there once I... He'll be humble bragging yes. on Twitter. I'm kind of waiting <laughs> till I start. Like, I, I, I'm already officially at the job, but I have not started working yet. Mm -hmm. I won't start for another two weeks. Um, so once I yeah, actually okay, start, I, then I'll post I it. Over, I, over, I understated it. He's not going to be humble, humble bragging. He's going to be flexing. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna, I would flex. <laughs> yeah, I might. Uh, I might. Um, all right. Dan, I know that we've actually beat the record for the like the longest episode of Ready Press Play and all, but I yeah. wanted to ask you now that we're on this other side and you know closing thoughts for the podcast as a series as a whole. Um, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's the thing. one small step for man, and yeah, <laughs> it's um, it was a great experience. I don't even know, you know, when we first started it, if I thought we we're gonna run it for as long as uh, as we did. Um. I think I say something in the very first episode of like, oh, it'd be great if we got to 50 episodes or something like that. <laughs> and uh, we got to three times that. I think there's been lots of changes throughout, like changes in format, changes in cadence and, and or banter um, over time. Um, we did video for a while, then, you know, we were out of it. We There was a point where we had a million ideas of like different things to start, some of which we did, some of which we didn't. Um, you ran ready play movies for a year there it's kind of like a like a sibling podcast to this one and um and 
I don't know. Like it was, it was a way to experiment with many things. When I first started the show, I talked about how I was really looking for a creative outlet. Uh, I didn't feel like I had one at, at the time. Um, and, uh, we did it. And I feel like it's one of those things where like we did it. I kind of like scratched that itch and I, I kind of ripped that itch apart actually. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I scratched it up until the point where there was like not like anything else to be scratched anymore there. Um, and I feel like I'm still gonna want that kind of a creative outlet right out there, but I think that the pursuit is gonna evolve into other things, and maybe I need a break um, first, yeah, and then it's gonna be on you know our spoiler casts, which I I am more interested in the idea of evergreen content now. You know, I'm less yeah. I am less interested in what kind of the original motivation was for the podcast, which was this like weekly thing on the news and i'm kind of tired too of like the whole like the news cycle and following all this shit and like (laughs) i've talked about it before right so like yeah i whatever i do next i want it to be something that can be more evergreen and just like something that can be consumed and have value in perpetuity Perpetuity. or at least as longer than just a week you know yeah so that's kind of where my mind's at damn yeah um i don't really have much more to add to it but i i was reflecting on a lot of different things like i would say that um i mean not just like episode count alone like that's not a metric in and of itself but i think that you know ready ready press play is my most successful podcast you know like Mm -hmm. i did i did music with menchaca um i did ready play movies i did the i had a gigs on like 2xp and um cogs and stuff like that and i wasn't full owners of those but i was like a semi co-owner of that like i think that like you know even if the other shows had more audience or whatever or this this for me was like i don't know it kind of like recentered me in a way mm-hmm. um i really appreciated you know the podcast the run and becoming feeling more closer to you you know that kind yeah, of stuff like absolutely I, I think i think the one of the strongest things that we get from this is our friendship towards each other you know because before we knew each other i'm i mean i would have considered you a friend but we're also like we're more so pan pals really like we we would talk you know every once in a while once in a blue moon um i think we went a long time without talking actually um for a while yeah we ghosted each other (laughs) yeah and i think now it's like we're to the point where it's like and now we're real friends now it's like whenever i'm in texas you know i'm gonna see you whenever you're in it, w- it would have been california but now it's actually going to be florida you know you're welcome to hit hit me up and see me you know i uh and and we're gonna keep doing stuff together and i think we're gonna be like whatever ventures we do in the future um that we're probably gonna hit each other up and if we're not like incorporated in some way then we're supporting each other and stuff like that you know um, yeah so yeah so that's cool yeah all right well I'm trying to fight back the tears and it's all like sort of dying <laughs> on hitting on me, but you know, it's fine. We'll, uh, we'll, I'll like, I'll lean on your shoulder off, off camera. Um, but yeah, it is time after almost five hours, <laughs> it is time to end the show forever and ever. So thank you so much for joining us for this special episode of Ready Press Play. Subscribe just because I said so, <laughs> you know. I mean, you we gotta won't. be subscribed to see whatever you know we may or may not post in the future. So yeah, and uh, 
you know, we we don't see we haven't checked reviews in a long time. We don't even know if you have ever given us a nice review, but you know, do that cool stuff. You know, I think in the first two episodes or the first like the second episode of the podcast, I read people's reviews in sexy voice. Yeah. And uh so, you know, check that out too. And uh yeah, tell your friends about the show and tell us about tell everyone about Ready Play Network and OGAT and all that kind of stuff and you can find the podcast on Twitter at Ready Press Play. You can find me on Twitter at Jockalaka88. Dan? At Power Up Dan. And by the way, we haven't updated the Ready Press Play Twitter in like 20 episodes <laughs> or something. <laughs> but at this one this one will get tweeted out, damn it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much, guys. We love you. God bless. See ya. Bye-bye.